Burning Blaze by Alex McCanders Chapter 1 Blaze Did you ever have a night where you couldn't believe your luck? You're having one of the greatest times of your life and you feel on top of the world. But then when the night ends you think it has ended but no it lingers. That great night sticks around and as fun as it was while it was happening, living with it day after day isn't as fun. Let me tell you about my night like that. It started with me getting back into town and feeling as horny as fuck, excuse my language. So what do I do? What I usually do. I call up a few friends and tell them to tell their friends that I'm throwing a party. On the night my penthouse is jumping. There are beautiful women for as far as your eyes can see, and everyone is having a great time because of me. Circling the place I'm deciding who I want for the night, no not her. No not her. Oh, but how about them? At the bar next to the DJ booth, I spotted a set of girls who had to be twins. I get hard just looking at them. I decide that I want them both, which would be hard to get, even for me. But I head over to them and see what's possible. Your glasses look empty. What are you drinking? I ask them. Water, one of them says in a very hot accent. Water? What are you doing? You can get whatever you want. Wait, are you two mermaids? The two girls look at each other confused. But they had to find it amusing because they started smiling. When they turned back to me I said. Mermaids. You don't know mermaids. The closest one to me shook her head, no. They're incredibly beautiful women who live in the ocean. They have fishtails instead of feet except when they're on land. But then they have to keep drinking water? I wasn't sure if I was getting the legend right, but it was right enough because they got it. Ah mermaids. They giggled. No we are not mermaids. Are you sure because I would definitely swim to my grave chasing after you two. The girls laughed. I'm sorry what's your names? I'm Caitlin and this is my sister Katia, the more attractive identical twin said. Nice to meet you. I'm Blaze. Are you enjoying the party? Caitlin shrugged unimpressed. Really? I asked surprised by her bluntness. European women. Am I right? You know why you're not having fun. Why? Caitlin asked. I pointed to her glass. Water. They both smiled knowing I was right. We don't drink, Caitlin says. That should have been my first warning sign. But what can I say, they were beautiful, so I didn't listen. You know why you don't drink? It's because you've never tried a 1982 Dom Perignon. Caitlin chuckled. Really? It will change your life, I told them, feeling very confident. Where do we get some of this Dom Perignon? Follow me to my wine room. I'll show you what true pleasure is. Is this your place? Katia asked, finally showing some interest. It is. Want a tour? After giving them a taste of the bubbly and showing them around, they were a lot more into what was going on. I know what had to come next. I had to let them think about what they saw and enjoy the rest of their drink. My penthouse was designed to get women into the one room I hadn't show them, my bedroom. But you had to take things slow with women like them. And sometimes you even needed a little help. Leaving them to wonder, I made sure they saw me talking to a few other women. I saw them staring. They could barely take their eyes off of me, until at some point they got bored of it and disappeared onto the balcony. Clearly they were going to be tough nuts to crack, which is why when I saw Lane Toros enter and grab himself a drink, 
I nearly got hard. Lane was the ultimate wingman. The man was almost as good-looking as me, with a few billion dollars under management. More than that, he could get a woman naked faster than a gyno. The man had skills. Bringing Lane in on the hunt was exactly what I had needed. Minutes later the twins were in my bedroom dropping their dresses in unison. When Lane told his girl to focus on me, I thought I was in heaven. I was getting exactly what I needed. I had a set of twins all over my jock and I was loving it. The problem came when Lane suddenly took off. Yeah that left me both twins but two girls are hard to keep track of. At one point both were underneath me as I was rocking their world. Then the second one came and I again focused on the first. I thought I was safe. How wrong was I? When I was again drilling Caitlin, apparently Katia retrieved her purse and took out her phone. I didn't see it until the camera was squarely pointed at me. Did I stop right then like any sane man would have? Of course not. I have an unhealthy relationship with being recorded. I love it. So, seeing the camera, I took hold of the Swedish sisters and really went to work. I would like to say that I made sure that you couldn't see my face in the video before they left. I would like to say that. But I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. Who would have anticipated the girl's desire to be famous? I tell ya, Kim Kardashian has ruined the innocent pleasure of making a sex tape for everyone. The girls could at least have been polite enough to blackmail me. Were they? No. As far as I could tell, they didn't even sell it to a distributor for cash. They just put it on the internet for the whole world to see. Am I embarrassed by a video of me looking like an absolute stud living out every man's fantasy? No. Katia captured some good angles. Her camera work was on point. No, the problem is that I'm not a 25-year-old NFL running back anymore. I am the CEO of a publicly held biotech company with assholes on the board. Shareholders were never happy when their CEO popped up on TMZ with a sex tape, no matter how hung they looked in it. The stuffed shirts were crazy like that. Corporate life, am I right? Mr. Turner, the board will see you now, the receptionist said ushering me in. I gotta say, knowing that everyone I knew had seen the video was quite a rush. The receptionist who had just spoken to me had seen it. I could tell by the way she looked at me. Before her, the security guard had seen it. There wasn't anyone I passed on the street that hadn't seen it. And God did that feel good. Blaze, we're going to need you to resign as CEO. I'm sorry what? I asked sure I hadn't heard what I thought I had. I looked around the conference table into each of the men's eyes. What the hell was happening? I'm not resigning as CEO. This is my company and I'm the largest shareholder. You're the largest individual shareholder. But you only hold 49% of the voting shares. The rest of us hold 51%, Charles the gray-haired lead asshole said. Yeah, but that would mean that every single one of you would have to vote to remove me. There is no way everyone thinks this is a good idea, could you? I scanned all of the faces and they stared me in the eyes except for one person, Dillian. He was the ex-teammate I gave 1% of the company to, for the sole purpose of having my back. That bastard betrayed me too. Look Blaze, you've embarrassed the company before and once again the company's stock is in freefall. Is it? I didn't see that. Crap, this is serious. The market just doesn't see you as stable. Blaze, it's not that we don't like you. You founded this company. You're the face of it. But the problem is that you are the face of it. 
This little stunt of yours has cost us a billion dollars in valuation. That's billion with a B, Blaze. We can't just do nothing. The board has to act. And now you have to resign, Charles explained like the heartless prick he was. It was at this point that I had to ask myself if the night with the twins was worth it. I know, the answer should have been obvious, but you weren't there. It was pretty fucking hot. I refer you to the video. I'm not gonna resign, I told Charles and the rest of them. We're not giving you another option, Charles challenged. It was around that point when the receptionist entered the room and whispered something into Charles's ear. Put it up, he told her giving me time to think up the greatest comeback ever. I'm not resigning because? Let me tell you. I'm not resigning because? Because? Blaze Turner and I are engaged, a voice from the TV said. Wait, I'm Blaze Turner I thought before shifting my attention to the TV. I recognized the woman saying it. Her name was Ariel Cat. She was the CEO of Vermagin, a rival biotech company and a world-class pill. The last time I was in the same room as her, we got into an argument that turned into a food fight and $50,000 worth of damage to a hotel conference room. Like I said she was a real pill. And she was tough to swallow. That made it even stranger that she was now on TV having what looked like a press conference about being engaged to some guy named Blaze Turner. How many Blaze Turners were there? Blaze and my engagement might come as a surprise to some of you. A few of you might even be shocked. But I can assure you it's true. It was only because of our respective jobs that we decided to keep it quiet. In light of the released video, we can't keep it quiet anymore. Yes, this does not make me look good. Yes, Blaze Turner has cheated on me. But as the wise Tammy Winnett once said, if you love him, you will forgive him. I do love Blaze Turner. So I will be standing by my man. What the foo? Is this true? Charles asked me snatching me out of downtown crazy town. Blaze, is it true? Are you engaged to Ariel Cat? Ah. You would think that the answer to this question would be easy. Of course I wasn't engaged to that psycho. The woman just held a press conference proclaiming her love for me like a world-class stalker. Blaze, are you engaged to her? Charles acts again. And if I was? It would make things a little different. Because? I questioned. Because relationships are hard. No one likes it, but stockholders can forgive infidelity as long as it is accompanied by a willingness to change. So you're saying that if I am engaged, I wouldn't have to resign? I axed not believing what I was hearing. If you were engaged, and really were engaged, and the world saw you as engaged, then certainly the board might be able to give you the time and space to work on your relationship. And that's because. I axed needing clarification. Because who hasn't been there? Charles said looking around the table for confirmation. Well wasn't this a bitch? Who would have guessed that all I had to do to get out of this shitpile was to make up something about having a fiancé? Certainly not me. If I had, Ariel Cat would not have been cast as my leading lady. But I hadn't thought of it. So now, here we were. Blaze, tell me, are you engaged to Ariel Cat? Charles asked, with the entire board staring at me waiting for an answer. Chapter 2 Ariel Here's a little-known fact. When it comes to geniuses, I, Ariel Cat, am their queen. Don't believe me? Let me share with you what just happened. I just had a televised press conference forgiving my fiancé, Blaze Turner, for his infidelity. Am I really engaged to Blaze? 
Oh God, no. The guy's a muscle-brained jockman whore with a Peter Pan complex. You'd have to be a complete idiot to get involved with him. Then you're probably wondering why I did it. Why did I tell the world that said man whore had won my heart and that I was going to stick by him like a pathetic spineless amoeba? Because I'm queen of the geniuses, that's why. In spite of all of his faults, there is one thing that Blaze has that no one else does. He has Quinn Summers as his best friend. Quinn is an odd guy. I would describe him as part shut-in and part madman scientist. Or perhaps that's giving him too much credit. Quinn is a biotech engineer who co-founded a company with Blaze and then broke off from said company to do top-secret research of his own. I happen to know what that research is. And let me tell you, it is earth-shattering. In a few years, humanity is going to be defined in two parts, before Quinn's invention and after. That means that the company in control of that patent will shape the world. I know as a fact that Quinn doesn't have the money to bring his invention to market. He should be rolling in money from his association with Blaze, but he isn't. So, that means he will need an outside company to step in and invest. That is where I come in. I own Vermagin. It's a biotech startup that got 100 million in startup capital. That sounds like a lot, right? That's because you're not in the biotech industry. At best, that money represents four times up at bat. I've already swung four times. I've more than struck out. But I do have some money left. It's not the company's money. It's mine. I'm willing to invest in this sure thing like any sane person would be. The only problem is that Quinn is an odd guy. He trusts no one and won't even tell anyone what the invention is. I happen to know what it is. In fact, I might be the only person outside of his lab who does. I don't even think Blaze knows what it is. That means that I'm in the pole position. I can snag the deal of the millennium before anyone knows what's up. And what's the only thing I need to make this happen? I need to save Blaze's sorry ass from himself. Imagine my delight when a little bird told me that Blaze would be having a meeting with his shareholders today at this time. Considering how much that video of him and those two women blew up, I didn't need my informant to tell me what the meeting was going to be about. They were going to want his head for what he did. His company's stock was down 50%. It would take a miracle for his company to recover from that. It would take a miracle to save his ass. Call me the miracle worker. Now I just needed to wait for the phone call. Are you wondering what phone call? I'll tell you in three, two, one, and... When my phone rang I smiled knowing exactly who it was. Hello? Okay Ariel, what the fuck are you up to? Blaze said from the other end of the phone. Blaze please the language. That's no way to speak to your fiancé. You're not my fiancé, he insisted. You're goddamn right I'm not. I'm your fucking savior, Blaze. I'm the only person in the world who can save your miserable ass from the hurt you caused yourself. And for that, I'm gonna need some goddamn respect. Silence. Blaze had nothing to say after that. That was good because it meant that he knew I was right. I had him. I really did have him. Did I tell you that I was queen of the geniuses or not? That's better, I told him feeling much more relaxed. Now Blaze, my fiancé, I suggest that we schedule a time when we can get together and discuss this. I recommend we schedule it quickly because who knows how a fickle heart can change with too much time to reconsider. When do you want to meet? Blaze acts defeated. How about tonight? I have a meeting room booked at the Soho house at 7.30. We'll have dinner and discuss the nature of our arrangement. Our arrangement, 
What? Did you think that I was saving your ass out of the goodness of my heart? You have no heart, Lay Spat. My goodness. That is no way to speak to your selfless fiancé. What would the world think if they heard you talk to me that way after I showed such blind devotion to you? I ax enjoying every second of this. You're an evil woman, Ariel. You keep up that type of talk and I'll show you how evil I can be. You know what they say, hell hath no fury like me. You're a psychopath. Right back at you, sweetie. So, I'll see you there? What followed was a much longer pause than I had expected. But in the end, he said, Yeah, I'll be there. And that's when I knew that all of my wishes were about to come true. Can I tell you how much I deserve this? Let me tell you something that the biotech industry doesn't want you to know. It's run by a bunch of backward-thinking, fragile male egos with one foot in a bucket of hair loss and erection drugs, and the other in the 1950s. Judging from all of the self-congratulating articles they write about themselves, you would think that starting with Marie Curie, it's been one long march towards progress. But let me rid you of such nonsense. It has not been. And real change won't happen until some brassy-ass bitch kicks down the door and shakes the establishment like a British nanny. Well, meet that brassy-ass bitch. The cost of changing the world for you, me, and all of womankind is a little bowing and scraping about standing by my man. But let me tell you, when I'm done, the establishment won't even know what hit them. Because ladies, the nuts I'm cracking aren't from planners. Chapter 3 Blaze God, I hate her. What is wrong with that woman? Does she even know what she sounds like? She's clearly a psychopath. How the hell did I get myself into this? Oh right, the twins. God, they were hot. Okay, fine. Clearly, the witch has something in mind. Whatever the arrangement she's thinking of can't be that bad, right? I mean, I'm already having to listen to her screeching harlot voice by going there. What could she propose that could be worse than that? Maybe I shouldn't have told the board that she and I were engaged. I could have told them the truth. Or even better, I could have taken her idea and come up with someone else I was engaged to. Would they have believed it after watching Ariel say the same thing? Probably not. Damn, that woman really knows how to screw a guy. How did she do it? You know what? I wouldn't even be surprised if she was the one who sent the twins to my party. I wouldn't put it past her. Well, the joke would be on her because I screwed their brains out. Don't believe me? Then, I refer you to the video. And God did I look good doing it. Nah. I'm not giving her credit for getting those two girls naked and on my jock. That was all me and Lane of course. No, she's just a vulture that scavenges the land looking for rotten carcasses to feed off of. Wait, in that scenario, I'm the rotten carcass so scratch that. She is a vulture scouring the land for incredibly hot and unbelievably built carcasses to feed off of. Hum, I'm not sure if that's any better. But you get my point. The only question now is, how am I going to approach this meeting? Do I go in ready for battle, or do I approach it with an open mind? Considering she has a vice grip on my balls, maybe an open mind would be smart. On the other hand, have I ever limited myself to doing what's smart? Did you see the video with the twins? Case closed. As much as I didn't look forward to meeting up with the Wicked Witch of the West, there were a few things I had to do before then. For one, I needed a haircut. I've been putting it off. While I'm there, I may as well get a manicure because you know, I'm not an animal. Then since I'm in the area, perhaps I'll pick up my new suits from Rovers. He's my tailor. 
I only wear custom. And finally, I needed to get my pumps in at the gym. I had a lot to do in three hours. For that reason, I headed out. Was it a good look to leave work early on the same day that the board threatened to remove me? No, it wasn't. But this meeting was important. I had to prepare for battle. By the time that 7.30 rolled around, I felt fresh and ready. Rober was a genius. His suit fit me like a second layer of skin. The suit was cut to allow my freshly pumped biceps to show, and I was having a very good hair day. I looked fantastic. At the last minute, I decided to slip into my favorite wine shop and pick up a 1995 Bordeaux. I thought it was fitting. And with that in hand, I strolled over to the Soho house, prepared for whatever would happen next. I'm here to meet Ariel Watt, I told the doorman. The Soho house was a private club for those who had more money than time. It was a pretentious place. There were a lot of famous actors and way too many Wall Street types. This was the type of place where powerful executives colluded on how to screw over the little guy. I hated this place, and it made so much sense that Ariel would be a member. The first floor of the club was the restaurant. The second floor was the cigar lounge. The third floor had the movie screening rooms, and the fifth floor had the offices. Stepping off the elevator, I took a deep breath. I didn't know what was coming, but I was sure I wasn't gonna like it. Ariel. I said with my most charming smile. Blaze honey you made it, she said equally as fake. I would never miss my engagement celebration. You know that, I said crossing the room to the two-top where she sat. Of course not, she said gesturing for me to join her. I sat gathering my bearing. The table was at the far end of the narrow room, and Ariel sat with her back to the floor-length window. It was night, so the city lights lay stretched out behind her. Behind me to the left was a leather couch and an armchair. In front of them was a coffee table. That area had to be for after-dinner drinks. What better place to bend over the little guy and really give it to him good? What do you have there? Ariel axed seeing the wine. A 95 Bordeaux, I informed her with a smile. I stared at her wondering if she knew what I was saying. A wine that was heralded when first introduced but has since been determined to lack charm, she said eyeing me. Considering the company, I thought it was fitting, I told her feeling really good about my selection. That's clever. How did your dick think of it? And, did you record yourself having sex with anyone on the way over? Okay, first of all, about that video, I didn't know I was being recorded. Blaze, you turned to the camera, flexed, and then asked if she was getting your good side. Yes, but I didn't know what she was recording. You pulled out of the girl, pointed at your penis, and told the person recording to get this, before putting it back into her and making exaggerated movements with your hips. It was meant to be an intimate moment which I presumed would be kept private, I said deflating. You came all over the girls and then said to the camera that this should be posted online because, and I quote, everyone needs to see this. What's your point? I axed hating Ariel even more. My point is that you fucked yourself and you need me, the witch said with a self-congratulatory smile. Oh, and I ordered for you. You will be having the chicken tonight, she said like a complete bitch. I took a moment and stared across the table at the person I hated more than life itself. What must it be like to be her? After all, I had never had a coat made from puppies. Fine, I said in resignation. I made a mistake. We all make mistakes and this was mine. I allowed the moment to get the better of me, and I made a bad decision. You ever make a bad decision, Ariel? 
My question wiped away Ariel's smug smile. Of course I've made a bad decision. I'm sitting here with you, aren't I? You invited me, I told her feeling the weight of everything. That's not what I meant. Then what did you mean? I meant that you wouldn't be sitting here if I had never made a bad decision. It was then that there was a knock on the door. Come in, Ariel said ushering in the waiter. Without a word, the server put plates of food in front of us. If you please, Ariel said pointing to my bottle of wine and then her glass. The waiter opened the bottle and filled our two glasses. When he was done, he set the bottle on a side table, asked if we needed anything else and then left. Ariel raised her glass and offered a forced smile. To bad decisions, she said. To bad decisions, I repeated and then took a sip. The critics were right. The 95 definitely lacked charm. How's the chicken? Ariel acts after an extended silence. Fine, I told her even though it was very good. And for you? The same, she confirmed. So, should we get to business? Why not? I said shoving another piece of chicken into my mouth. So, you are in desperate need of reputation rehabilitation. I wouldn't say that, I said hating how that sounded. Then what would you say? I would say that I need a sturdy change of topic, I said forcing a smile. Fine. You need a change of topic. The topic right now is that you recorded yourself fucking two girls while acting like a douche causing your company's stock to tank and your board to want to replace you as CEO. Am I correct? I looked at Ariel suspiciously. How did you know about the board? I hear things. But that's not important. What is important is what you're gonna do about it. You're not the first guy to stick his dick where it shouldn't be and get in trouble for it. Bill Clinton got impeached for getting a blowjob, then left his presidency with one of the highest job approval ratings ever. The public forgives men their indiscretions as long as they have a brilliant woman by their side. And you're saying that you're that woman? I can be. It will take a lot out of me, and I'll hate every moment of it, but it's something I'm capable of doing. And what exactly would you do? Well, there are a lot of options. The best is probably that we make the world think that we really are engaged. If I handled the press conference correctly, I should have attracted the attention of tabloids. My guess is that our supposedly discreet waiter left this room and immediately called a paparazzi friend. If I'm not mistaken, there will be one waiting downstairs for us hoping to get the first shot of us together as a couple. You think so? I know so, Ariel said confidently. And that gives us an opportunity to put on a show for them. So, we would have to be all lovey devey. I axed, not liking the idea. Hell number. You were just caught having sex with two other women. There's no way I would forgive you so quickly for that shit. No, you're in the doghouse. People need to see you in the doghouse. But it will be my slow forgiveness for what you did that will allow the public to forgive you too. Then finally, when your stock is back up, we can announce our amicable breakup and move on with our lives. And you're willing to do this? I asked figuring that this would take a while. I am at a price. And what is that price? Maybe we should retire to the couch, she suggested seeming to stall. I pushed my empty plate forward and got up. Allowing Ariel to lead the way, I sat on the edge of the couch after she took the armchair. So what's the deal Ariel? What's this gonna cost me? I said getting to the point. Not much really. In fact all I need are a few words from you. What do you mean? Ariel squirmed. 
How's your relationship with Quinn? She asked uncomfortably. I froze. Quinn as in Quinn Summers. Of course Quinn Summers. Who else would I be referring to? She snapped. I had a right to call her on her rudeness, but I didn't have to. I'm sorry. Yes, your ex-business partner, Quinn, she said regaining her composure. I stared at Ariel, not sure how to respond. What did she know? My relationship with Quinn was questionable at best. It would be more accurate to say that it was shit. That's not what others would guess though. From the outside, people probably thought that we were the best of friends. After all, we started the company together, and we went to every event together. Hell, we were seen eating together so often that at one point, people thought we were dating. That wasn't how things were now though. Our relationship took quite the turn just before the company we started went public. We had an advisor who gave us some bad advice. The advisor had suggested that since I was the face of the company, I should hold the majority of the founder's stock. He thought that potential shareholders would be more comfortable with someone they already knew. It would only be a 1% difference between the two of us. Money-wise it was no big deal. But what it gave me was controlling interest. So when it came time to file for the patent to our first product, it was filed under my name. Apparently, Quinn didn't like that. I mean, he really didn't like that. And he found out about it days before we were meant to go public. Things were threatening to spiral out of control, so I arranged for a side deal which would ensure that Quinn would be adequately compensated in exchange for him not blowing our stock's launch. He signed it and the writer attached to it. The writer made clear that he couldn't say anything bad about me, and that for all public appearances, he had to act like everything was as good as it ever was between us. He agreed to it and he honored it. But he also sold his stake in the company as quickly as he could. Maybe things between us would have not gotten so bad if shortly after selling, the stock's value didn't increase tenfold. And then, after a year, increase another tenfold. He ended up getting about $2 million for stock, which grew to be worth close to half a billion. Oops. And since our arrangement required that he sell those shares to me, I became stupid rich. Hey, I wasn't the one who told him to sell. In fact, I tried to convince him not to. He was my friend. Hell, he was my best friend. During my professional football days, he was the one I would call after games. In the off-season, I lived in a house down the street from him. And when I finally made enough that I could afford to, I hired him to work for me. So technically, when he invented the supplement we later based our company around, he was working for me. Legally, the patent belonged to me. No matter what he claimed, I didn't steal anything. Unfortunately, he never saw it like that. The problem now was that it had been a while since the two of us had spoken. Again, because of the writer on his contract, no one could know about our break. But he was definitely still bitter. So now, with Ariel asking about my relationship with Quinn, what was I supposed to say? It's good, I told Ariel summing everything up. Yeah, it's good. Why do you ask? Ariel shifted in her seat uncomfortably. Because in exchange for repairing your reputation, I need a favor. I need you to convince Quinn to let my company fund his research. His research? I asked, having lost track of anything Quinn was up to. Yeah. I take it that you don't know the details of his latest research? What, has he come up with a new supplement? Supplement? No. Okay, so he hasn't told you. Well, what he's researching isn't important. What is, is you convincing him to let me fund it. You think you can do that? Let me think. 
Could I convince the guy who hates me to let the woman I hate fund his research? What could be difficult about that? Why don't I just put you in contact with him? That way you can convince him yourself. That won't work. I need you to use your influence with him to get him to do this. My influence with him? That's a laugh. I probably couldn't convince him to breathe if he was holding his breath. Look Ariel, I'm gonna be straight with you. I know it seems that everything is good between Quinn and me, but it really isn't. What do you mean? How do I put this? He might be a little frosty about how things ended with the company. That was three years ago. Exactly. Exactly, she repeated. Right, I confirmed confused. Oh, you think he's still mad at you about you screwing him out of his patent? His patent? I think you might be referring to the patent he created while I was employing him. Yeah, I know all about the issue with the patent, she said dismissively. Wait, how would you know that? Because he told me. Why would he tell you about that? What do you mean? What do you mean what do I mean? Ariel tilted her head and stared at me out of the side of her eye. You do know that he and I dated, right? What the fuck? Wait, what? What? First of all, I did not know that. Second of all, what the fuck? You might be wondering why I'm so surprised. Well, ask yourself who would ever willingly stick their dick in her. But more than that, I was like 98% certain that Quinn was into dudes. He never said that he was, but he didn't have to. Quinn and I had been friends since we were sophomores in high school, and during that entire time, he never once dated. He barely even talked about anyone. Sure, every so often when I would be talking about whatever chick I was banging, he would bring up some girl he was interested in, but it never sounded convincing. He may as well had said that he had a girlfriend in Canada, who he lost his virginity to during summer camp. And his constant singlehood wasn't the only reason I thought he was gay. The other reason was that I could have sworn that Quinn was into me. It wasn't anything he had done in particular. It was all of it. It was the look on his face when I caught him staring at me. It was the fact that he always had time for me, day or night. Sure he worked for me for a part of that time, but it always felt like more than that. I can even admit that I kind of liked it. No one ever accused me of shying away from attention, but it was more than that with him. I always considered him the one person in the world who knew me, the real me and liked me, warts and all. So, to hear now that, not only had Quinn dated a woman but that it was this woman was mind-blowing. Sure, I knew that you two dated, I said unconvincingly. You didn't know, did you? Okay, I didn't know. Ariel looked away. For professional reasons, I had suggested that we not flaunt it, but I always assumed that he told you. You mean because we were such close friends? She looked back at me. Anyway, will you do this or not? Will I convince him to allow his ex to fund his research? Yeah. Wow, Ariel. That's a big axe. Is it a billion dollars big? Because that's how much your company stands to gain if your stock rebounds. Can I think about it? I asked her, not sure if I could convince Quinn if I tried. No. You need to decide right here, right now. And if I say no? Then I'll hold another press conference telling the world that after much thought, I have come to my senses and have kicked your ass to the curb. But that's not true. What does that matter? I'll tell everyone that you made all this up because you're a crazy person. And I'll release some of the many texts we've exchanged. I've never texted you. 
and I've never texted you. But what does that matter, she said with a smirk. So basically you're blackmailing me? Think of it more as, me strongly encouraging you to do the right thing for yourself and your company. I stared at the increasingly evil witch considering my options. There were two problems. If I refused to go along with her plan at best, things would revert back to the moment before she announced our engagement when my head was on the chopping block. And if I did agree to do it, there was a good chance that things between Quinn and me could get worse, if that was even possible. What if he refuses to see me? I axe Ariel, knowing it was a real possibility. He'll see you, she said confidently. How do you know that? Trust me he'll see you. Ariel, you say you dated him. But, I'm not sure you really knew him. Blaze, I don't think you knew him. I'm telling you, he'll see you, and if you ask him to let me fund his research he will. Okay that's crazy. I don't have that type of pull with him. Well, you better hope you do. Because if you can't make it happen, the deal's off. There's got to be something else that you want from me. Believe me Blaze, you have nothing I want. It's this or I call it off right now. Ask yourself, is your pride worth a billion dollars? It's not my pride. Isn't it? Was it? And why was she so confident that Quinn would do it if I ax? Did she know something about Quinn that I didn't? Or was this just her blowing smoke up my ass? It was hard to tell. I can't guarantee that he will talk to me much less take my suggestion. He will. So you say. But I can't guarantee it. Well if he doesn't you're screwed. So you better make it happen. I looked down as I considered what I had to lose. Yeah there were probably other ways to regain my reputation but this was by far the easiest. Besides, I had no doubt that Ariel would screw me if I didn't agree. I'll do it. Ariel tried to hide the relief on her face but I saw it. Good, she said in a measured tone. Then your rehabilitation will start tonight. In a few minutes, we're going to leave here for my place. Guess where you'll be spending the night? Whoa. Did Ariel think that there was any way in hell that I was going to have sex with her? Ariel, I don't know what you think is going on here but... Don't kid yourself Blaze. That wasn't what I was suggesting. Oh. Then what were you suggesting? We need to appear to be engaged. The world needs to think that we're engaged. And what do engaged people do? They stay over at the other person's place. And since there's no way I'm going to be inconvenienced anymore by this, you'll be staying at my place. In the morning, you can head home and get whatever you'll need for an extended stay. I don't know about this. I said not liking what this would do to my social life. You think I like it either? I don't. But if you want your reputation back, this is what we're gonna have to do. Fine. Then let's get this over with, I said getting up. Let's do it. Exiting the building with Ariel, the first thing I heard was a camera click. Ariel was right, and I didn't know how to feel about it. On one hand, it meant that everything else she said might also be correct. Maybe she could help me rehabilitate my image. Maybe Quinn didn't hate me as much as I thought. But on the other hand, it also meant that the she-beast was right, and the idea of admitting she was right crawled my skin. She was wrong about one thing though. There wasn't just one photographer outside. There was a sidewalk full of them. And as we pushed past them they yelled out questions. Miss Cat, do you think he'll cheat on you again? Ariel. How do you think your body compares to the twins your fiancé slept with? I looked back into the crowd, looking for whoever said that last thing.
that was rude and hearing it kind of ticked me off. I mean yeah the twins. And Ariel was a larger woman with plenty of curves. But no one deserved to hear things like that, not even an evil witch like her. And honestly, there was a part of me that wanted to go after whoever yelled it. I didn't but still. What kind of amazed me however, was that Ariel seemed unfazed by what people were saying. She simply held her chin up and powered past everyone. Good for her. If they were yelling the same things at me, things would have gotten ugly fast. But no one was. That brought up another interesting question. If they all believed that I cheated on my fiancé, why wasn't anyone yelling anything insulting at me? I don't know what they could be yelling because you know, they were hot Swedish twins. But it felt like a double standard somehow. Anyway, working our way through the throng of paparazzi, we made it to the edge of the sidewalk and flagged a cab. Opening the door, Ariel slid in and I quickly followed. Leaning forward, Ariel gave the driver an address. Like that, our first public outing as an engaged couple was complete. That was, different, I told Ariel wondering what she thought about it. What? Did it bring back old memories? Of what? My football days. No, when you sang opera at the Met. Yeah, of course your football days. All right. You didn't have to get snippy about it. And yeah. I guess a little bit. But mostly on media days. Oh, and probably the first time I was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And I guess the second time too. Okay asshole, I get it. You won the Super Bowl. Actually, I was MVP of the Super Bowl. Which means that we won it and I was the most valuable player on the team, twice. Alright. Jesus. I know you work that into every conversation with a woman, but lower the charm douchebag. Wow. What was that? Hadn't she asked me about it? And no, I didn't work that into every conversation with women. In fact, I rarely brought it up anymore. It became played out a few years ago, because hello, I run a billion dollar company. Who has to say much past that? But the fact that she reacted so intensely was worth keeping in mind. I don't know what was up with that but I was going to keep my eye on it. I assume we're heading to your place. I said trying to change the topic and the tone. Brilliant deduction. What's up with you? I was just asking a question. One you already know the answer to. All I ask of you is that you don't be dumb, she said ending any empathy I might have had for what she had experienced. The remainder of the taxi ride was quiet until it stopped and she said pay the man. I did and slipped out behind her. The taxi ride had been long. We had started in Manhattan and had ended in Brooklyn. Why anyone would choose to live outside of the city, I didn't know. She didn't even live in a high-rise. It was a brownstone and I could practically hear the children playing hopscotch in the streets. There weren't really any kids, thank God. But that was the type of place it was. It was where interesting single people went to die. If I stayed here more than a few days, I was going to throw myself out of a window. I hope she understood that I wouldn't be staying here very long. Home sweet home honey, she said with another of her fake smiles. I didn't reply. Following her up the stoop, I watched as she fumbled with her keys in the lock. She tried three different keys before she found the right one. Did you just move in? Shut up, she spat. What the hell? I was just asking a question. See if I try to be friendly again. Stepping inside, I had to admit that it was nicer than I had expected. 
There were wide panel hardwood floors with light gray furniture and white walls. The place was long and narrow, flowing from the living room to the stairway to the kitchen. Past the kitchen was a small patio. Like I said, it was nice, in that clearly I don't have a life way. Take off your shoes, she barked at me. I took off my shoes and pushed them alongside a line of hers. After, I strolled through the space examining everything. The place kind of reminded me of a photo from a design magazine. She was clearly very uptight. I could already tell that she was going to be a pain to live with. Listen, we are going to have to suffer through this for a while, she began. So I just want you to think of my place as my place. This is not your place. You will not be inviting any of your bimbos over. In fact, while I'm pretending to be your fiancé, you will refrain from doing anything that has any chance of going public. Do you understand? So you're telling me who I can and can't sleep with now? Ariel looked at me, gave me a confused look and said, yes. For God's sake, yes. Let me make this clear. You make bad decisions. That is the only reason you're standing here today. So help me help you stop screwing up your life. Do you get me? You know, I don't think your attitude is helping, I told her calmly. Is it? Is it not helping? Because from where I'm standing, it's helping quite a bit. You know what? If you're going to be a bitch about this, we may as well not do it. This was a mistake, I told her heading for my shoes. Good luck with Quinn. I got all of the way to the door before she replied. Wait stop, she said getting me to turn around. As I watched, she took a deep breath and did some sort of yoga move. When she was calmer, she spoke. Okay. Fine. I'll cut back on the snark. Having you here is not easy for me. This is my home you know. And you are, well you're you. Those things don't work together in my head. This was your idea, I reminded her. I know. It was. But still, it's going to take a second. And the sooner we can get this over with, the better. Agreed. And I would appreciate it if you don't make it harder on me by being, you. I wasn't sure who else she was expecting me to be, but I decided to let it go. I'll see what I can do. Good, she said starting to relax. So where will I be sleeping? I asked looking at the stairs. Ariel led me upstairs and pointed at the first door on the right. I opened it and looked in. There was a bed which was 95% comforter. Beside it was a nightstand. Opposite both was a TV. The room was pretty bare. You can use that bathroom there, she said pointing to the next door over. What's that room? I asked pointing at the door at the end of the hall. None of your business, she said before leaving me for it. And if I need anything. Keep it to yourself, Ariel said before disappearing within the mystery room and slamming the door behind her. The door was your bedroom. You could have said it was your bedroom. I said loud enough for her to hear. Why couldn't you just say it was your bedroom? I said to myself as I retreated into my room. With nothing else to do, I sat on the bed and retrieved the remote control. Turning on the TV, I flipped through the channels. She doesn't have ESPN, I flipped through the channels again. She doesn't have ESPN. I turned to the door and yelled, what type of person gets cable without ESPN? You're living in a madhouse. I couldn't stay here. I had to get out. Feeling the walls close in around me, I took out my phone and did the one thing that I knew would speed up my release. Dialing the number, the phone rang forever. Then, just as I thought it would transfer to voicemail, someone picked up. 
My heart stopped. Chapter 4 Quinn I knew it. I don't know how but I did. First, it was that video of Blaze having sex with those women. Then there was that bizarre press conference where Ariel said that she was engaged to Blaze. Those two things couldn't lead anywhere else but with Blaze's name showing up on my caller ID. I just knew it. The question was whether or not I should answer it or let it go to voicemail. I wanted to let it go. I wanted my voicemail to be a big fuck you to him. But just when the call was about to switch over, I felt my thumb move. The call connected. Hello, I heard Blaze say on the other end of the phone. What was I supposed to say to him? What would anyone say to him if they were in my position? There was nothing that could be said. Oh yeah, I guess there was, hello. Quinn Blaze said timidly. Yes, who's this? I asked hoping the question would further his discomfort. This is Blaze. How have you been? Really Blaze? Really? You're asking me how I've been? Fuck you Blaze. Fuck you is what I felt like saying. I'm fine. Why are you calling is what I said. I'm no reason. Just thought I'd check in on you and see what's going on. Bye Blaze, I said in no mood for his bullshit. Wait 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 wait. Don't hang up. That wasn't the reason I called. Really? Then why did you call? I asked knowing full well why. I was hoping that, ah, we could get together for dinner or something. And why would I want to do that? Old time sake. Try again, I told him. I thought it would be nice to catch up. One more chance, I said readying myself to end the call. Okay look, there are some things I need to tell you. Actually, there are a lot of things I need to tell you. I've been a bit of a shit to you. And I'm wondering if you would be so kind as to give me the opportunity to make it up to you. I had to admit, this was a reply I hadn't expected. Yes, Blaze had been a royal shit to me. That man stole the one thing that mattered to me, and treated me like a piece of garbage as he did. I had given up hope that he would ever recognize that fact. But maybe he finally had. Go on. I told him very curious about what he would say. Not over the phone. How's tomorrow? We could meet at that pizza joint you used to like to go to. Palermo's? That's it. I found the nearest chair and sat down. I hadn't thought about Palermo's in a long time. It was down the street from our company's first laboratory. I had grabbed a lot of late-night dinners there, many of them with Blaze. It was a much more innocent time. With all of Blaze's football money sunk into the company, we were both as broke as hell. It might have been the best time of my life. Okay sure, I told him softened by the nostalgia. Really? Okay great. How about we say 6.30? I remember how you like to eat dinner early. 6.30 is fine, I told him unnerved that he remembered that. Then I'll see you there at 6.30. Quinn, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I replied and then hung up. Do you know that feeling when someone is absolutely awful to you? They take you for granted, they act like they could say and do whatever they want to you and like your feelings didn't matter. Then one day, almost out of the blue, they call you asking for the opportunity to apologize for all of the shit that they did. Yeah me neither, until right then. Could this really be happening? After more than two years of nothing, could this really be the moment that I got what I deserved? This was almost too good to be true which meant that if it involved Blaze, it probably wasn't. Back in high school Blaze was the big man on campus. 
He was the star football player. He was dating the head cheerleader, and I was no one. I was this skinny, awkward nerd without any friends. Then one day, out of nowhere, he sat down next to me during study hall. I thought I was going to throw up. Why would he do that? Never once before then had we talked. We hadn't even interacted during class. Yet here was this high school god sitting down next to me like I wasn't an outcast. I thought he had done it by mistake until he asked me about our math homework. Yeah, we had been in the same math class. I wasn't sure that he knew that. I could barely speak when I replied. I was 15 years old and I had only just started going through puberty, so my voice squeaked. It was humiliating. But I pushed through and answered his question. Oh, okay. Thanks, was the only other thing he said. I have to admit that I became a little obsessed with him after that. He had captured my full attention. Thinking back on it, I was probably being a little creepy. I could barely take my eyes off of him, and a number of times he caught me staring. Yet the following week when we had study hall together, he again took the seat next to me. Did you understand what Mr. Dorset was talking about with quadratic equations? That was what he asked me. I still remember it because that question was the official beginning of our friendship. I wasn't as nervous that time, so I was able to explain it. Then when he asked me follow-up questions, I answered them too. When I was done he told me that I was really smart. Every inch of my body tingled. I was too inexperienced and naive to understand what was going on, but now I know. That was the first time I was ever in love. I basically worshipped him, and he never made me feel bad for it. He was a high school god, but he was a benevolent one. And so long as I never followed my feelings across the line, he seemed fine with it. He never invited me to hang out with his football friends, but I appreciated that. What could I possibly say to them? He would sometimes sleep over at my house though. When he did we would talk all night. He was a legitimate friend. He acknowledged me in the hallways and everything. When we ended up at the same university together, I was sure it had to be fate. Although he had never done anything to make me think that he felt anything but platonic friendship for me, I allowed myself to believe that we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. I didn't know how that would work considering he was a raging heterosexual, but I believed it. So later when I discovered compound 2864 and he slapped his name on the patent, I wasn't as angry as I could have been. I still foolishly believed that we would get married and have kids. Legally what was his would be mine. What did it matter whose name was on the patent, considering it would eventually be community property? What an idiot I was. Same-sex marriage wasn't even legal back then. What? Did I think we were going to run off to Denmark or something? I was just a stupid gay boy in love. The reality of what was going on started sinking in when, after we got our first round of funding, he spent his money on fucking every hot woman in the city. That was a real wake-up call. It was like he was rubbing his deception in my face. He had to know I had feelings for him. He had to know that. He would have had to be really dumb not to have picked up on that after all those years. So, him coming to the lab with women draped all over him was a real slap in the face. Watching him with them wrenched my insides like beef through a meat grinder. It devastated me. After that was when I decided to get out. Even then he took advantage of me. He got me to sell my stock to him right before the company got its new valuation. I ended up with pennies on the dollar. It felt like I had lost everything my company, my best friend, and more than that my self-worth. 
I have to admit my feelings for Ariel a short time later had taken me by surprise. As I said, I thought of myself as a stupid gay boy. But gay boys didn't usually fall for women. In the beginning, I couldn't figure out what it was about her that grabbed me. After a while, I did. Ariel and Blaze were basically the same person. They were driven single-minded people who always had to be the one in control. I met Ariel at a biotech conference during the only night I ventured out of my room. I was sitting at the hotel bar when she came up and talked to me. I had seen her around so initially I thought she was there to talk business. I was wrong. After an hour of chatting, she asked for my number. Three days later she called me. I didn't have any experience with women, but knew this wasn't the way it was supposed to work. This was the only way it would have worked though. I had no game. Hell, I was still a virgin. All I knew was how to manipulate molecules in a lab. I wasn't sure where things would have gone with Ariel if she hadn't called things off. Was I heartbroken about it? Not as much as I was over Blaze, but yeah. She never even gave me a reason for leaving. She just said it was over. I probably should have asked. I regret not asking. But what difference would knowing have made? She wanted to end things and that was that. But here we all were now. Blaze gets a sex tape released, Ariel announces her engagement to Blaze, and I get a call from Blaze out of the blue telling me he had things he needed to tell me. None of this was a coincidence. How do I know? Because a few weeks ago, I made the greatest breakthrough of my life. I had been thinking about how I could make this breakthrough ever since I had called things quits with Blaze. A few months later, I started experimenting with it, and two months ago I had proof of concept. It was around then that Ariel called to check up on me. She had said some incredibly mean and vengeful things to me after things between us had ended, so the call was unusual. And although I didn't tell her about the breakthrough, I couldn't contain my excitement. She knew what I was working on so I'm pretty sure she guessed. The big question now was, what would Blaze say to me when he saw me? Before he had said what he had on the phone, I was sure that I knew. Now I had no idea. I know what I wanted him to say. I wanted him to apologize for hurting me. That's it. That's all I wanted. Once he said that, anything else he wanted would be on the table. But if he got there and couldn't say that one thing, man, I wouldn't know what I would do. The next morning as I worked in the lab, I could barely focus. All I could think about was Blaze. I had a knot in my stomach considering what he would say. What if he came there and was the idiot he had always been? Blaze was not a smart man. You know what? That's not fair to say. Blaze was smart. He figured out how to go from R nothing high school to a Pac-10 school and the NFL. From there he became the best running back in the country and turned that into being the MVP at two Super Bowls. He then turned that into incredible endorsement deals that funded a biotech company. Then finally, he took that biotech company public and based on one star product, turned it into a multi-billion dollar empire. A dumb jock could never have done that. I might hate him for how he treated me, but I couldn't ignore his brilliance. Blaze was an incredible guy. Unfortunately, he was also an incredible asshole. I thought he cared about me. I thought I was his best friend. Worst of all, I thought he was going to take care of me. As I think about it, maybe I was the idiot. I fell for his charms. Maybe he was so smart that back in high school, he could already see how he would be able to use me. Maybe I was just the naive dunce who couldn't see the truth. Wow. 
Him having planned this from the beginning would make so much more sense if it were true. And if that was what happened, the real question was if I was going to let him manipulate me again. You know what? No I'm not. I'm absolutely not. And I can't believe I was so close to falling for his bullshit again. Blaze never cared about me. He proved that. He stole the thing that I had created and made a fortune off of it. I can't let myself forget that. He might be the brilliant one, but he was also not a good person. So how was I going to turn the tables on him? How was I going to be the one to come out on top, no matter what he said at Palermo's? As I looked down at the small dish of cells in front of me, one way became clear. It was how I could come out on top over Blaze. The idea was pretty intense and a little insane, but it would give me the revenge I deserved. Blaze had hurt me. He had really, really hurt me. Now I had the chance to hurt him back. I was tired of being the victim. Everyone thought they could do and say whatever they wanted to me, and I would just take it. First it was Blaze and then it was Ariel. Now they were both crawling back to me because I had something they wanted. Fine. Let's see how bad they both wanted it. I was finally going to get what I deserved from Blaze, and now I was ready for our meeting tonight. When I arrived at Palermo's, Blaze was already there. That was a bit of a surprise. Blaze was never on time for anything. I once asked him about it, and he said that it was a power move to be fashionably late. Arriving late was something I was never able to get myself to do. Whenever I had an appointment, the agreed-upon time gnawed at me. I was always on time or early. So having to wait 20 minutes for him would drive me insane. Quinn. Blaze said getting up when he saw me. Blaze, I replied with a hell of a lot less enthusiasm. I'm so glad you came, he said with a broad smile. I had to give him credit. Considering he was only there to get something from me, he was doing a great job of pretending that he actually was happy to see me. I said I'd be here. Didn't I? And you always do what you say, he said pointing out the obvious. So why am I here Blaze? Right to business huh? Why beat around the bush? Right? Okay. Blaze took a deep breath as his face softened. Quinn I've been thinking a lot about what went down between us ever since it happened. Aha. And I want you to know that I feel bad. I feel really bad about it. And it has really affected me. You were a very important part of my life, and then you were gone. We were friends forever, and then nothing. I could have handled the business between us better. You know, I was kind of a dick about it, and I didn't treat you the way I should have. I was wrong for that, Quinn, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, and if you could find it in your heart to forgive me, I would like to have my friend back, he said with tears in his eyes. One thing that I had to give Blaze credit for, he was a hell of a actor. When he would do those deodorant commercials, I believed that the antiperspirant stopped odor and wetness. He was good. Really good. And perhaps if he had said that last night over the phone, before I had a chance to prepare myself, I would have bought it. But today was a different story. Today I was immune. I knew better. I see, I told him not giving an inch. Well that certainly gives me a lot to think about. Blaze looked at me surprised that I hadn't fallen for his bullshit. I needed him to present his proposal, however. I knew what his next move would be, and I needed it for my plan. Yeah Blaze, I missed you too. We go way back. And I want to say that. I forgive you. You forgive me? Blaze said excited. 
that's what I want to say. Oh my god Quinn. Thank you. You don't know how much this means to me, he said getting up from his seat across the table from me and wrapping his arms around me. I couldn't help but notice two things as he did that. First off, his large arms always had a way of making me feel secure. Secondly, he smelled like sweet spices with a hit of floral. My guess was that he was wearing Burberry. It was always my favorite scent on him and it smelt really good now. Neither of those things changed anything. But they didn't go unnoticed. Wow I feel so much better, he said when he returned to his seat. I couldn't believe that he was wiping away tears. He was really committing to his role. What do you say we order some pizza, he asked full of smiles. Yeah why don't we? After Blaze ordered what had been my favorite, pepperoni, mushroom and pineapple, he moved on to small talk. He talked about the women he had been having sex with. He talked about the video with the twins, and he talked about almost being removed as CEO. I hadn't considered that the board would attempt that, but it made sense. Blaze was an embarrassment, and the company's stock reflected it. So why didn't they? I asked trying to move things along. That's actually a funny story, he said with an uncomfortable chuckle. You know Ariel Cat, right? Yeah, of course. We dated. That's what she said. I had no idea. I'm a fan of keeping my private life private. I gotta learn how to do that, he said with one of his charming smiles. You probably should. Anyway, did you happen to see the press conference she called? You mean when she said that you two were engaged and that she was planning on standing by her man? Blaze laughed nervously. Yeah, that one. Well, we aren't actually engaged. You don't say. I guess you figured that out. Yay. Well, she said that because she was looking to blackmail me with it. Blackmail you with it? I asked genuinely surprised. Yeah. Somehow she knew that the board was about to do what they were going to do. And she figured that if she said what she had, I would have no choice but to go along with it. That's pretty crazy. I admitted even though I could see Ariel doing something like that. She was a woman who knew what she wanted, and wasn't afraid to do whatever was necessary to get it. Yeah it's pretty nuts. But on the other hand, I think she might know what she's talking about. Her plan might work. That's good. So what is she blackmailing you for? For you actually. For me. Yeah. She thought that if I asked you, you would allow her to fund your research. Crazy right? And there it was, the only reason he had said any of what he had. He wanted to use what I had created to benefit himself. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the real Blaze Turner. Yay pretty crazy, I replied. Yeah. But what do you say? Do you think you might be open to something like that? I told her that nothing I said to you would make a difference. I didn't even want to ax. But it was her urging that got me to reach out to you. So I'm glad all of this happened. And if you don't want to work with her, that's cool. I would be completely okay with that. It might mean that I would lose my CEO position. But maybe that would be for the best, right? Maybe it's time for me to look around and see what new things are out there. Maybe it's time for me to turn a corner and start a new life. I didn't know what to think of anything Blaze had just said. Was this some sort of soft sell technique? Was I supposed to run to his rescue? and sign over another of my discoveries because he said that screwing me over had made him feel lonely. You know what? Never mind. It's too much to ax. I could hear myself say it out loud and even I heard it, 
Blaze said showing self-awareness that surprised me. You know what? Forget I said it. I'll figure out another way. I got myself into this mess. I'll get myself out. I'll do it, I said to his surprise. You'll do it. I mean I'll think about doing it, I corrected. You'll think about it. Good enough. You sure you'd be okay with that though? I don't want to convince you to do something else that you'll regret. It was good that he understood the role he had played in my decision-making the last time. Maybe he really had grown. Yay, that would be what I'm worried about. By any chance, did Ariel tell you about my discovery? Not a word. I didn't think so. How about this? I will consider allowing her to fund my research pending a meeting with her, and I want you to be there. I mean sure. Whatever you need. Really though, I don't want you to do this for me. I want you to make the best decision for you. You deserve that. Yes I do. I will trust me. Good. Then sure. If you want me, I'm there for you. Excellent. Why don't you tell your fiancé that I will meet the two of you at my lab tomorrow? We'll call it 10 a.m. You got it. And Quinn thank you for even considering it. Of course Blaze. What are friends for? I barely slept a wink that night. From the time I left Blaze until the sun came up, I kept ruminating on all of the things that had gone down between Blaze and me and what was to come. He had no idea what he was setting himself up for, but I knew. Some of my thoughts were about if what I was going to do was the right thing to do. It absolutely was. Between Blaze and Ariel, I had spent a lifetime subject to the will of others. It was time to be the one in charge. In spite of getting less than an hour of sleep, by 9am I was awake and ready to go. Grabbing a cup of tea, I headed for the train. By 9.30 I was stepping into the lab. I wondered if either of them would be on time for a 10am meeting. They both were. In fact, the happy couple had arrived together. Quinn it's good to see you, Ariel said awkwardly. It's good to see you too, Ariel, I told her keeping this professional. Blaze. Quinn, he replied with a smile. So Blaze told me about your little arrangement, I said to Ariel. Ariel looked at Blaze shocked. Did he? I didn't want there to be any secrets between us, Blaze said referring to him and me. So is that a problem for you? Ariel asked me. Actually, I'm glad he did. Oh, Ariel replied. Why? It told me I could trust him. And it showed me what I'm working with. Now I would like to show the two of you what I'm working with. Do you mean with your discovery? Ariel asks. My invention, my discovery, whatever. Are you sure you want him here for this? Ariel asked about Blaze. Don't you think that it would be better to keep things under wraps until you're ready to announce it? No. I want Blaze to be here for this. Last night he indicated that he wanted me to start trusting him again, so I am. I'll trust him with the most important thing in my life. Blaze, can I trust you with that? Of course, he said, still not having a clue. Ariel, do you have a problem with trusting Blaze? She clearly didn't want Blaze there. I could only guess that she saw him as a competitor and preferred not to have to deal with a bidding war. I trust him fine, Ariel relented. Say whatever you want in front of him. Thank you. I will. Blaze, I said turning to him, what do you know about reproduction? What do I know about reproduction? He laughed. 
I know that when a mommy and daddy love each other very much, they give themselves a special hug and a baby is made. At least that's what my mother told me. I'm serious, Blaze. Oh, you're serious. Then I guess the usual. You know, egg sperm periods, baby, all that. Okay. Well, two years ago I was thinking about all of that. What if you didn't need an egg and a sperm to make a baby? What if you could make a new life without all of that? Are you talking about cloning? Blazak's intrigued. Actually, number. Then I don't understand. What if you didn't need an egg to produce an embryo? What if you could do it using the genetic material found in the sperm alone? I don't get it. How is that not cloning? Because you'd be using the genetic material from two sperm. Or more precisely the sperm from two different men. I'm still not getting it, Blaze said. What if you didn't need a man and a woman to make a baby? What if two men could make a baby, and it would be as healthy as any baby born? Two men. Blazak shocked. But how? You carefully combine the genetic material of one sperm with the genetic material of another sperm, and then stimulate the resulting zygote to divide. After that, you just let nature take its course. That's insane, Blaze proclaimed. That's what I said at first, Ariel added. And so many ethical issues. Are you saying that you've done this? Blaze said, cutting Ariel off. Well, not at first. At first, it was just a theory. I did a lot of armchair biology while I tried to figure out how such a thing might be possible. And? Blaze prompted. And I decided that it was. This is insane. No, what's insane is that my theory was right. I have been able to do it. Wait, you did it? Blaze axed shocked. You did it. Ariel axed with her attention locked on me. Not officially. What does that mean? Ariel pushed. It means that I have been able to successfully create a zygote from two sperm. That's insane, Blaze insisted. You did it. Ariel confirmed. I did it. But that's all I did. In fact, I didn't even attempt to sustain the viability of the zygote. Why not? Ariel acts. Because both sperm had come from the same donor. You? Blaze guessed. Yeah. And I believe that in order to truly prove this concept. In order to change humanity as we know it, I'm going to need two things I didn't have. Two things. Ariel acts. What's that? I'm going to need a second sperm donor. I said looking at Blaze. And a womb, I said turning to Ariel. Both stared back at me stunned. Chapter 5 Blaze Staring at Quinn, I finally knew how the townspeople in Frankenstein's village felt. Looking around the lab, I saw a Bunsen burner I could use as a torch, but where was I going to find a pitchfork? Quinn you have lost your mind, I told him. I'll do it, Ariel said without a second of thought. You'll do it. I axed her blown away. Yeah. He's right. He needs a proof of concept. And unless we go to some third world country and experiment on people without their consent, it has to be us. Us. I axed, trying to figure out how this crazy idea could involve an us. Yeah, Ariel confirmed. The three of us. He obviously can't do this alone, and we could do this without the complications of feelings. You really have no conscience, do you? I axed her, unable to hold it in. It's not a matter of having a conscience or not. 
it's about scientific progression. Nothing moves forward without a willingness to do things others aren't willing to do. Changing the world requires risk. I am informed enough to know what those risks are. So, the only thing left to ask is if I trust Quinn. I do. And what you have to ask yourself, Blaze, is if you trust him too. I looked at the two faces staring at me and knew that one thing was true. You people are nuts, I told them before turning around and walking out. I half expected one of them to follow me. No one did. That was a good thing because there was no changing my mind. I wasn't donating any baby juice for this half-baked plan. There was no way they believed that this was a good idea. There was no way. Leaving the two, I headed to my office. Sitting behind my desk, I couldn't think about work. The only thing I could think about was that Quinn had asked to use my sperm for a Frankenstein experiment. What was he thinking? Did he really think that I would agree to something like that? Why would anyone think that two men making a baby would be a good idea? By the end of the day, I was more disturbed by Quinn's request than when I had first heard it. I couldn't even tell you why it bothered me so much. It was like, yuck. No. Why? And because of it, I wasn't even sure I wanted Quinn back in my life. I had meant all of the things I had said to him at Palermo's. I was devastated by the way things ended between us. Quinn had been my best friend in the world for over a decade. Quinn was my guy. He was the one I couldn't wait to talk to whenever something good happened. Then when he took off, it felt like I had lost a piece of myself. Quinn had been a part of me. He was my rudder or my sail. Without being able to talk to him about stuff, I pretty much lost my way. Would I have ended up with the twins if he had been at the party? Probably not. Okay, knowing me, maybe I would have. But I wouldn't have been so desperate for approval that I would have let them record me. And being completely honest, I kind of wanted the video with the twins to get out. And the only person I hoped would see it was Quinn. I don't know if I wanted him to feel jealous or to be proud of me. I only know that I was thinking of him when I said that they should put it online. But now with Quinn asking what he had of me, I didn't know anymore. How could I remain friends with someone who asked me to do something like that? It just felt wrong. I wasn't crazy, right? What he had asked me to do was wrong. The whole thing was wrong. Heading home to my place that night, I had a few drinks trying to calm my nerves. It didn't work. I could barely remain seated. I kept pacing around my penthouse, replaying the scenario in my head. I considered hitting a bar or inviting a few ladies over to get my mind on something else, but that wasn't what I needed. I needed to talk to someone about this. And this was a perfect example of why I needed someone like Quinn in my life. If he hadn't been the person it was about, he would have been the one I would have called to talk about it with. That wasn't an option this time though. And the only person who might come close was the only other person I kind of trusted. Collecting my phone, I scrolled through my address book and found Lane Torres's info. I had no idea where he was. I hadn't spoken to him since he left the twins and me alone. We usually only contacted each other when one of us was looking to get laid and we needed a wingman. But considering we fucked women in front of each other, he was someone I should be able to discuss something like this with. Pressing the connect button, I was expecting the call to quickly be transferred to his voicemail. That was standard operating procedure for us. The person who wanted to go out would leave a voicemail with the place and time. If the other could make it, they would message back. This time, however, I wasn't calling about hunting for tail. 
and equally as unusual, instead of being transferred to voicemail, Lane picked up. Hello, Lane said in an uncharacteristically downbeat tone. Hey Lane, this is Blaze. Hey Blaze, what's up? Where you at? Up for getting a drink tonight? That would actually sound pretty good. But I'm out of town right now. Really? Where is it this time? Are you in a chateau in Paris? I ax envying his wildlife. Actually, I'm on a barge in the Bahamas. A barge? What is that, a club or something? No. It's an actual barge. I chuckled. Okay. And why would you be on a barge? Did you hear about the hurricane? You mean the one that hit the Caribbean? Yeah, I'm down here seeing what I can do to help out. Oh. I replied not knowing this side of him. Well good for you. How's it been going? Unexpectedly, he said with a hint of sorrow in his voice. That's um, honestly, I don't know what to say to that. It's fine. Anyway, I can't meet up tonight. That's cool. But you think I can run a deal by you? Yeah, shoot. Lane had always been a great person to discuss business deals with. Although I never tempted fate by going into much detail, I wouldn't want him to know enough to steal the deal, he always gave me a perspective that made everything clearer. So, get this, I've met someone who thinks that they can create a baby from the sperm of two men. A baby. Two men. No woman necessary. Just two men. Well, maybe he would need a woman to give birth to it, but the child itself would be a product of two men. Isn't that insane? Could you even imagine that? Two homos having a kid. Two homos. How insane is that? The silence on the line lingered until I thought we had been disconnected. Lane, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Did you hear me? He wants to make it so that two queers could have a kid. And he wants me to get involved with this. That's nuts, right? Blaze, can I tell you something? Lane acts soberly. Yeah, what's up? I'm in love. You're in love? I act shocked. You, Lane Toros, are in love? Yeah. Since when? I spoke to you two weeks ago. Since forever. I shook my head trying to make what I heard make sense. Lane was even more of a player than I was. What's her name? Actually, his name is Reed. I wanted to believe that I hadn't heard him correctly, but I knew what I heard. Lane was telling me that he was in love with the man. What the actual fuck? How could Lane Toros be gay? You're fucking with me? No, I'm not. Lane, we have fucked women together. I know you're not gay. You're right I'm not. Wait so I'm confused. You ever heard of a bisexual, Blaze? Of course I have. Then what's confusing about that? I considered what he was telling me for a moment. I had a hard time wrapping my head around it. So, you fuck guys and girls? In theory, I guess. I've never really been with a guy before. Then how do you know you're bisexual? I asked, liking my logic. Tell me something, how does a virgin know they're straight? I don't know. You just know. Right. You have thoughts. You have fantasies. You don't have to have sex to know what turns you on. And frankly, what you're describing, two guys being able to start a family together, it sounds pretty great right now. If I could have that with Reed, I would do it in a heartbeat. This guy doing the research, does he need funding? If you're not going to invest, I'll cut him a check right now.
I could give him a small fortune. Because I'll tell ya Blaze, I'm in love with Reed. And the thought of creating a life with him is just about the most fantastic thing I can imagine. My mind was officially blown. What had just happened? I didn't understand anything he had just said to me. First of all, Lane was in love with a guy. What crazy shit was this? Wait Lane, weren't you telling me about a deal you were trying to land? You said it had to do with real estate. Was that related? Lane chuckled. Yeah. It was related. He was the property I was trying to win. Okay. Everything you mentioned is now starting to make sense. Wait, didn't you tell me that it fell through? It did. I'm sorry. Thanks. So, what are you going to do now? I asked him. I'm not sure. I'm thinking about going home. I take it that this guy is in the Bahamas. Yeah. I told you this before and I'll say it again. When you talked about your deal, I had never seen you happier. Don't give up man. Fight for him. I'm not sure if there's anything I can do. You know what? For a long time, I had thought I had lost someone who meant a lot to me as well. But then I just put myself out there without holding anything back and it worked. There's got to be something you can do even if it's small. But if he means as much to you as you say, do what you have to and don't stop until you have him. Lane grunted in a way that told me that he thought my advice was shit, but it was all I could think to tell him. Anyway, thanks for the feedback on my deal. You've really given me a lot to think about, I told my surprisingly complex friend. Glad I could help. And maybe I'll try your suggestion, he said. You should. Good luck, I told him ending the weirdest call of my life. Putting my phone down, I felt a lot calmer than I had minutes earlier. It was hard to believe what Lane had told me. He was in love with the guy. I didn't see that coming. And the thing he said about being bisexual was a little mind-blowing. The idea of being attracted to both women and men was a revelation. I don't know why, but I always thought that you either had to be attracted to one or the other. Even when the word bisexual came up, I would register the word but not completely process what it meant. After all, wasn't everyone at least a little attracted to everyone? Take Quinn for example, I could admit that he was an attractive guy. Yeah, he's not built like a football player or anything, but his wavy black hair, his chiseled face, his lean build, they were all objectively attractive. And his awkwardness combined with his willingness to so openly express his feelings were irresistible. What's more, that was always true about Quinn. I befriended him in high school because I would look over and see him sitting by himself. He was just this defenseless baby bird that needed to be scooped up and kept safe. I was the star football player and homecoming king three years running. He was the awkward nerd without any friends. I just wanted to protect him. I wanted to hold him in my arms and never let him go. Before now, I hadn't really thought much of it. Actually, that's not true. I thought a lot about it. And I mean a lot. But in the end, I always dismissed it because there was no question that I loved girls. I loved the way they looked. I loved the way they felt in my arms. I loved fucking them. And since I had to choose one, the choice was obvious. But what if I didn't have to choose? What if, like Lane, I could fuck women and do whatever I wanted to with men? What would I do with them? And what did this mean for my friendship with Quinn? I can't lie, I've had some awkward moments with Quinn. There were a couple of times when I popped a boner when he and I were alone. There were times when he would be sitting on my bed, 
and he would accidentally brush my shoulder and I would have to pull my legs up in front of me. I could never tell if he was doing it on purpose, but it would get me every time. It would make me question myself. There were other times when we were drinking and having a few laughs when he would just turn and stare into my eyes. It would make my heart thump. A wave of heat would wash over me and I would get brick hard. I had always ignored those moments because I was into women. What did this all mean now? We weren't innocent high school kids or drunk college students anymore. We were adults with obligations and responsibilities. Like, what if something happened between him and me and it got out? Wouldn't it be as bad as the video with the twins? As bad as it was for the company's image, I knew I at least got a little credit for them being super hot women. If I were to do something with a guy and it got out, I may as well kiss my company goodbye. Yeah, that settled it. No matter how I felt about guys, I was never going to do anything with one. It wasn't worth it. I was going to stick to chicks. The other thing Lane said was worth considering though. He had said that he would give a small fortune to be able to have a kid with the guy he loved. I knew Lane. He was as normal as any guy. So the idea that he could want something like that said a lot. Maybe what Quinn was trying to do wasn't as insane as I thought it was. Maybe it had some value. And maybe if it ever got out that I had been a part of this, my life wouldn't be over. Hell, if Lane's response was any indication, some people might even see me as their hero. That was all a lot to think about. Heading to bed early, I laid in the dark considering everything for a long time. What if doing this did make me everyone's hero? What would that be like? Would it compare to how it felt when I was named MVP for the Super Bowl? That had to be the greatest feeling of my life. Weren't there plenty of dudes who would worship the ground I walked on for helping to make this happen? I hadn't slept much by the next morning but I did have a better grasp on things. No, what Quinn was proposing wasn't insane. It was actually pretty genius. If this worked he would change the world as we knew it. The man was about to go down in history. And it wouldn't be limited to a couple hundred million football fans. His name was going to be known by billions. The only question now was if I wanted to be a part of it. I could see the upside but I still wasn't sure. As I considered it while getting ready for work, my phone rang. Seeing that it was my fiancé, I thought about ignoring it. Curiosity got the better of me. I picked it up. Blaze where the fuck did you disappear to yesterday, she spat. She was coming in pretty hot for 8 a.m. Good morning to you too. I told her putting her on speaker and going about my business. Yeah, whatever. Where the fuck did you go? To get some air. That was some crazy shit Quinn was talking about. Yeah. And if you think you're going to be able to steal this deal from under me, you better think twice. No one's gonna try and steal the deal from you. You can take your tinfoil hat off for a moment. You're not. Good. Wait, why aren't you? It's obviously brilliant. It's ah, uh, definitely something. You don't see the potential of what he's doing. I didn't, but I'm starting to. What changed? I talked to a friend about it. Shit, you talked to someone about it. They better have not been an investor. Relax. Jesus, you act like I've never dealt with sensitive information before, I said quickly replaying the conversation with Lane in my mind making sure I hadn't told him more than I should have. Oh. Okay. So now why aren't you scrambling to get a piece of this? Who says I'm not? I asked deciding to rattle her cage. 
Blaze, I swear to God. If you? I'm kidding. Wow, you really are paranoid, aren't you? Look, I could perhaps see the value in it, but it would be very far off-brand for my company. Yeah, it would be. Good. Right. So, what does that mean for that other thing he mentioned? You mean the part where he gets access to my baby juice? You. You, Blaze. What are you, a 13-year-old creeper? I laughed. That's what it is, isn't it? My baby juice. Stop saying that. What is wrong with you? If nothing else, teasing Ariel did brighten my day. You have to enjoy the little things in life, right? To answer your question, I've thought about it and I still don't know. I mean, being the first to do it might be cool. But, I'm not sure I want to be a part of this. Well, I'm not sure I want to be a part of it either. But this is what it takes. Do you want to push science forward? Do you want to change the world? It requires doing things that others might not. Ariel, that's all you and your crazy obsession with making people think you're better than them. That's not me. Says the guy who shortened his life by throwing himself at 300-pound men. I know that you don't understand football, but I was a running back. I didn't throw myself at anybody. I know what a running back is. Really? What is it? The primary role of the running back is to receive handoffs from the quarterback to gain incremental yardage. He also blocks on the offensive line and protects the quarterback from blitzes. A good running back can not only dance his way through a defensive line, but can position himself for wide passes where he can gain yards by beating a slower outside linebacker. Holy shit! So, how could you not have ESPN? I know football, but I don't watch it because football is a game for pathetic man-boys with the emotional maturity of tin cans. I smiled. You fell for a football player, didn't you? What? Shut up. You did. You fell for some hard-ass football player who broke your heart and has forevermore turned you against real men. You don't know what you're talking about. That would explain it. Explain what? Why you dislike me so much. It's because I remind you of that tight ass that got away. Ah, I'm not going to break your heart, Ariel. I'll be gentle with you. I'm hanging up on you now. Don't run. I won't hurt you. You're a fucking idiot and I want nothing to do with you, she said before ending the call. Well that was great. I usually woke myself up with an early gym session, but who needed that? I felt energized. As I left for the office, I wondered if she really did want nothing to do with me anymore. The text that I got as I walked into work answered that. She had booked reservations for the two of us at a restaurant that would further my rehabilitation. A part of me wondered why she was still offering to do this for me. Hadn't she gotten what she wanted? Quinn had made an offer and she had accepted it. Whether Quinn used my sperm or someone else's had nothing to do with her. She had no reason to continue the deal she had made with me. Or did she? Chapter 6 Ariel Man I hate him. Actually, I hate them both. The only difference between Blaze and Quinn was that Quinn had something I wanted so I had to deal with him. The problem was that Blaze was what Quinn wanted. That had always been our problem. It's not like I have had a long string of failed relationships. Yeah, all of my relationships have been failures, but there just weren't that many of them. So when I met Quinn and he didn't have the macho bullshit garbage that all of the rest of my boyfriends had had, it was like I had found my perfect guy. 
I didn't even mind that he seemed obsessed with his ex-business partner. Quinn was sweet and cute. But quickly I started to put things together. Not only was the person who Quinn was obsessed with his good-looking ex-best friend Blaze, but Quinn was working on a way to allow two men to have a baby together. What does that tell you about whether Quinn and I had a future? I know what it told me. It told me that it was just a matter of time before I was replaced. For the longest time, I considered whether Quinn was gay. But we kept having sex and he kept blowing his load all over the place. He couldn't be gay. So instead, I decided to learn everything I could about my competition and take him down. It turned out that Blaze was the luckiest guy on the planet. He was famous and charismatic. He was an ex-football player who twice won the Super Bowl and a guy who everyone seemed to love no matter what he did. How could I not hate him? How was I supposed to compete with that? So when Quinn talked about him more and more and I felt worse and worse, I cut things off with Quinn to regain my self-worth. I wouldn't have contacted him again without a good reason, and I got it. I had an informant in his lab. On the day of his breakthrough, I got a text about it. As much as I hated his motivation for researching the topic, I saw its potential. And needing a win for my business, I swooped in. I should have known that Quinn would require Blaze's sperm to seal our deal. Wasn't that what he had always wanted? If he couldn't get a direct injection, then wasn't inventing something that changed the direction of humanity the obvious second choice? Did I expect my womb to be a part of the bargain? I didn't. I should have though. How else was he going to prove the concept? It was a little fucked up but science right. The only problem now was that Quinn was no longer beating around the bush. After Blaze left, he had told me that I could finance his research as long as both Blaze and I supplied the parts. Now I had to convince the idiot to hand over his baby juice to a guy who, instead of using it for his experiment, would probably prefer to run naked in the woods while smearing it on his body. What did I ever see in Quinn, anyway? Being good-looking, sweet, sensitive, and a brilliant genius only took you so far. There were things that were much more important like, um? Oh, I know. Like not being obsessed with an obnoxious ex-best friend who screwed you out of a billion dollars. Find me a guy who wasn't that, though. But here we were. My once sweet ex-boyfriend had somehow grown balls and was now demanding what he wanted. That would have been hot if what he wanted wasn't his ex-best friend's sperm. Now I had to get it for him or lose the license to his multi-billion dollar discovery. My god. Hashtag Mondays. Am I right? Considering that convincing Blaze was now at the top of my priority list, I spent the day setting up a public outing that would help to rehabilitate the dimwit's tattered image. I made reservations at Bagatelle. It was a French Mediterranean restaurant in the heart of the meatpacking district. If you needed to be seen without making it seem like you needed to be seen, you went there. I was also sure to put the reservation under Blaze's name. How many Blaze Turners could there be? Someone was bound to see the reservation and want to make a buck from tipping off a photographer. It was the side hustle of everyone who worked in a restaurant like this. Deciding it would be better if we arrived together, I texted Blaze again suggesting that we meet up at my place. He countered by suggesting that we meet at his office. I nixed that idea insisting that we instead met at mine. It was a little further out of the way, but there was no way I was going to lose a negotiation with that moron. Knock knock, he said leaning in past my office door. You know, most people actually knock. And most people wait to be invited in, I told him. 
I can't believe that you still haven't figured out that I'm not most people, he said with a cocky smile and a plop into the seat across from my desk. So, this is your office, huh? This is my office. I pictured a few more severed heads. I found them bad for morale, I told him playing along. Oh, is that a sense of humor I detect? You don't know me. You're right. I don't. Why don't we change that? We're going to be pretending that we're engaged. I should know a little more about you. For example, what's your favorite chaser when you feed on a virgin's blood? Chocolate, of course. Blaze laughed. I didn't. This wasn't a game to me. I was showing him that nothing he did could faze me. Oh, you're good, Blaze conceded. Yeah, I am, I confirmed, though it was pretty obvious. On a serious note, why Quinn? That question caught me off guard. What do you mean? It's the one thing we have in common, right? So what drew you to Quinn? Stupidity, I told him. Don't say that, he said surprising me. What? Quinn's an amazing guy with a lot of great qualities. Don't talk about him like that. The fact that he wasn't joking gave me a bit of a shock. He couldn't be serious. First off, I could talk about him any way I wanted to. He was my ex. Secondly, Blaze was the one who screwed him out of a fortune. But that's the truth, isn't it? That I was a fool to fall for him? What about falling for him makes you a fool? Because his sights were always somewhere else? Where's that? He asked me as if he really didn't know. If you don't know that, then I guess you really didn't know him at all. That shut Blaze up. At least it did for a while. I regret a lot of things when it comes to Quinn, he finally said. Really like what? Stealing his patent. Blaze's eyes flicked up to mine. Something told me that that was his vulnerable spot. I didn't steal the patent. Legally, it was mine. He was under my employment when he created it. He doesn't see it that way, I informed him. I know. And that is what I regret. But maybe this project of ours could be a fresh start. At least that's one of the things I'm considering. So, you are considering doing it? I'm considering it. What's to consider? All that's required from you is 30 seconds with a cup. 30 seconds? You underestimate the width and breadth of the endeavor. Let me tell you it's a handful, he said with a smirk. It's not that much of a handful, I replied suddenly feeling a little flustered. Clearly, whatever football player screwed you over didn't do it with the right tools. No football player screwed me over. Then maybe that's the problem. Because you're not a teepee, you're too tense. Hardy har har, I replied mockingly even though he wasn't wrong. The last person I had had sex with had been Quinn, and that was approaching a year ago. Our sex life had ended long before our relationship had, and now I was too tense. Anyway, should we go? Blaze axed getting up. As I had hoped, there were photographers waiting for us when we arrived at the restaurant. I looked past them as we brushed by. I was surprised a little when Blaze took my hand. I wasn't planning on introducing this twist for a few weeks, but I went along with it. Who knew whether or not we would still capture the nation's attention a month from now? It was probably better to skip to the good bits. Besides, they could always rerun the photos when Act 2 of our drama was in full swing. Dinner at Bagatelle was good, but that was beside the point. During it, Blaze decided he was a comedian and did everything he could to make me laugh. I resisted easily. We weren't sitting that far from the front window, so a long lens could have taken a close-up. 
I was sure that my annoyance showed on my face. We were exactly what a justifiably angry girlfriend and a boyfriend trying to make up for it would look like. After dinner, we again fought the throng of photographers and caught a taxi home. People weren't yelling shit this time. Perhaps the ferocity was dying down. We didn't want to lose too much of the energy, but for right now, it was good. So, we're heading back to your place? Blaze acts. You know we are, I told him glancing up to the driver to see if he heard. Okay, because I wasn't sure. We're staying at my place. Maybe when things are a little calmer, we'll stay at yours, I said for the benefit of anyone who might have been eavesdropping. When we were again back at my place and I was headed up to bed, Blaze stopped me. Ariel, I was wondering something, and this is pretty serious. I turned around. To my surprise, Blaze was serious. He was never serious. What was more, for the first time ever, Blaze Turner had vulnerability in his eyes. What is it? I asked bracing myself for what would come next. Um, if I'm going to be staying over a lot, how do you feel about? Yes, Blaze? How do you feel about me adding ESPN to your cable package? I could pay for it. I really think that it would relieve much of the tension between us. I gave him an annoyed look. Good night, Blaze. It would be like $10 more a month. Seriously, how did you even find a cable package without any sports channels? Good night, Blaze. I said as I ascended the stairs and left his sight. With all things considered, it turned out to be a fairly satisfactory night. Apart from the string of knock-knock jokes at the restaurant and ridiculous ESPN request, he was bearable. I wasn't even considering sneaking down the hall and suffocating him while he slept anymore. We might both survive this thing yet. The real challenge, though, was getting him to give up his semen. A part of me just wanted to pay some hobo $10 for a bag of it and hand that to Quinn. Hell, why pay for it? I could probably find someone to pay me to watch them collect it. But knowing Quinn, he would probably double-check or ask Blaze or something. Quinn was like that. Oh well. Having taken my shower I was about to head to bed when it crossed my mind to get a little ice cream. It wasn't something I usually did at 10pm but, frankly, I was in a good mood and decided to treat myself. Putting on a robe, I opened my bedroom door and… Whoa! I yelled. What are you doing? Did you know you were out towels? I'm not out of towels. Did you know you were naked? I was just about to step into the shower when I realized I would have nothing to dry off with. You would have something to dry off with if you returned the towels to the bathroom after using it. And again, you do know you are completely naked, right? I asked as I watched Blaze's surprisingly large dick swing in the wind. So that was what he meant by not knowing the width and breadth of the endeavor. Well, I didn't expect you to walk out of your room in the very instant I would be crossing the hall, he explained. You say that, but you are still not moving. Neither are you, he said with a smirk. This is my house, and I was on my way to get some ice cream. Oh, that sounds nice. Do you mind if I have some? You're still not moving. I exclaimed not knowing what was going on. Far be it from me to point this out, but neither are you. My eyes flicked down to his naked manhood again. Staring at it, I realized how much he had undersold it. Because one thing I was sure of was that that thing would definitely be more than a handful. Chapter 7 Quinn Do you know that moment when everything in your life, every class you've taken, every job you've had has led you to one point? And the whole rest of your life hinges on a hippo balancing on a knife's edge? 
Thinking about it, you can barely sleep or eat because you know that on whatever side that hippo falls, the rest of your life will be dragged down with it. If you do, then welcome to my world. Did I spend the last two years locked in my lab, driven by the burning desire to have a baby with Blaze? That would be a tough thing to admit so I'm not going to. But I will say that the thought of creating a baby with Blaze had crossed my mind. Now here I was sitting in my office shuffling papers around my desk trying to distract myself from the ultimate question, is Blaze going to agree to this or not? I've done all I could do. I've created the technique, I've invited him back into my life, and I've made securing Blaze's involvement dependent on Ariel landing the deal. Out of everything I've done, engaging Ariel had the best shot at getting him. If there was one thing I learned about her when we dated, it's that that woman knew how to get what she wanted. I didn't miss the fact that she was the one to win me over. Yeah, when we met I was interested in her. She's unquestionably beautiful, and she has an unbridled ferocity about her that's hard to resist. But I wouldn't have axed her out. I might never have worked up the courage to get her naked. And only God knows how long it would have taken me to get her into bed. Yet in the moment, every step forward in our relationship felt like it had been my idea. She is very good like that. And I set those persuasive powers on getting the one thing that would determine the rest of my life. I wasn't even sure if I would want to move forward with my research, if I wouldn't be forever combining Blaze's DNA with mine. That was the carrot that drove my ass. Would it be hours? Would it be days? Would it be weeks until I found out if everything I had worked on would come to life? I didn't know. But the weight was beginning to get to me. My stomach churned like someone had filled it with a vat of acid. For the last two days, I had been a wreck. And now without food and sleep, all I had the strength to do was mindlessly go through the motions of life while endlessly staring at my phone. When it finally rang, it filled me with as much terror as relief. Ariel's name had appeared on the caller ID. She had to be calling to give me some type of news, right? Hello? I said doing my best to sound relaxed and composed. Hey Quinn, it's Ariel. Ariel, what do you have for me? Blaze wants to have a meeting with the two of us so that he can ask a few questions. My heart clenched. What did this mean? Was it negative or positive? Sure, you two can come to my lab at 6. Blaze had somewhere else in mind. Where's that? It's a place called Dirties. I looked it up. The place is a dump. But he is insisting. Do you know the place? Dirties? Yeah, I think I know it. How about we say 7.30, I told her. I'll let him know. We'll be there. See you then. See you then. Dirties? He wanted to meet at Dirties? Seriously? Did I know Dirties? Of course I knew Dirties. Let me tell you about Dirties. Dirties is a gay bar in the West Village. The last time we were there was the night after his last football game. He hadn't announced it would be his last, but the season had been a brutal one. I was there first of course, and he walked in limping and bruised. My heart broke watching him. All I wanted to do was wrap my arms around him and make him feel better. I didn't do that though. I couldn't. He was my annoyingly straight best friend. I cared deeply about him, and I didn't want to jeopardize what we had. So instead I stared at him fighting the tears from reaching my eyes. I don't know how much longer I can keep doing this, he admitted to me. This is killing you. Why don't you just stop? It's not that easy. Why not? I have endorsement deals. 
I have two more years left on my contract. Fuck that. Quinn it's a lot of money. It's I'll never have to work another day in my life money. Is that even what you want to never work another day in your life? I mean isn't that the point of all of this? The endless practices. Being run over by freight trains every Monday. So that I'll never have to work again. There are easier ways of making a living, I reminded him. Yeah but what about you? You wander in here barely able to walk and you're worried about me. I asked questioning his priorities. Of course I am. What? Were you thinking that I wouldn't have considered what this means for you? Dude I got you. You know that. Two more years and I got you for the rest of your life. It was hard to interpret what he said any other way than how I had. Maybe I was just looking for any glimmer of hope, but I took that to mean that he cared about me, and that he wanted to take care of me for the rest of our lives. He was telling me that in a gay bar. I hadn't even suggested the place. He did. What else was I supposed to think? OWW, he said suddenly grabbing his shoulder in pain. What's the matter? I took a hit near the end of the game. That bastard had it out for me. I can't tell if he dislocated my shoulder or if I just pulled a muscle. Whatever it is, it hurts. I felt like my heart was being ripped out of my chest. I had to do something to make him feel better. Years ago, I had taken massage classes so that I could be his masseur. I had never told him about it, and I never had the courage to offer him a massage. But the voice in my head was screaming for me to man up and do it this time. So with my voice cracking I felt a wave of heat wash over my body as I said, can I try something? Yeah, he said seeming grateful. I got up and rounded the table until I was behind his back. First seeing if anyone was watching, I placed my hand on his shoulders and rubbed. He was built like a brick house. I had never felt anything like it. Ah, he moaned. Too hard. Hell no. That's perfect. Where have these hands been all my life, he asked with a chuckle. In my pockets, I told him feeling a rush. Can't keep your hands off yourself, huh? I don't blame you. Wait what? What did that mean? I knew that I thought everything he said was him flirting with me, but what the hell else could that mean? And then when too much time passed and the window to casually flirt back had closed, I decided to remember that little nugget for later when my hands could do what Blaze had been implying. I worry about you, you know? I told him. Do you? Of course I do. I worry that some 300-pound man with a grudge is going to take his revenge and you'll never be able to walk again. You don't have to worry about that, he told me. Don't I? It happens, you know. There's a YouTube video that's nothing but that stuff. Blaze laughed. It's really sweet that you worry. Of course I worry. I really care about you, Blaze. Thanks, I really care about you too, he retorted casually. No, I mean that I really care about you, I said hoping that he got what I was trying to tell him. Yeah I know, he said vulnerably. I? He fell silent. What? You what? I asked hoping beyond hope that this would be it. That this would be the moment when he told me that he loved me. If you want me to retire, I will. Retire? I'm not going to ask you to retire. I could never take football away from you. No. I think you're right. I've tempted fate too long already. That was my last season. I'm done. My hand stopped rubbing his shoulder. I was stunned. 
I didn't know how to feel. Was he doing this for me? The only thing is that things might be tight for us moving forward. For us? Yeah. I told you that I got you. I just need to figure out what else I can do. Actually, I've been giving some thought to that, I told him before letting him go and returning to my seat. How's that? Compound 2864. Blaze looked around nervously. What about it? It's still not on the banned substance list. Even with all of the drug tests you've taken, they haven't asked you about it. They haven't. It's because it works on a completely different mechanism than typical performance enhancers do. Instead of increasing your testosterone or HGH sky high, it makes all of your hormone receptors more efficient at utilizing them. It makes 500 nanograms of testosterone as effective as 2000 nanograms would be in everyone else's body. You've been using it for 8 years and you've had over 100 drug tests during that time. I think we can safely say that the NFL knows what we're doing and has determined that you're not cheating. I've been thinking that as well. So why don't we sell it? We could manufacture it at scale and sell it directly to consumers. And because I created it from natural herbs, we don't even have to get FDA approval. And I would be the face of the company. Exactly. You and your two Super Bowl MVPs. You know what, Quinn? This might work, he said reaching across the table taking my hands in his. That had been the last time we had gone to dirties. He announced his retirement a week later in a tear-filled press conference, and a year later we had a product to sell. The rest is history. Now Blaze was suggesting that we return to Dirties for our meeting tonight. Out of everywhere we could go, why there? I knew why the place was special to me. It wasn't because it was there that I proposed our business. It was because it was there that I felt that he was going to tell me that he loved me. How could anything else that had happened that night come close in comparison? As 7.30 approached and I called a shared ride to pick me up, the weight of what was at stake was finally catching up to me. What options would I have if Blaze was orchestrating this as a big fuck you to my suggestion? I wouldn't put it past him. I wasn't sure what I would do if that was what happened. I did my best to not think about that. Blaze had done some crummy things, but he would have to go to a whole new level to do that. I would like to believe that he wasn't capable of such things. Although, I also didn't think that he would steal the patent for compound 2864. So what did I know? It was at my continued surprise that when I arrived at the bar, Blaze and Ariel were already there. It wasn't that unusual for Ariel. Her promptness was one of the reasons I liked her. But for Blaze, this was the second time perhaps ever. You two made it? I said approaching the table. It had been years since the last time I had been at the bar. Nothing had changed. Not even the table's placements. Blaze had clearly chosen where we sat because it was the same table as before. It was hard to believe that he had remembered. So Ariel tells me that you have questions, I said getting right to business. Yes. Although it's more like one question. Okay shoot. What happens if the unthinkable happens? Blaze acts with solemn seriousness. Oh. Right. You want to know what happens if the procedure doesn't work. No. I want to know what happens if it does work. I mean, wouldn't we be left with a baby? What happens then? I would take care of it, I told him. You would abort the child? Wouldn't it be way too far along? No, I wouldn't abort the child. I would take care of it, as in, I would raise it, educate it. 
You know, take care of it, I explained. And don't worry, you wouldn't have to be involved. Wouldn't I, though? Blaze questioned. No. Neither of you would. First of all, you can only put one name as the father on the birth certificate. That would be mine. Secondly, since we wouldn't use any of her genetic material, biologically, it wouldn't be Ariel's. Blaze turned to Ariel. And you would be okay with this? Why wouldn't I be? It's called being a surrogate. It happens all of the time. The laws surrounding it are ironclad. And there is definitely no room in my life for a child. Okay. But Quinn, you would be okay raising a child? Yeah, I would be. Look, if this works, this is it for me. I would have had two really great ideas in my life. Most people don't have one. I don't expect to have any more. And since I would be licensing the discovery to Ariel's company, I wouldn't have to do anything else. She'll monetize it, and all I'll have to do is collect my royalties. I will never have to work again. What else would I have left to do with my life? Wow. Okay. It sounds like you have thought this through, Blaze declared. I have. So what do you say? Will you do it? Blaze leaned back in his chair, crossed his arms and stared at me. He sat for a long time before he said, Do you remember the last time we were here? Sure. It was the night when you decided to retire. Among other things. Tell me, do you think I made the right decision that night? I've thought about it a lot since then. I can't help but think that somehow I took the coward's way out. The coward's way out? How? I asked confused. I'm not sure I made my decision for the right reasons. How so? You know what? I said that wrong. I think that I did what I did for the right reasons. It's just that the reasons I gave you weren't the right reasons. You're losing me, I told him. What were or weren't the right reasons? I think I gave you the impression that I retired for you. Oh. I did not like where this conversation was headed. And what were the real reasons? I asked him. That I retired for me, you know? Okay. Makes sense I guess. I still don't think you're getting it, he said looking frustrated. Explain it to me. You were concerned that I would get hurt so I retired for me. I didn't want to see you have to worry about me. Okay, I said still not getting it. It's the same reason why I'm going to agree to be a part of this. It's not for you. It's so that I can see you fulfill this thing that you've worked so hard on. Do you know what I mean? So I'll do this but I'm doing it for me. I stared at Blaze having understood only one thing that he said, that he was going to do it. The hippo fell off the knife. The rest of my life was set. It took a moment for the relief to set in. Even when it did, I didn't want to let them see it. Great. So you'll do it, I repeated. You'll do it. Ariel asked Blaze. I'll do it, Blaze confirmed. And then at the moment when I should have been my happiest for the first time, I began to feel, alone. Chapter 8 Ariel Oh my god, it just happened. Blaze agreed to do it. That was the last thing that Quinn required of me, and I did it. I'm about to get the license for a multi-billion dollar discovery that will change the direction of humanity. I could barely believe it. So that's everything, right? I asked the two of them. Yeah, that's it, Quinn said soberly. I guess, Blaze agreed. Good. So Quinn, when can we sign the contract? 
As soon as we receive delivery, Quinn said looking at Blaze. Oh, you mean my baby batter? Yep. That's what he's referring to, I clarified hoping that he would never have to use that phrase again. When will you be ready for it? I asked Quinn. I've been ready. Then how about we do it tonight? I suggested. Tonight? Whoa. Why don't you buy a guy a drink first? Blaze joked. I don't see any reason to put it off, I said. Do you, Quinn? I guess not. Then that settles it. We'll do it tonight. I also have a copy of the licensing contract. We can do everything at once. I don't see why not, Quinn agreed. Quinn and I turned to Blaze. He stared at the two of us looking shell-shocked. Blaze, what do you say? I asked him. Seeing him begin to waver, I added, then if everything works out, maybe we can celebrate. Blaze looked at Quinn. Yeah. Sure, Quinn said with a tight-lipped smile. Okay. Then let's go do it, I guess, Blaze conceded. We all pulled away from the table, not having ordered anything. I was surprised to see Blaze pull out a hundred-dollar bill and leave it on the table. That was uncharacteristically thoughtful of him. I had a hard time imagining Blaze thinking about anyone but himself. The guy they first saw standing naked in my hallway refusing to walk away, that was the man I expected. What type of guy was that confident when naked? Yeah, he had a big reason to be confident, but still. I'm pretty sure that if I didn't eventually force myself to look away and then continue downstairs, he would have stood there forever. What type of guy did that? I'll tell you what kind, a cocky guy. A cocky, cocky guy. Without saying much to each other, we hailed a taxi and headed to Quinn's lab. When we were there, Quinn handed him a specimen cup. Really? You want me to do this now? Blaze acts apprehensively. What's the difference between now and later? Quinn acts. Blaze tried to come up with an answer but couldn't. So instead he took the cup. Where do I go? Quinn directed him to the bathroom and we both watched him go. The silence between Quinn and I was deafening. I considered reaching into my satchel and readying the contract, but it didn't feel quite right for the moment. Instead, I stared at the man who I had once thought that I loved. So this is it, huh? What you've always wanted, I said to him. What do you mean? I mean, isn't this why you developed this to begin with, to make a baby with Blaze? Quinn looked at me surprised. Why would you think that? It was pretty obvious, wasn't it? You are in love with him and you always have been. Quinn looked at me speechless. He didn't have to say anything. I could see that I was right. You know, I said some horrible things to you when I broke things off. But it was just because I was jealous. You were so clearly in love with him, and I knew that you could never feel about me the way you felt about him. How was I supposed to deal with that? I didn't see how. So I lashed out and broke things off between us. Why are you telling me this? Because I want to apologize. So you no longer think I'm a rotting, festering piece of shit that I myself should eat? No I don't. Though I think I deserve some credit. Talk about painting a picture with words, I said with a smile. Quinn laughed. I had to admit it felt good to hear Quinn laugh. One of the reasons I was so mad at him was because I missed him. I had loved him. He had broken my heart by making his feelings for Blaze clear. You did always have a way with words, Quinn confirmed with a smile. But you are wrong about the way I felt for Blaze. I didn't develop this because I wanted to have a baby with him.
So, it was just a coincidence that you were obsessed with him, and you were working on a way for two guys to have a baby together? I asked not believing his denial. You don't get it, do you? What don't I get? Quinn stared at me intensely for a second. Do you have the licensing contract? Yeah. I have it right here, I said reaching for my bag. Take it out. Let's sign it. I took out the contract and handed it to Quinn with a pen. I shook watching him flip through the pages. I couldn't believe that this was happening. I was sure that this moment was going to be the pinnacle of my life. Having flipped through all of the tabs, Quinn finished signing the document and then handed it to me. I then did the same and took a long-awaited breath. It was complete. So, the reason why I insisted that Blaze be the one to donate the sperm was because knowing Blaze, our baby would be his sole heir. Blaze wasn't going to live forever. And when he died, who would inherit his shares of the company Blaze stole from me? His sole heir. I stared at Quinn dumbstruck. What? I'm doing this to get my patent back, Quinn clarified. You're changing the direction of humanity to get back your patent. I wouldn't put it like that. But I guess. I'm curious to know how you would put it. I'm doing what's necessary to get back what's mine. Staring at Quinn, I realized that Blaze had been right from the beginning. Quinn was insane. His plan was completely insane. As I opened my mouth to tell him, Blaze re-entered the lab. I'm not sure how much you needed but that's all I got, Blaze said holding up the sealed cup. That's all I need, Quinn said about to retrieve it from him. Wait, I said drawing both men's attention. What? Blaze asked subtly withdrawing the cup. Yeah, what is it, Ariel? Quinn asked curtly. The look on Quinn's face told me he knew why I had told Blaze to wait. I was having a moral dilemma. Yeah, I hated Blaze. But did I hate him enough to help Quinn do this to him? Blaze was an asshole, but nobody deserved that, did they? What's going on, Ariel? Blaze asked me again. Yeah, what's going on? Quinn said with added pressure. Nothing, I finally said without thinking. No. It looked like you wanted to say something. Say it, Blaze insisted. No. It was just that, actually it was nothing, I relented allowing Quinn to move forward with his plan. Okay. Well here it is, Blaze said handing over the cup. Perfect, Quinn said examining it closely. So is that it? Are we done? Blaze acts enthusiastically. That's all I need from you, Quinn said distracted. Then what do you say we go celebrate? Blaze suggested. I should probably start working with this. But you two celebrate, Quinn said. Once we get this in you, Ariel, you're not going to get the chance for a while. It was in that moment that it all fully hit me. In my single-minded mission to get Quinn to sign the contract, I had brushed by what being used as a surrogate meant. I was going to have to have a baby. I was going to have a creature growing inside of me. Jesus, the thought of that was a little terrifying. Yeah, I think I might need a drink, I told Blaze suddenly feeling uneasy about everything. You sure you don't want to join us? Blaze asked Quinn. We really haven't had a chance to catch up. Stick it in the freezer and come back to it tomorrow. No, splicing the DNA is more likely to work the fresher the specimens are. Okay. But promise me we'll do a little celebrating later, Blaze told Quinn with a smile. I promise, Quinn said with a manufactured smile in return. Good. So I guess it's just you and me, Blaze said turning to me. Staring at his dumb, naive face made me desperately need a drink. 
The first shots are on me, I told him before the two of us headed out. Taking a taxi back to Brooklyn, we got out at the bar closest to my place. I had a feeling that I was going to be drinking a lot, and I didn't want to have too far to walk. What do you think he's going to name it? Blaze asked me excitedly. I don't know and I don't care, I told him before tossing back the first shot. Come on. You gotta care a little? Not a bit, I said feeling the tequila burn. Are you telling me that you aren't a bit curious whether or not it will be a boy or a girl? For me, this is a business transaction. That's all. I'm doing this for the money and the science, I told him signaling the bartender to bring over another shot. You're ordering another one? I like where your head's at, he said tossing back his first one and signaling the bartender to make it too. At the pace that we were drinking, it didn't take long before I was thoroughly toasted. The moral dilemma was behind me, and the only thing left was the thought that it would be a long time before I was going to be able to celebrate like this again. I turned and stared at the man sitting next to me at the bar. Blaze was undeniably good-looking. I had always thought so. That was why Quinn's obsession with him had been so hard to swallow. The night before I had seen another part of him that might be hard to swallow. With the drinks flowing however, swallowing Blaze was becoming something I wanted to try. You know, I hated you for a long time, I told him losing my filter. You hated me. Why would you do that? Blazatz looking like he was genuinely hurt. Because of the way Quinn felt about you. How did he feel about me? Come on, I said positive that he had to have known. No, I'm serious. What did he say about me? It's not what he said. It's how he said it, I said with a hint of a slur. And how did he say it? Like he was in love with you, I told him no longer giving a fuck. Like he was in love with me? Is there an echo in here? Yeah, like he was in love with you. Oh, and you were his girlfriend, so you didn't like that. No shit, I didn't like that. What did you have that I didn't have? Wait, don't answer that. Blaze laughed. I hate to tell you, but there are a few things that I have that you don't. Or at least one. Yeah, I got it. And now the two of us are gonna have a baby together. Actually, the three of us because you're involved too. Tell me, Blaze, are you sure you want to do this? Well, it's too late now, isn't it? But are you sure you want to do this? Why? Aren't you? I'm not sure about anything anymore. But you, do you think Quinn has changed any from the guy you used to know? Because I think he might have from when I knew him. Let me tell you something about Quinn. He is always the same. The guy you see now is the same guy he was when he was 15. He has the same awkward way of looking at people. He gets that same cute crinkle between his eyebrows when he's trying to figure out what to say next. And he's still the same baby bird that needs to be taken care of. Oh you big dumb oaf. Did you just call me a dumb oaf? No. I called you a big dumb oaf. Why did you call me that? I called you that because you're big, I said getting close to him and putting my finger on his chest. You're dumb, I said walking my fingers upwards. And you're an oaf, I said booping his nose. I'm not an oaf, he protested. Really? Is that the one you're worried about? I asked with a chuckle. Yeah, because... Leaning in, I shut Blaze up with a kiss. Grabbing his shirt, I parted his lips and sent my tongue in search of his. Finding it, I touched the two and then pulled away. Blaze was staring at me startled. 
It passed in an instant, and before I could respond, he slipped his large hand around the back of my neck and pulled my lips to his. God did he know how to kiss. Cradling the back of my head, he controlled me. Twirling his tongue around mine, my body tingled. He was holding me tightly. I wasn't sure I could get away if I wanted to. But I definitely didn't want to get away. Let's go back to your place, he said releasing me from his grasp. Yes, I said unable to think of anything else. Scrambling out of there, the two of us almost ran back. After a few attempts to find the key, I unlocked the door and we both slipped in. With the door locked behind us, we lunged at each other with ferocity. I clawed at his clothes kneading them off of him. Shedding them from him, we drunkenly bumped our way upstairs. I briefly wondered if he was planning on taking me back to my bedroom, but he didn't. With his large hand steering my hips, he led me to his bedroom. Then when the door was open and I was inside, he picked me up and tossed me onto the bed. He was manhandling me. I had never been manhandled before. As a bigger girl, I had always been the one to tell the guy what to do. But here he was making me subject to his will. This never happened, and I really liked it. Standing at the foot of the bed with his shirt off, his rippling muscles glistened in the light. He was staring at me like an animal. I felt weak under his gaze. Unbuttoning his pants, he sprung at me like a cat. I could do nothing to resist him. He kissed my neck sending chills down my spine. And when he pushed his hand up my shirt and clutched my... Spicy things are happening here. I was spent. Blaze was the only thing still holding me up. When he let go of me, I hit the mattress like I was dead. I didn't know whether to cry or laugh. I was awash in emotions. As my mind swam, I began to regret what I had done. That ended when Blaze crawled beside me. It became a distant memory when the large gorgeous man wrapped himself around me and scooped me into his arms. The person lying in Blaze's embrace was not me. I was a strong, independent woman. I didn't need some guy to make me feel complete. But I was not myself tonight. Tonight I liked being held by the big dumb oaf who drove me crazy. For a limited time only, I was going to let him dominate me. And for as long as that lasted, I was going to let myself enjoy it. God did he smell good. I could have stayed enveloped in his scent forever. When I woke up the next morning, everything good from the night before was gone. I felt awful. I couldn't remember how much I had had to drink, but it had to have been a lot. What I did remember was what I had done with Blaze. It didn't all come back to me immediately. But what did filled me with mixed feelings. The man was very skilled with a dick, which was good. But the dick was attached to a giant asshole, which was bad. As much as I tried, I couldn't quite get myself to hate him as much as I used to, though. A part of that was because of his previously stated skills with a dick. The other part was that I remembered what Quinn was about to do to him. Getting to know Blaze over the past few days, I was beginning to forgive Quinn for being in love with him. Blaze wasn't the complete tool I had made him out to be. Blaze had his positive qualities. It turned out that Quinn wasn't the guy the first thought he was either. Did Quinn really have a three-year plan to have Blaze's child and steal back his patent? That was mad scientist nuts. And the worst part about all of it was that Quinn had gotten me to help him do it. What was I supposed to do about any of this now, though? Blaze had already given up his baby batter. I was just going to be the surrogate. He could pay any woman to do it. The only difference would be that if I decided to not be the surrogate, I would be in breach of contract. I wasn't willing to pass up on the deal of a lifetime for someone like Blaze. So, what was the alternative?
I didn't know, and I was too hungover to think about it now. Making a move to get out of bed I failed and again regretted everything I had drunk the night before. Morning, beautiful, Blaze said reminding me of why I didn't like him. Don't call me, beautiful. I could barely get my mouth to work, but I had to say that. Why shouldn't I call you beautiful? You are beautiful. Blaze adds from somewhere behind me. I'm not one of your bimbos, I told him. First of all, I'm not going to let you bimbo shame them. They have feelings too. And second of all, what makes you think that I would call any of them that? Don't pretend that isn't something you call every woman you sleep with. Beautiful. I've never called any of them that. Yeah, right. No, I'm serious. The only thing I call every woman I sleep with is a cab. No one's ever under any illusion about what's happening. It doesn't help me to lead them on. But you're okay with leading me on? Who says I'm leading you on? Okay, the bullshit is getting deep. I need to get up, I told him before forcing myself out of bed. Where are you going? Some of us need to get to work, I told him really just needing to get away. Unceremoniously collecting my clothes, I dragged my naked ass to my room. My bed was calling to me loudly, but I ignored it and got into the shower. The water felt good as it washed over me. It was hard to believe that I had drunk so much. Slowly getting dressed, I collected my satchel and found the signed contract. I could still barely believe it. This was going to be my path out of the financial mess I was in. My company was pretty close to broke. The biotech industry wasn't much for giving second chances for any reason. So, also being a woman, my contract for Quinn's discovery represented my last hope. The problem was that my obligations to Quinn hadn't ended with his signing, it had just begun. Eventually, I was going to get a phone call from him. My ex-boyfriend was going to impregnate me with a baby that was both his and the man he was seeking revenge on. This was a lot and more than I could focus on in my hungover state. Taking the train into the city, I handed off my contract to my company's lawyers and then headed to my office. I tried to busy myself with paperwork from my other investments, but I couldn't concentrate. Sure the call was coming, my already queasy stomach churned. So when my phone rang making me want to puke, it was almost a relief. Ariel, I need you to come to my lab so that we can get things started, Quinn said curtly. You're planning on implanting it today? I asked not yet mentally prepared. Probably not. But that depends. On what? On where you are in your cycle. Oh. Okay, I said quickly doing the period math. How about if you be here at noon? If you want we can discuss things over lunch. Sure I'll be there, I told him praying that I felt better by then. Hanging up from Quinn, I couldn't help but think about how different Quinn was from when we had dated. He had become much more assertive and even a little cold. The guy the first had been with wouldn't have been capable of doing what he was doing to Blaze, no matter how much he hated him. Then again, Quinn was the same man. This new version of him had to have been somewhere under there. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. What had drawn me to him had been his vulnerable qualities. Of course, there was something to be said about an assertive guy. Drinking as much tea as I could stomach, by the time noon rolled around, I was feeling a little better. Catching a cab to his lab, I entered to find a few additional people at work. Who are they? I said, uneasy about how real everything was getting. Lab techs. They're conducting viability tests, splitting the cells, general prep work. I see, I said, feeling my stomach churn again. 
Did you want to go back to my office? I ordered Mexican. I remembered how much you like it. I nodded and then followed Quinn out of the lab and down the hall. His office was fairly large but like the lab lacked windows. Considering my current state that wasn't a bad thing. I got a selection. Help yourself to whatever you want. Staring at the spread in front of me, I got a flash of the guy Quinn used to be. It was thoughtful of him to get my favorite, and a lot of it. It wasn't that I couldn't ever decide on what I wanted to eat. I could and what I wanted was a little bit of everything. So, did you two celebrate last night? Quinn asked while assembling a soft taco. I guess you can call it that. Can you tell? Quinn chuckled. I could always tell when you were hungover. You know you won't be able to drink once I implant you, right? Of course. And no fish, no coffee, blah blah blah. Right. So, did you just celebrate or did anything else happen between the two of you? Why? You jealous? I asked wondering which of us he would be jealous of. No. Of course not, he said protesting too much to be believed. I was asking because it might affect your cycle. Oh. Okay. Then yeah, we ended up doing more than just celebrating. How much more? About as much as you can do, I told him bluntly. I can't lie, when his expression melted into horror, it felt good. Although I was the one to call it quits with him, I always felt like he had already left me for Blaze. Yet here I was the one to fuck Blaze. Quinn was not. So you two had sex, he asked me looking a little heartbroken. Yeah, I said casually. Is that a problem? Did you use protection? I paused. No. Then yes, that might be a problem. You might already be pregnant. Okay, maybe this was something I hadn't fully considered. I mean of course the thought had crossed my mind. How could it not? But my cycle was still a little outside that window. What does that mean? If you're pregnant it means all of the things you think it would mean. I wouldn't be able to be implanted? And that you would be pregnant with Blaze's baby. I froze. That was something I had never considered. What would happen if I was pregnant with the wrong one of Blaze's sperms? Again, this was too much for my still foggy brain to comprehend. So, what would we do about it? I ax. What would you want to do about it? I mean, I wouldn't want to be a mother. So, you would want to get rid of it. I thought about it. Yeah. I guess, I said with unexpected doubt. Quinn stared at me as if reading me like a book. What? I asked him feeling exposed. I always got the impression you hated Blaze, he said solemnly. I did hate Blaze. I mean I do. Nothing's changed. You had sex with him. It was hate sex. I said seeing if he would buy it. It was just that whenever I would bring him up you always got so angry. That's because you would bring him up all of the time. It was like there were three people in our relationship, you, me and the mysterious Blaze. I'm sorry I couldn't help myself. Too busy planning your revenge? Quinn looked at me with guilt. What was he feeling guilty for, neglecting me or seeking revenge on Blaze? I couldn't tell. Something like that, he replied unable to look me in the eyes. So, what do we do about Blaze's potential baby? I asked him phrasing it in a way that I thought would get to him the most. I could give you a morning after pill, but that would mess with your cycle. We would have to wait another month for everything to clear up before we tried again. I assume there's another option. 
We could give it another day and then run some tests. I have some pretty sensitive equipment. We should be able to tell by then. After that, you can decide what you want to do about it. Okay, then let's wait, I said, reaching for a burrito. Why did you do it? Quinn asked me as I was about to stuff the burrito into my mouth. Why did I do what? Why did you sleep with him? I didn't have to ask this time. There was no mistaking that he was jealous. Because he was there, I told him not sure if it was the truth. But you hated him and you knew how I felt about him. Out of everyone, why him? He's not the asshole you make him out to be, you know. What are you talking about? He stole my patent. You know that. Did he steal it though? I mean, legally speaking. What are you talking about? He told me that he was going to put my name on the patent, and then he didn't. What matters past that? The law, I told him thinking of the contract we had just signed. Fine. Whatever. Look, Quinn, I'm not going to take anyone's side here. But it might be helpful to accept that Blaze wasn't entirely wrong in doing what he did. I know that it violated your trust, which is a garbage move. But he's not the monster you've made him out to be. Maybe instead of concocting some elaborate plan, you could just talk to him. Right, talk to him. How didn't I think of that, he said sarcastically. Have you talked to him? Of course I have. What did you talk to him about? About the patent. Have you ever talked to him about the way you feel about him? You mean about how much I hate him? No, I mean about how much you love him. How much I love him? Quinn said with false bravado. Yeah, Quinn, how much you love him. I don't know what you're talking about. I stared at Quinn, trying to figure out if he believed what he was saying. I couldn't tell. Do you know why I was so angry when we broke up? According to you, it was because I was a worthless piece of shit without balls, who didn't even deserve to live. Yikes. I would deny saying that, but that was exactly what I had said. I was angry when I said that. You know that's not how I think of you. How do you think of me? Not like that, I said unsure of how much more I wanted to say on the topic. But I was angry because it became clear that you had stronger feelings for Blaze than you did for me. But my feelings for Blaze were all negative. Quinn they obviously weren't. It was obvious to me. How could it not be obvious to you? So what are you saying? I'm saying that I was angry because my boyfriend was more in love with his ex-best friend who screwed him over than he was with me. How was a girlfriend supposed to take something like that? I cared about you you know, Quinn told me. Did you? Of course I did. Why would you even doubt that? I let you into my life. It's not like I'm overflowing with close friends. I only let in the people who mean something to me. You meant a lot. It sure didn't feel like it sometimes, especially when you would talk about Blaze. And then when I found out that you were working on a way for two men to have a baby together. What was I supposed to think? Quinn turned away. This time I understood his guilty look. I'm sorry I made you feel like I didn't love you. Because I did. It's just that my relationship with Blaze is complex, he said vulnerably. Thank you for apologizing. But is your relationship with him complex? Isn't the simplest explanation usually the correct one? And what would the simplest explanation be? That you were in love with him, you're still in love with him, and that you're desperately searching for a way to get him back. Quinn didn't respond to that. 
For as open of a guy as he used to be, he definitely knew how to shut someone out when he wanted to. I couldn't tell if he thought I was right or wrong. He was just blank. Um, we can't do anything else until tomorrow. Why don't you come back then, so that we can run the necessary tests? Is that all you're going to say on this topic? I asked him feeling that things between us were still unresolved. Maybe from now on we should keep things professional, he told me before getting up and walking out. God did that hurt. I wasn't exactly an open book. I wasn't quick to let people in either. So to have him shut things down like that felt fucking awful. This feeling was why I always broke things off first. I could feel my tears pooling. I hated this feeling. Quinn was an asshole for making me feel this way. I looked around the room for something to distract me. There was nothing. That's when I thought about Blaze. What was he up to? Was he as hungover as I was? Had he gone into work? I took out my phone wondering if he had texted me. He hadn't. That wasn't surprising. It would have been surprising if he had. I tried to think of a reason to reach out to him. When I had one, I called him. My heart clenched as it threatened to go to voicemail. When the call connected, I felt a rush of relief that I could never admit to. Hey beautiful, Blaze said cheerfully. What did I say about calling me that? I said again, finding my emotional footing. That you love it and never want me to stop. No. That wasn't it. That you thought it was a wonderful term of endearment that you couldn't get enough of. Nope still cold. Then I gotta say, I'm at a loss. Yeah, whatever. It's been two days since we've made a public appearance. We can't let interest go cold. What are you thinking? How about we see a football game? It's football season, right? Um, kind of. It's the start of preseason. Isn't that a big deal? Doesn't the media cover that? Sure. I guess. Then we should do it. I thought you said you hated football, or was it football players? I didn't say either. That's just what you assumed. So you like football? Look, that has nothing to do with us going to the game. It's about the rehabilitation of your reputation. We're trying to get your face out there in the context of a stable relationship. Well, that sounds very clinical, Blaze said in a mocking tone. What, did you think this was a date? Were we splitting the costs? Hell no, I said, making my feelings clear. Then it's a date. I could hear him smiling. He was obviously trying to get under my skin. I wasn't going to let him. It's not a date, I told him leaving it at that. Oh, by the way, I had fun last night, he said knowing how to push my buttons. Yeah, well, keep in mind that that was just a one-time thing. Gotcha. A one-time thing. Never again. The way he said it told me that he didn't think that it was. I wasn't going to let him bait me. You know I'm serious, right? Of course. Because you hate football players. I didn't say I hated football players. You know what? Think about where we can go, make the arrangements for the game, and text me when you have them. Got it, beautiful. It's a date, he said, having way too much fun. Bye, Blaze. Bye. I hung up cutting him off. I wanted to be annoyed at him. I really did. I wasn't, though. And in spite of whatever I had felt in the past, I was kind of looking forward to the game. It was hard to imagine that I could be pregnant with his baby. But maybe that was just because I had never considered something like that before. 
What would Blaze be like as a father? It wasn't like it mattered because even if I was pregnant, there was no chance that I would keep it. The future of my company depended on it. But still, I was a little curious. Leaving the rest of the food where it was, I collected my stuff and left Quinn's office. I didn't see him on the way out. I was happy about that. I would be just fine with never seeing him again. That could never happen though. We were now legally bound together. Catching a cab back to my office, I thought about what it would be like to have Blaze's baby. The little thing would probably be cute. And considering his genes, it would definitely be athletic. That wasn't a good enough reason to have a child, but it was interesting to think about. Back at my desk I continued to work as thoughts of Blaze popped into my head. The sex had been fantastic. Sure, Quinn was also good in bed but more because he was a considerate lover. He cared so much about my pleasure that it was hard to beat. Blaze, on the other hand, seemed to care about nothing but what he wanted. He tossed me around, pulled my hair and then fucked my brains out. Goddamn, just thinking about it made me hot. And I meant, literally. It felt like someone had turned up the temperature in my office. Either I felt more for him than I was admitting, or I really was pregnant. Do you get hot flashes when you're pregnant? Jesus, I hope not. I continued to do as much work as I could while waiting for Blaze to get back to me with tonight's plans. When it passed four o'clock, I was starting to think that he would stand me up. It would be like Blaze to promise big and not deliver. Wasn't that what guys like him did, led women on and then walk away? I was about to start hating him again when my phone beeped with a message. It read, Hey beautiful, I got us a corporate suite for tonight's Jets-Giants game. I'll meet you at the stadium at 6pm in front of loading dock number 4. P.S. Try to keep your hands off the players. As much as I hated to admit it, reading the message made me smile. What did he think, that I was going to run onto the field and have my way with the quarterback? He was ridiculous. But at least the night had a chance of being fun. When I gave my taxi driver the address of the stadium and told him loading dock number four, he had the reaction that I was expecting. Where was it and why there? Taking a few extra minutes to find it when we did, we also found Blaze standing in front of it. Hey beautiful, he shouted at me when he saw me. He had a big grin on his face. Is there a reason we didn't enter through any of the main gates? Yes there is, he said confidently. Follow me. Falling a step behind him, he quickly reached back and pulled me into his arms. It was as we entered one of the many hallways, and immediately before we approached what had to be a media pool. It was an area with a red carpet and designer backdrop where photographers and cameramen were waiting around for whoever approached. The first guy who saw us stared at us for a second before bumping the guy beside him. They quickly whispered something to each other and then aimed their cameras at us and clicked. Come on guys. Not tonight, Blaze said waving them off. I had to give it to him. He was a pretty good actor. Watching him, I could believe that running into the photographers was a nuisance instead of the entire purpose of us being there. Once we were past them, Blaze turned to me and said, how was that? I'm impressed, I told him. If you like that, then you are gonna love what's next. Blaze wasn't wrong. After leaving the photographers, he led me to the player's locker room. I was about to hesitate when he ushered me forward. It became clear that this was the world where he felt most at home. Releasing me, he did a type of sidestep which another player imitated, until both men threw their arms around each other and hugged. Tino, this is my fiancé Ariel, Blaze told him. Nice to meet you, he said offering his hand. 
Blaze tells me you have a real thing for football players, he said with a smile. I turned beet red. No. I. Don't even think about it, Tino, Blaze said, kidding with him. Fiance. Remember. Come on, you know I wouldn't do you like that, Blaze. Ariel, let me introduce you to a few of the players. Swept away by the large, cheerful guy, I fell into his wake. Tino was my rookie back in the day, Blaze told me. What's that? I ax. It meant that Blaze was the one who gave me shit for the year, Tino explained. It's an initiation ritual. And look at that, whatever I did must have worked. Ten years in the league. Congrats, man. Thanks. Tino took us into the heart of the locker room. It was a marvel of monsters. They weren't the snarling variety, though. They were more like Shrek or Sully from Monsters, Inc. Each was nicer and more adorable than the next. On top of that, they all treated Blaze like he was royalty. Most of them asked to get a picture with him. When they did, he slipped his arm around me and pulled me into the shot. They'll post those pictures on Instagram and they'll have a million views by the end of the night, Blaze told me. He had been right. I was very impressed. He might have been a lot of things, but he wasn't dumb. Leaving the locker room, we took an elevator to the top floor. There he led us to a room with hardwood floors, leather lounge chairs, multiple large screen TVs, and a full bar and buffet. At the end of the room were wall-sized sliding glass doors, and beyond that were a row of cushioned seats that faced the field. It was incredible. Ariel, I'd like you to meet Vandal. He's one of the owners of the team, Blaze said, grabbing the attention of a guy who had to be one of the most gorgeous guys in the world. Ah, is this her? He adds, locking eyes with me and offering me his hand. Don't you dare, Blaze said before I could say a word. She's out of your league. Really? That makes her even more intriguing. Okay, you two know I'm standing right here, right? Blaze lightly grabbed my shoulders like he was taking ownership of me and pressed his chest onto my back. Ariel Cat is the CEO of a biotech company that has a world-changing discovery in the pipeline. Oh, so you're saying she's out of your league? Vandal told Blaze. Guys, you do realize I'm still here? I clarified in case they forgot what I looked like. Blaze squeezed my shoulder. Vandal chuckled and said, Of course you are. I'm just not used to someone as stunning as you. Having a brain? I said cutting him off. This one's a real winner, Blaze. Which knuckle-draggers convention did you meet him at? Blaze chuckled uncomfortably. Vandal actually lives in my building. And this one really knows how to throw a party, Vandal replied. Sorry I missed the last one. I'm sure it would have had me seeing double. Do you think I'm too stupid to pick up on your veiled reference to his sex tape? You do realize that I'm his fiancé, right? Oh, fiancé? I ah, at a loss for words, he turned to Blaze. You're engaged? Um. Yeah. I'm, you know, engaged. Vandal stared at Blaze stunned. I was waiting for him to crumple into endless apologies, but... You dog. Vandal said slapping him on the shoulder. You two are wild. I have a few ladies coming later. Just leave one or two for me, all right? He said before giving us a big smile and leaving us for another group. What just happened? I asked Blaze confused. I guess he thinks we're swingers or something. And why would he think that? Because you knew about the twins and you seemed cool with it, I'm guessing. I thought about that. It was an angle to our fake relationship that I hadn't considered. The entire time I was thinking that I had to play the role of a scorned woman. 
But what if instead Blaze and I had an open relationship? How much better would that go over with stockholders? Why don't we grab a drink and claim our seats? The best ones are still available. Blaze ordered two glasses of wine from the bartender. With them in hand, he led me towards the private outdoor seating. We were high and from where we sat the place looked amazing. What should we cheers to? Blaze asked, handing me a glass. Oh I know, he said lifting his glass. To Quinn, the brilliant genius who will change the world. I paused. I didn't really want to think about him right now. He had been a real jerk to me. But I didn't want to get into it with Blaze. To Quinn, I said, clinking his glass. Have you ever been to a game before? He asked me. No. This is my first. Not even in college. Some of us had to study in college. We weren't just given good grades. Hey, in college I earned my good grades. You ever take a hit when knifing through a juiced-up defensive line? That's worth at least a B in biology. And frankly, I should have gotten an A. His smirk told me that he was again trying to bait me. It took everything I had not to give in. The guys who didn't get hit got the ass, I told him casually. Maybe you should have gotten your ass to practice a little earlier. Blaze stared at me stunned. I looked back at the speechless man and then coolly turned my attention to the field. I don't know what to say. You're starting to sound like Quinn. Like Quinn? Yeah. During college he was always on me about not skipping practice. He had these statistics about how players who spent this amount of time practicing or would do this or that would get drafted at this spot or the next. He was my own little stats man. I probably wouldn't have been drafted as high as I was without him. You guys were really close back then. He was my best friend. I would talk to him about class problems, games about girls. You got girl advice from Quinn? Blaze smiled. When it was about girls, he mostly just listened. But yeah. I don't know what I would have done without him back then. Then why did you screw things up? You mean with the patent? Blaze clarified. Yeah. You had to have known that it would upset him. I know, right? I asked myself the same thing. Blaze said frustrated. I guess I thought that if I owned the patent, he would never be able to leave me. I paused not sure what I had heard. I'm sorry what? I stupidly thought that if the patent was under my name, he would be forced to stick around forever. So everything you said about employing him, and hence you owning it. I mean it's true. But it wasn't why I did it. You did it because you never wanted him to leave you? I asked shocked by what I was hearing. Yeah, I guess. I just cared about him so much, you know? Staring into Blaze's softening eyes, I could tell that he meant it. What was going on between the two of them? Quinn never told me how the two of you became friends. We met in high school, Blaze said before returning his attention to the field. Yeah, but you were the popular football player, and what was he? I'm guessing the class nerd? Blaze laughed. Yeah, something like that. Right. So how did you two become friends? What made you decide that you wanted to be friends with someone like him? Blaze thought about it as a warm smile washed across his face. The thought seemed to make him happy. I don't know. I just did, I guess. Holy fuck. Blaze was in love with Quinn. What the hell was going on here? No wonder Quinn was so hung up on him. They had both been in love while hiding their feelings for each other. What type of crazy love triangle had I gotten myself into? You care about him, don't you? 
I asked Blaze trying to figure out how much he realized. I mean sure. He was my best friend. I guess he still is, he said blushing. Have you ever been in a serious relationship with a woman? Blaze turned to me with a hint of guilt. I'm not sure if I'm a serious relationship kind of guy. So, the only long-term committed relationship you've ever been in has been with Quinn. Blaze looked away considering it. Yeah, I guess you can say that. And by claiming the patent, you were hoping your relationship with him would last forever? Blaze stared at me starting to pick up what I was laying down. What are you saying? I'm saying I think you and Quinn need to talk. And that I'm fucked. Shit. I said realizing that I had been a fool. Chapter 9 Blaze I would have asked Ariel what she was implying, but I didn't have to. I had heard it too. Even with all of the women I had been with in my life, I had never wanted to get serious with any of them. Yet, I was so worried about losing Quinn that I was willing to cheat and steal to keep him. I had to stop pretending. I was in love with Quinn and I had always been. The reason I finally went over and sat next to him in high school was that I couldn't stop staring at him. My heart would beat at 90 miles an hour thinking about him. And talking to him that first time gave me a rush that not even a winning touchdown could beat. I was in love with Quinn. I thought about him when he wasn't around, and I compared every woman I was with to him. No woman was ever cool enough or smart enough. No woman could ever make me feel the way I felt when I was with him. And we didn't even need to touch for me to feel good. Sharing a lunch together was enough. Eating out of the same basket of fries was enough. Fuck. What the hell was I supposed to do now? Was I supposed to gay love him? What did that even mean? And was I supposed to never be with a woman again? Yeah, I definitely loved him, but wasn't that a lot to ask of any guy? Ariel and I didn't say much to each other once the game began. When the silences between us would get too long, I would throw in some comment about the game. Even with that, there wasn't much to talk about. I had joked with Ariel about this being a date. If it had been, it would have been the worst ever. Taking a taxi back to her place, I began to think about what would be expected for the rest of the night. Yeah, she had said that sex between us had been a one-time thing. No woman actually meant it when they said things like that though. The only problem was that I really wasn't in the mood tonight. I had a lot on my mind. Ariel had been right. I needed to have a talk with Quinn. Not only did he deserve to know how I felt about him, but I was anxious to know if he felt the same. What would I even do if it turned out that he felt the same? It wasn't like I wanted to kiss him or anything. I really just wanted to be around him. I wanted to hold him and make him feel safe. It wasn't like I wanted to fuck him. I mean, would he even be interested in that? He hadn't shown any interest in that before. Why would anything I say change that? Entering Ariel's townhouse first, I stopped at the bottom of the stairs. Do you mind if we don't have sex tonight? I asked politely. Ariel stared at me like I was an idiot and passed me on the stairs without a word. It has nothing to do with you. You're great. I just have a lot on my mind right now. I waited for Ariel's response but only heard her bedroom door slamming behind her. My guess was that she was pissed but I just wasn't in the mood, you know. I couldn't help that. And it was kind of her fault. She was the one who planted the idea of me talking to Quinn about things. I might have been okay with letting things stay the way they were, maybe. 
but now all I could think about was Quinn. God, I really did love him. How had I convinced myself otherwise? Just thinking about him sent my heart racing. Not getting much sleep, the next morning I woke up to the sound of the front door slamming shut. It was very early and Ariel was already on her way to work. Hers was a considerably smaller company than mine was. Things had to be a lot more hands-on over there. The only thing I added at my company was a vision. Wasn't everything else what employees were for? Rolling over and grabbing my phone, I checked Instagram for the photos the players took with Ariel and me. They were all there. So far they had gotten a few hundred thousand views. It was early though. I would have to check it after lunch. After Instagram, I checked my company's stock price. It was up. It had been trending upwards ever since Ariel's engagement announcement. She really was a genius. My company didn't yet have its pre-twins valuation back, but it was almost halfway there. Next, I thought about my schedule for the day. There was only one thing on it that truly mattered. I needed to talk to Quinn. How should I do it and where? It definitely couldn't be over the phone. This was something I needed to tell him to his face. And honestly, I didn't want to have anyone else around when I did it. If people think peeing in public is hard, try telling your lifelong best friend that you gay love them. Hopping in the shower and not wanting to get dressed once I got out, I went downstairs in a towel. Making myself a cup of coffee, I headed to the patio with my phone. Checking all of the sports scores and news headlines, I took a deep breath and did what I had to do. Having dialed Quinn's number, the phone rang. My heart thumped so hard I thought it would leap out of my chest. And just as I thought the call would go to voicemail, I heard a click and then Quinn's voice. What is it, Blaze? Ah, morning, I told him trying to set a casual tone. Morning. What is it? Did I catch you in the middle of something? Yeah, I'm administering a pregnancy test, he said curtly. A pregnancy test? Who's the unlucky woman? I said with a laugh. Although, I guess you're in the baby-making business, so being pregnant would be a good thing, right? What is it, Blaze? he said sounding busy. I thought we could get together and talk. About what? Us mostly. There was silence on the phone and then, hold on one second. After a moment, he came back talking in a hushed tone. What about us? It might be better that we talk in person. Okay, Quinn said hesitantly. Do you think you could come by my place later tonight? Your place. It's just that it's close to your lab and your place is 40 minutes away. I can order some food. We'll make a night out of it. Okay, he replied hesitantly. It's nothing bad. I promise. At least I think it's not. Don't worry about it. Just I thought we should talk. All right. I could probably be out of here around 7, he said disarmed. That would work. I'll order the food for 7.30. You're still a fan of Greek, right? Yeah. Perfect. I know this incredible Greek place that delivers. I'll see you tonight. I'll see you tonight, he said in a soft, almost wistful tone. Ending the call it became official, I was nervous. I barely knew what to do with myself. My skin was tingling. And as if I was the teenager or college kid I once was, having talked to Quinn, my big bro was up. I considered taking things into my own hands to calm big bro down but didn't. I enjoyed the buzz it was giving me, and the added desire to make poor decisions. Heading into the office, I could barely think of anything else but Quinn. 
I wasn't sure how I had managed to ignore the way I felt about him for so long. Looking back on it, it had been so obvious. I wasn't ignoring it anymore, and that was terrifying. What if I had ruined things with the patent? What if his forgiveness was just an act? I was about to share something that was so overwhelming that I had hid it from myself for decades. What if, after showing him my heart, he reached into my chest and ripped it out? I wouldn't be able to take it. It could destroy me. With the thoughts bouncing around in my head, I was too agitated to remain seated. Heading to the gym, I did my usual workout and then did the whole thing again. I was exhausted by the time I was done. I could barely lift my arms, but I felt calmer. Looking back on it, it probably would have been easier if I had just jacked off and called it a day. Heading back to my place, I hopped into the shower and prepared for what would happen next. I wanted to look good for this. I always wanted him to think of me as attractive, but never more so than now. Tonight was going to determine the rest of my life. I desperately wanted the rest of my life to have Quinn in it and by my side. At 7.20 my phone buzzed. My face went hot. My hand was trembling as I picked up the phone. Mr. Turner, I have a food delivery person down here for you, my doorman announced. Oh he's early. Send him up, I said disappointed but again calm. A minute later my doorbell rang, and I scurried over to open it. You can put the food on the table. I said looking past the delivery man and spotting the man I loved behind him. I froze staring at Quinn. I hadn't been wrong. He was definitely the most attractive man I had ever seen. Over here. The delivery guy acts. Yeah, I said snapping out of it. Quinn. Hi. Welcome. Thanks, he said slowly stepping forward. Do you remember this place? I asked him trying to ignore the deafening sound of my heartbeats. It's looking familiar, he said with a smile. Do you still throw those parties? Who would I be if I didn't? I said playfully. A rich man, he joked. I didn't get it. I saw the video with the twins. I recognized your bedroom, and I could hear the music in the background. I assume it was at one of your parties. You saw the video, huh? I turned to the delivery man, who was hovering. Thanks. I put your tip on the app. Thank you sir, he said exiting and leaving Quinn and me alone. The silence drew out as I struggled to think of what to say. Should we eat? I said leading him to the table. Not even while waiting for the game-winning play during the Super Bowl had one been so nervous. Maybe it was because before now, nothing really mattered. Football was a game. Quinn was my life. Grabbing two plates and utensils, I headed to the dining room table and the food. Quinn, like he had always done, took the seat to my right. I loved that he wanted to sit so close to me. It gave me hope. How did the pregnancy test go? I asked him while distributing the food. She wasn't pregnant, Quinn said. I don't know whether to say I'm sorry or congratulations, I joked. In this case, it was a good thing. It would have made things way too complicated. Oh then great. Congratulations. Quinn laughed. I loved his laugh. Yeah thanks, he said. And, how's your other project going? You mean, he wagged his finger between the two of us. Yeah, our baby, I joked. Quinn blushed. I didn't expect that response. It's on track. We got the cells to form zygotes and now we're just waiting to implant them. Wow that's intense. It's exciting. It is. 
You think it's exciting, he asks me surprised. Sure, why not? This is your life's work, right? Yeah, it is. I'm just glad that there was something I could do to help, I told him with a smile. You are? Of course. Looking into his gentle eyes, I knew that this was the moment. My heart slammed the inside of my chest. It was now or never. So, putting down my utensils, I turned my seat to face him and extended my hands in search of his. Can I tell you something? Quinn froze looking unsure about what was going on. What is it? Can I? I asked indicating that I wanted him to give me his hands. He turned to face me and slipped his hands into mine. His hands were soft. I liked holding them. I've realized something recently and I wanted you to know it. What's that? He asked nervously. I love you. I've loved you for a long time. You mean like a friend? No. I mean yeah. But no. I love you and I'm in love with you. My whole life people would talk about being in love and I never understood it. That was because I didn't know what love was. How is it possible? That the thing everyone was talking about was what I felt for my best friend. How did that make sense? It does though, and I am. I don't know how you feel about me, but I needed you to know that, I told him so nervous that I could cry. Quinn stared at me with his mouth hanging open. I couldn't tell what he was thinking. I desperately wanted to know. Did I freak you out? Did I ruin everything? You're in love with me. Since when? It's hard to say. But if I had to guess, do remember the first time I sat next to you in study hall? Yeah. Since then. Are you saying that you've been in love with me since the day we met? Yeah, I guess. And this is the first time you're saying anything? I didn't know what love was. I thought that love was sex, so. Quinn again became silent. Aren't you going to say something? I asked him. Like what? I don't know. Anything. I mean you kind of just sprung this on me. I know. I'm sorry. Should I have not said anything? I said hesitantly letting go of his hands. No. You should have. I mean I'm glad you did. I just need a second to process this. Okay that's fair. I was kind of hoping that you might say that you love me back but, you know whatever, I said not sure if I was hiding my disappointment. I mean, it's not like I don't see that you're a good-looking guy. I can see that. You're probably the best-looking guy I've ever met. That's good, I said starting to have hope. But a lot has happened between us. But you do think I'm good-looking, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, how could I not? You're like perfect-looking. Really? You think so? I mean, yeah. Back in high school before you started screwing every girl in sight, I had some pretty strong feelings for you. You did. Yeah. Couldn't you see that? I don't think I did a good job of hiding it. I guess I had some idea about it. I can remember when you would sleep over at my place. I could barely fall asleep from how much I would think about you. Really? Yeah. But that was a long time ago. A lot of things have changed since then. Right. Of course. I turned back to my meal. I was too distracted to eat. So, when you would lay awake thinking about me, what would you think of? Honestly? Yeah. Kissing you mostly. I really wanted to kiss you. Really? Oh yeah. 
What else? Being naked with you. Touching you. You touching me, Quinn said vulnerably. I had this one fantasy where we would be doing something like homework or watching TV and then out of nowhere, you would take hold of the back of my neck and kiss me. Really? Yeah. I thought about that a lot. Okay, I said with my member painfully hard. And in your fantasies, did more happen? I mean beyond me just touching you. Quinn looked at me shyly. Sometimes. I turned back to my plate. I couldn't see anything in front of me. I reached for my fork and then looked back at Quinn. Having looked away, he turned back towards me. I turned away. I was breathing hard. My skin tingled. And then, with the ferocity of fifteen years of pent-up sexual desire, I reached across the edge of the table and grabbed the back of Quinn's neck. When I kissed him, it was hard. Our lips fought against one another's. Each was desperate to part. When finally our mouths opened and I inserted my tongue, it felt like I had come home. Our tongues danced with each other. It was overwhelming. My head spun. I couldn't have wanted anything more. And when Quinn reached forward and unbuttoned my shirt, I swiped the table with my arms sending everything on it flying. Tearing at clothes and flesh, we pushed ourselves onto the table. He was beneath me and becoming naked fast. With him pulling my shirt over my shoulders, I wasn't far behind. And when he unbuckled my pants and touched my spicy things are happening here. I could have held him forever. His body fit perfectly within mine. With my chin pressed against his shaggy mop of hair, I couldn't help but think that we were made to be together. Quinn was certainly my forever love, and I couldn't wait for our incredible life together to begin. Chapter 10 Quinn This was a mistake. It had to be, didn't it? There was no way that any of what Blaze had said could be true. Yet we had just had sex. Even now he was holding me like I had wanted him to for so long. None of this could actually be happening, but maybe I had to accept that it was. Blaze and I could be together. I laid in Blaze's arms for a while before he suggested that we get off the floor. I looked around and the place was a mess. There was food everywhere, including on our naked bodies. Blaze looked at me and laughed. You look good in Greek yogurt, he said. Funny, I've always thought of myself as more of a salsa man, I joked. I do love you you know, he said looking at me with those big sexy eyes. I chuckled unsure of how to respond. Should we take a shower? I can give you something to put on after. Please. Leaving everything where it was, we crossed the space for his bedroom and bath. We stepped under the rain droplets together. Gliding his hands over my body, he brushed off all of the clumps of food. When he was done he lowered his hand cupping. Spicy things are happening here. As I again laid within Blaze's arms, I thought about why I had never been with a guy. It was because I had been so hung up on Blaze that I couldn't see past him. I hadn't even been sure whether or not I was attracted to women. Ariel had answered that question for me. I was. The softer body of a woman was amazing. But so was Blaze's rippling perfection. And it wasn't a woman who had offered me companionship during the times when I had felt the most alone, it had been Blaze. From the first time we met, I felt that he would take care of me. He was my protector. Considering I was neither the biggest nor most confident guy, Blaze was my world. Could our past and what had just happened between us erase the fact that the man I had trusted most had stolen my patent? And it wasn't the patent that I cared about. The only thing having my name on the patent would have given me was more money.
Who gave a shit about that? No, it was that I thought I could put my heart in his hands and that he would protect it. It was the betrayal of that faith in him. How was I supposed to get over that? Having fallen asleep enveloped in his body heat, I woke up to find his extended hand reaching for me. It was like he didn't want to let me go. That made my heart melt. I hadn't seen this part of him before, and I loved it. Where are you going? He asked me after my movement woke him up. I have to get into work. It's a big day today. What's happening? I'm implanting Ariel. Blaze sat up and stared at me. Can I be there? Why would you want to be there? Because you know it's our child. He said it so casually, but his words put tears in my eyes. I had to look away really quickly. He was thinking of it as our child. Did he see this as a way for the two of us to be connected forever like I did? I'll have to ask Ariel, but I don't see why not. I'm sure she'll be fine with it. What time are you doing it? At four. Okay. I'll be there, he said with a heart-melting smile. Going back to the living room, I found my clothes. Luckily they were only specked with stuff. Even so, I couldn't help but think how much the stains looked like they had been hit by Blaze's baby juice. They weren't. Both times he had come inside of me. Which made it ironic that today I would be implanting our child. Getting dressed I brushed the stains hoping they would go away. They didn't. I then considered going home and changing. It would be 40 minutes there and 40 back. I had way too much to do for that. I was about to engage in the first implantation of a zygote produced entirely by two sperm. Did it matter how I looked while doing it? Arriving at the office, everyone was already buzzing around. It was a miracle that Ariel hadn't become pregnant from her time with Blaze, because when they had had sex, she had been near peak fertility. This afternoon was going to be when she was at her maximum. Implanting her today meant that she would be able to skip a lot of the medication she would have had to take. Hearing that, she was all for it. Hitting this window also meant that we would only get one shot at it. If it didn't take today, we wouldn't be able to try again for another 25 days. And considering her attitude when she came to see me yesterday, there was no guarantee that she would be willing to be a part of this by then. As busy as I was, the day flew by. Before I knew it, it was 2 o'clock the time Ariel was supposed to arrive. She was on time like usual, but she did not look happy. Thanks for being on time, I told her genuinely feeling grateful. Yeah, let's just get this over with, she said refusing to look me in the eyes. Oh by the way, Blaze really wants to be here. Why? I guess he wants to be a part of it. Ariel looked at me in a way I couldn't interpret. He seems to be coming around to the idea of having a child. Ariel looked down examining my clothes. You're wearing the same thing as yesterday. I didn't get the chance to go home and change, I said honestly. Ariel looked away and stared into nothing. Yeah, he can be here. That's great. He'll be arriving for the procedure at four. Whatever, she said clearly not happy about it. That was good enough for me. After all, if this worked, Blaze and I were going to be fathers. Why shouldn't he be present for our child's inception? Instructing Ariel to slip into a robe and wait, I met with my Texan consultant. Originally, I had looked for a fertility expert to do the actual implanting, but no one wanted to be a part of this. It wasn't that they were opposed to the idea of two men making a baby. It was that they didn't want a part of what history would say if the worst happened. That was fine. 
it just meant that I had to learn the procedure so that I could do it myself. I did find someone who was willing to examine Ariel beforehand and be in the building while I did the procedure to answer any questions that might come up. But that would be the extent of his involvement. After meeting with the consultant and then having him examine Ariel, everything was a go. All that was left was for Blaze to arrive and for things to get started. This was not the time for Blaze to be late. Yet, as four o'clock approached, I realized that that was exactly what was happening. Staring at the clock, I didn't know how upset I should be. He had asked to be here. I hadn't asked him to. Did that mean that he could change his mind without notice? No. That would be disrespectful, right? I was making special accommodations for him. The least he could do would be to say that he could no longer be there for the implantation of our child. When 410 came and went, I decided to proceed without him. The world couldn't be put on hold for the mighty blaze. And this just proved that I shouldn't trust him. I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry I'm late. Did I miss it? He said busting into the lab carrying a flower store full of roses. No you didn't. I was just about to. What's all this? Oh I was heading over early when I thought this is the conception of my child. Should I be arriving empty handed? Then I thought do I get something for the birth mother or the other dad? It took five minutes to decide to get something for you both. And by that time I was already late. But here you go. For you, he said handing me two dozen long-stemmed roses. Thank you. That was very thoughtful of you. I can't touch them because I've already washed up. But you can place them over there. I think Ariel will appreciate hers though. She seems a little apprehensive about the whole thing. Oh okay. Show me the way. I led Blaze out of the lab and into the room where we were doing the procedure. Look who I found, I said to Ariel, who was already sitting in the stirrups. Hey beautiful, Blaze said stepping in with the roses. I got something for you. Ariel looked at them nonplussed. She then turned to me. Can we get this over with? Of course. We'll get the material in here and get underway. The whole thing should take 20 minutes. Great. Let's do that. I left the two of them alone and then crossed the hallway to the freezer room. Collecting the sample, I re-entered the room to find the roses on the back counter and Blaze massaging Ariel's temples. She was feeling a little tense, Blaze explained. That's fine. Whatever you can do to help her relax. Unfortunately, you would be in the way for that. But I'll keep doing this, he said with a smirk. Was Blaze making a joke about having sex with Ariel? We had had sex less than 24 hours ago, and I was minutes away from implanting our baby? He was unbelievable, but I didn't have time to think about that now. As Blaze continued to relax her, I set up. One might think that she and I having had sex together would make me doing this less awkward. It didn't. I had gotten angry with her when she had suggested that I had feelings for Blaze. Now here I was between her legs with Blaze's smell still on me. I felt a little guilty. What helped was remembering that she was getting something out of this too. She wasn't offering her womb out of the goodness of her heart. By licensing this process she would probably become richer than Blaze was. There were guys in this world who would pay a lot to have a child with their partner. One day of awkwardness and nine months of discomfort was a small price to pay for that inevitable windfall. Following the procedure as I was taught, things went without hitch. I implanted four zygotes with the hopes that one would take. When I was done, I looked up from between her legs. 
Both of them were laser-focused on what I would say next. It's done, I told them. What do we do now? Blaze asked nervously. We wait. Ariel will have to stay there and take it easy for about 45 minutes, but after that she can go. Do you hear that? Blaze asked her lovingly. In 45 minutes we can go. What's this wee crap? I don't see your legs in these stirrups, Ariel said snidely. What are you talking about? Did you think we would let you go through this alone? We'll be there for you every step of the way. Won't we, Quinn? Of course, every step of the way, I replied not having thought through this part of it. My entire focus had been on getting here. After that, I didn't see myself being involved again until after she gave birth. See Ariel, both of us will be here for you. Anything you need. Seriously, you need me and I'll be there. Which will make it easy because I'm already living with you. Your stock price is going up you know. You don't have to stay at my place if you don't want to, Ariel offered tentatively. Yeah I saw that. But it still has quite a bit to go, so I'll at least have to stick around for that. And what about your cravings at 2 in the morning? Someone's gonna need to be there to get them for you, right? I watched Blaze charm Ariel. He was being very sweet, and it was lightening her mood. I wasn't sure how I felt about this though. Yeah it was good that he would be taking care of our child's surrogate, but I thought that Blaze and I would use this time to start our life together. I had also told Ariel that she and I should keep things professional. So where did that leave me in all of this? I wasn't foolish enough to believe that Blaze's feelings toward me meant that he was no longer attracted to women. And Ariel was a woman he had already had sex with. Watching him as he fussed over her making her feel better about things made him a really great guy. But how would all of the time he would spend with a woman he's clearly attracted to affect what we had? It had been less than a day since I became open to trusting him again. Was I already losing him to the woman who was about to become the mother of his child? I wasn't sure but I was thinking I was. What was I supposed to do now? Chapter 11 Ariel Sitting in the stirrups with my ex-boyfriend between my legs and the last guy they first had had sex with massaging my temples, I really had to question my life choices. What was I doing? For a moment I had believed that Blaze and I could have a life together, but I quickly realized that I couldn't be with him, for the same reason I couldn't be with Quinn. They were already in love with someone, each other. I didn't know what bothered me more, that they both preferred to be with a man or that I let myself fall for them. Falling for one gay guy was just chance. After falling for two, I had to ask myself what was wrong with me. Although, I had to admit that they had both hidden it well. Did all gay guys have such skills in the bedroom? I mean Jesus. And it wasn't like they were great at the same things. Quinn would spend all night with his tongue between my legs if he had to. And God bless him because the orgasms would keep on coming. Blaze though, he was rugged and took what he wanted. God damn was that sexy. As large as he was, he had manhandled me. I had loved every moment of it. Put the two of them together and a girl might pop from the pleasure. But on the other hand, if a girl did put the two of them together, wouldn't they choose to be with each other instead of the girl? Quinn was wearing the same clothes as the day before and Blaze didn't come by last night. I was the one who told Blaze that he and Quinn should talk. Clearly they did. And considering the splatter marks on Quinn's clothes, that wasn't the only thing that they did. The things Blaze said to me after the procedure did make me feel better about all of this though. I had already lost Quinn. He had said that he wanted to keep things professional. 
That might have been for the best, but deep in my heart of hearts, I had always wished that we might get back together. Quinn's suggestion killed that. That's when I thought that Blaze could be the one to rescue me from my endless loneliness. Nope, he was hung up on Quinn. Not only did I not have anybody, but I was going to go through pregnancy by myself. How shitty would that be? So when Blaze suggested that he was going to be there for me, it felt good. How much could Blaze be relied upon? I wasn't sure. My instinct told me that it wasn't very much. But as vulnerable as I felt with my legs in the air and other people's baby in me, I would take it. To Blaze's credit, he did stay with me the entire time he was at Quinn's lab. When I was done there, he drove with me home. Insisting that I get into bed, he asked me what I wanted to eat and ordered it for me. Then when it arrived, he served it to me in bed and then joined me as I ate it. As we talked that night, I learned that he wasn't the human horn dog I thought he was. I wasn't deluding myself, he had clearly slept with a lot of women. But the way he described it made it sound like that was just him looking for love. So, sleeping with twins was your way of finding love? I asked him sarcastically. No, that was just fun, he said with a smirk. You did watch the video, right? They weren't just twins, they were hot and Swedish. Tell me you wouldn't have done the same thing. I wouldn't have done the same thing, I told him. Liar. He proclaimed. You are a liar. No one would be able to escape the gravitational force of their hotness. I don't care who you are. We'll agree to disagree, I said, withdrawing some of the credit I had given him. Okay, so Blaze had flaws. The man had a lot of flaws. But what I was seeing was that he had positive qualities too. After dinner, he cleared the plates and rubbed my feet. I couldn't ask for more than that. But it only made me think about how long this was going to last. We won't know if it's viable for three months. That's how it is with all pregnancies, Quinn had said when I had asked him what to expect. As to whether or not the implantation has taken hold, we should know that in a few days. The first sign that it had was the morning I had woken up feeling nauseous. Everything online said that morning sickness wouldn't occur until the sixth week. Okay, whatever. It was morning and I was sick. What else would you call it? It could be your reaction to the medication. We can lower the dosages if it's getting too bad, Quinn told me during one of my checkups. No, I'm fine. I can push through it. Blaze has been pretty great about giving me hot compresses and rubbing my belly. Surprisingly, it helps. That's good. I'm glad to hear it, he said as if he wasn't. He talks about you a lot, I told Quinn seeing the sadness in his eyes. Does he? Yeah. I think he really cares about you. Well, he has a strange way of showing it. What do you mean? I haven't exactly had much of a chance to see him. I had to admit that this made me feel kinda good. Perhaps I was awful for saying this, but I liked that Blaze was choosing me over Quinn. I wasn't sure how long that would last. I was probably just the latest shiny object dangled in front of him. When he got bored of me, he'd be gone. I had him now, though. So haha sucks to be Quinn. Yeah, I heard it too. I'm going to blame that on the hormones. After three weeks had passed and I had officially missed my period, I thought it was time to celebrate. What do you want to do? I asked Blaze who was now a permanent figure at my place. We should go out, he suggested. That's a great idea. We could have a few shots, get wasted. It's been too long since I've done that. You know that you shouldn't drink when you're pregnant, right? Blaze asked me. 
I stared at Blaze wondering if he was stupid or he just thought that I was. Yes, Blaze. I might have heard that once or twice. Just checking. But, I think it might be a good idea if we went out. Your company stock price has stalled. It could have just settled. But it's worth getting our faces out there in case it'll help. Okay. And do you think we should invite Quinn? Blaze asked hesitantly. Should we invite Quinn? That was a good question. I was really loving all of the time I was spending alone with Blaze. It allowed me to forget that he was in love with someone else. I was sure that I could say no and Blaze wouldn't complain about it. He was turning out to be a pretty loyal and devoted guy. But would that be selfish of me? Blaze had been making me feel incredible during the previous few weeks. If I cared about him, shouldn't I want him to be happy as well? Yeah, let's invite Quinn. I mean, there wouldn't be anything to celebrate without him, right? The size of Blaze's smile told me everything I needed to know about everything. He looked so happy. There was no way I would ever be able to make him feel as good as all that. He really did love him. I had to remember that. Eventually, Blaze was going to leave me for Quinn, and what we had now would end. Choosing a restaurant where the paparazzi were known to frequent, Blaze and I arrived together, finding Quinn already seated at the bar. One thing that I had always loved about Quinn was that the man knew how to be on time. I kept a close eye on Blaze as he spotted Quinn. His face lit up. I wondered if the two would kiss each other hello. It wouldn't have helped our rehabilitation project, so luckily they didn't. I could tell that they both wanted to, though. That was hard enough to take. So, Blaze told me that you both have taken up knitting. What is up with that? You're not a knitter, Ariel, Quinn said with an uncomfortable smile. I was also never an oven for two guys' baby before, but I guess things can change, I told him not having an explanation for it. And you, Blaze, that isn't very jockwai of you. I can't imagine that there are many ex-Super Bowl champions who knit. Actually, you'd be surprised. The first person I ever saw knit was a defensive back on my team. Huge guy. 350 pounds. Yet every chance he got, he would pull out his yarn and knit. I used to make fun of him. But you know what, it's actually pretty calming. Look at you two become the domesticated pair. Yeah, Blaze said putting his arm around me. As much as I liked what was happening here, Blaze had to be a royal idiot. Quinn was clearly feeling insecure about all of the time his boyfriend was spending with me. He had practically said it outright. Blaze putting his arm around me as if we were an old married couple was only going to make it worse. So what about you two? What have the two of you been doing together? I asked trying to shift the attention. The two guys looked at each other. Blaze answered. Sex mostly. A lot of sex. Oh, I said shocked to hear it. He was at my place every night. When did they even find the time? Yep, Quinn confirmed. A lot of sex and not much else. You know, Quinn, if you want, you could always come hang out at our place some nights. I'm sure Blaze is tired of spending so much time alone with me. I don't want to get in the middle of anything. What would you be getting in the middle of? A cross-knit scarf? Don't be ridiculous. Come by. We would both love to have you, I told him not sure how I actually felt. Really? Thanks. Then I will. It turned out that my decision to invite Quinn had been a good one. I had always suspected that there was another side to my ex. That other side came out when he was around Blaze. 
As we ate dinner together or played board games, he joked and laughed. He had never been so relaxed when it had been just the two of us. I guess that the difference was that he was in love with Blaze, something that he had never been with me. The more I watched the two of them, the more I wondered what they did together when they were alone in the bedroom. Did Blaze take control of things like he had with me, or was he different when he was with another guy? Did Quinn suddenly shift and become the dominant guy when they were together, or did Blaze ride him like a pony? I had to admit, the hormones were starting to get to me. My emotions were all over the place. And I didn't know whether being horny was an emotion, but I was that too. I was sure I couldn't have sex at this stage even if I wanted to. And to be clear, I wanted to. I really wanted to. But the thing growing inside of me was my greatest investment. Something the size of what Blaze had would definitely knock things loose. So instead of letting my mind go there, I lost myself in my memory of our time together until another thought fought through. What would it be like if I just watched the two of them have sex? It had to be an incredible sight, right? There were barely two hotter guys on the planet. So, to see them get naked and go at each other like hungry wolves had to be incredible. Quinn, it's getting pretty late, I told him. Yeah, I should go. Actually, I was going to say that you should spend the night. Really? Quinn acts surprised. Really? Blaze echoed. Sure, why not? I don't know, Blaze said. Why not? Quinn, do you want to stay over? Ah, sure, he said, confused but happy. Well, I'm gonna head to bed. You two have a good night. We'll probably watch a little more of this movie and then head up. You have a good night, Blaze said cheerfully. I might have been too horny to know if that was a good thing to do, but it was too late now. Quinn was in. And if they had as much sex as they claimed, Blaze would probably soon be in too. What would that look like? Where's a nanny cam when you need one? After a vigorous night of rubbing one, or a few off, I woke up the next morning to find the two of them up and around. Blaze was often still in bed when I left for work. So this had to be Quinn's influence. There was a time when I thought that having a guy in my kitchen in the morning would be the worst thing ever. Having two of them, however, wasn't half bad. Morning, I told them. You two have a good night? The two guys looked at each other and blushed. Yeah, it was good, Blaze said saying it all. Good. Then I guess that I'll be seeing even more of you, I told Quinn with a smile. I guess, he replied surprised. Should we head out? Blaze asked Quinn headed to the door. Actually, you go ahead. There's some pregnancy stuff I need to talk to Ariel about. Anything I should know about? Blaze acts. Nah. Just routine stuff. Okay. Text me later, Blaze said leaving Quinn with me in the kitchen. What's up? Do you need to see me for another checkup? Did you need to increase my hormones because I'm not sure how much more of them I can take, I said jokingly. No. That's not it. I actually wanted to talk to you about something else. Oh, what's that? I wanted to thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Inviting me over. Allowing me to sleep here. Really, I appreciate it. Sure thing. It makes Blaze happy so you know of course. Right. That's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about. What do you mean? I mean Blaze being happy. I stared at Quinn nervously. Was this how inviting Quinn into our lives was going to blow up in my face? Was he about to tell me that he wanted Blaze to stop spending so much time with me? What about Blaze being happy? I ax.
He's very happy when he's with you. And it's clear that you're very happy when you're with him. You and I dated for a while and I can tell you, when you're with Blaze, you're a completely different person. I'm a different person when I'm with him? You're a different person. Where was this relaxed guy when I was looking for him? He was in the closet, Quinn said casually. As long as I was keeping that secret, I could never completely relax. I was always trying to figure out what I could and couldn't say. How I should and shouldn't act. Most of the time I found it easier to never say anything and to never go out. Oh. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. But that's not what I wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about was Blaze. Okay. As much as I would like to pretend that I could be enough for him, deep down I know that I will never be. I'm sure that's not true. I've known him since we were 15 years old. I know that I will never be enough. Okay, I replied unsure where this was headed. And initially when he started spending so much time here, I was really jealous of you. I was sure that you two would end up sleeping together and he would forget about me. We haven't slept together since that first time. I promise you. I know you haven't. Blaze can be surprisingly loyal when he wants to be. Who knew? Quinn said with a chuckle. Yeah, who knew? But what I'm saying is that after you have invited me to be a part of this, and after you've shown so much graciousness by allowing me to spend the night, I wanted to return the favor. What do you mean? I mean that there is clearly chemistry between the two of you. If you two ever wanted to be together, I would be okay with it. Eventually, he is going to want to be with a woman again, and if he is, I would prefer it to be you. I stared at Quinn with my mouth hanging open. I had no idea what was going on or what I was supposed to say next. Was thank you the correct response to something like this? I don't know if I could do that, I told him. What do you mean? I don't know. It would feel like I was cheating with him. You wouldn't be though. I know. But still. Oh, okay. I mean, I wouldn't want you to do anything you wouldn't be comfortable with, he said genuinely disappointed. Though, I guess I could imagine one way I would be okay with it. Really, how's that, he said perking up. I might feel more comfortable with it if you were there. If I were there? Yeah. I mean, it's not like we have any more secrets between us, right? I mean, you're having sex with your boyfriend in my house, and I'm having your baby. By the way, can I even have sex at this stage? Sex would be fine and you're right, there aren't any more secrets between us. So, in that case, the three of us doing something together wouldn't be that big of a deal, would it? I guess it wouldn't be, Quinn said with a smile. I don't think it would be, I repeated, proving once again that this girl knew how to get what she wanted. Okay. Then I guess I'll head out. I need to stop home for a change of clothes. But maybe we can cook dinner together tonight? Sounds like a plan, I told him, feeling my loins throb. Again, I didn't know if it was the hormones or what, but for the rest of the day, Blaze and Quinn were the only things I could think about. The way they looked at each other. The way they touched each other. The way they would touch me. It would be amazing. Getting very little paperwork done, I reminded myself that my most important work was going on uninterrupted. There was no doubt in my mind that I was pregnant. That meant a lot. It meant that their two sperms were developing as if it were a normal pregnancy. Quinn's experiment had worked. You could make a baby using only two sperm. The world would never be the same again, and I held the license to the procedure.
All that was left now was to monitor the baby's development as if it were any other pregnancy and give birth to it at the end. I'll admit that handing the baby over to Quinn and never seeing it again was beginning to feel a little weird, but that was what we had agreed to. Besides, I wouldn't have a legal claim to it in either case. I wasn't genetically related to the baby. As I had once told Blaze, the law around surrogacy was well established. Taking my mind off of that, I pulled out my phone and created a group chat with Blaze and Quinn. How do you two feel about pasta carbonara tonight? I texted. Quinn replied that it sounded great and that he would pick up a dessert. I reminded him how chocolate made me make bad decisions, and he replied that he would get two. I texted lol, and then after a moment, Blaze sent an emoji with surprised eyes looking around. It seemed like Quinn hadn't told him about his proposal. That was fine. In fact, it made things a little sexier. I considered getting a large novelty bow to wrap around my naked body, but figured it would be too much. Being the first to arrive home, I took a little time to soak in the bath and get ready for tonight. Staring at myself in the mirror, I saw that I was smiling. I couldn't help it. This felt so right. It was like we took the defect from my relationship with Quinn and made it a feature. Why hadn't I considered something like this before? Feeling fresh and frisky, I found something alluring to wear which wouldn't be too much. I settled on a satin spaghetti strap top without a bra. I thought it would get the point across. And by point, I of course meant my nipples. Heading downstairs, I found the two guys already hard at work in the kitchen. We got started. I hope you don't mind, Blaze said before noticing my top. He froze as he stared. Blaze was a lot of things. Subtle wasn't one of them. No, that's great. Less work for me to do, I told him. That snapped Blaze's attention back to my eyes. Seeing me arrive, Quinn reached into the freezer, withdrew a decanter and reached for a glass. And since you can't drink, I made you a mocktail that I think you'll like. Pouring a purple-colored drink into the glass, he topped it with a sprig of mint, a skewer of blueberries and a slice of lime. What is it? I asked him. Taste it, he said with a smile. Sucking on the metal straw, I recognized the taste immediately. For the most part, I was a whiskey kind of girl, but I had one weakness. It had to do with a trip I had taken to the Bahamas spring break my sophomore year of college. I had a time I would never forget, and during it, we found this small wooden stand in the middle of a boardwalk where a bartender was making only one drink, a mojito. Before then, I had never had one. And at the time, it was the best thing I had ever tasted. I thought about it for months afterward. Quinn knew that story. He also knew that although I usually opted for a beer or a whiskey straight up, on rare occasions I needed something else. It was when I was in a good mood and wanted to relax. Oh this is good. I told him immediately recognizing the mojito mocktail. Glad you like it, Quinn said with a smile. So what can I do? I asked them, ready to help. How about you just sit back and relax, Blaze told me. We got this. Oh really? I asked not having to be told twice. Of course. In fact, is there anything else we can do to make our stay here any more comfortable? Blaze said cheerfully. Well I mean if you're asking you can both start by losing those shirts, I said only sort of kidding. Blaze looked at Quinn surprised and delighted. The look reminded me of a boy asking his mom if he could join his friends at the creek. I mean it is her night, Quinn said before grabbing the tail of his shirt. I stopped him. No, you take off his shirt and he'll take off yours. Quinn looked at me and blushed. I winked and gave him a trigger sound. 
I would have also given him a finger gun, but both of my hands were wrapped around my incredible drink. I watched as both of the hot guys in front of me obliged. God did they look sexy undressing each other. When both of their shirts were off they stared into each other's eyes and kissed. The sight of it made me squeeze my thighs together. I catcalled them to let them know I liked it. The two blushed in response. Watching my shirtless guys make dinner for me couldn't have been sexier. When they were done, Blaze set the table and we sat down to eat. This is amazing, I told them. It was all Quinn. All I did was follow directions, Blaze admitted. So you're good at following directions as well, huh? I asked him. What do you mean? Blaze replied. In my experience, you like to be the one calling the shots, I said flirtatiously. You know what they say, do what you do best, he joked. And you do do it well, I said staring at him like a gorgeous hunk of meat. Blaze laughed uncomfortably and looked at Quinn. Okay, what's going on here? This flirtation is fun and all, but unless we're all serious, we should probably pull it back. Blaze looked between Quinn and me for an answer. Quinn, maybe you should tell him what you told me, I said, needing to steer things forward. Quinn? Blaze asked curiously. Quinn took a deep breath and stared at his boyfriend. So, I know that you care about me and that you want to be with me. No, I love you and I want to be with you, Blaze corrected. Yes, thank you. But I also know that the two of you have been together. Blaze looked at Quinn like he had been caught doing something wrong. I was gonna tell you. I just didn't know the right time. That's fine. Really? I knew. I've known. It came up before I implanted Ariel. It's not a big deal. Okay. Blaze said confused. And I know how you feel about women in general. I mean, I've known you forever. It would have been pretty hard to miss. But that's the past. I'm with you now. So, you'll be okay with never being with a woman again? Blaze stared at Quinn like a deer caught in headlights. Yes. Of course. I love you, he said looking like he really wanted it to be true. Quinn laughed. That's sweet of you to say. Alternatively, meet Ariel, Quinn said gesturing towards me. Something tells me that the two of you might have had a good time together. Blaze looked at me like a kid on Christmas Day. And Quinn, you would be okay with this? He would join us, I added, making sure that wasn't missed. You would. Blaze asked, getting even more excited. If you want me there? Quinn teased. Blaze looked at Quinn ready to explode. He took a second and calmed himself. So you mentioned something about dessert, he said pushing his not-quite-empty plate forward. I got a chocolate souffle, Quinn told us. Oh my favorite, I replied. Then warm it up, Blaze said quickly collecting all of the plates. I smiled not having finished mine. I appreciated his enthusiasm. Watching as both guys fluttered around the kitchen, I couldn't wait for dessert. We should move to the couch, Quinn suggested. I liked that idea and was the first one there. Blaze was the first to join me and sat on my left. Quinn brought the warm dessert and sat on my right. Oh, I only brought one spoon, Quinn said with pretend disappointment. I guess we'll have to make do. With the souffle on the coffee table, Quinn cut into it. The smell of warm chocolate wafted out. With his hand underneath the heaping, he guided it to my mouth. Open up, he told me. I obliged. When it touched my tongue I saw fireworks. Oh god that's good, I told them. Is it? Blaze axe. Here, Quinn told him as he gathered another spoonful. 
expecting him to give it to Blaze, he surprised me by again guiding it to me. Once it was in my mouth he said, Blaze, you should try it. I looked at Blaze with the rich chocolate melting in my mouth. Quinn didn't need to say another word. Gripping the back of my neck, Blaze pressed his lips to mine. Parting them he pushed in his tongue. I felt the chocolate move from my mouth to his. Once it was gone he pulled away and swallowed. That was good, Blaze told me with a smile. Can I? Blaze said requesting the spoon. Quinn handed it to him. Quinn you should really try it. With that, Blaze retrieved a spoonful and again fed it to me. I wasn't sure what to think. Quinn and I had a history, and the relationship part of it hadn't ended well. I didn't even know if he wanted to kiss me. But with the souffle in my mouth, I turned to the man who I once thought I loved. The two of us stared at each other, neither sure what to do. I almost turned away when Quinn took my chin between his thumb and finger and kissed me. The kiss took me to a good place. I had forgotten how much I had liked kissing him. Once I was reminded, I swallowed the souffle myself and kissed him like I meant it. The way he kissed me back had changed. Now his moves were confident. His tongue entered my mouth knowing what it wanted. The tip of his tongue curled and pulled at mine. And under the spell of melted chocolate and his familiar touch, I swooned. Not to be outdone, Blaze again grabbed the back of my neck and turned my lips towards his. This time he was more aggressive. He kissed me like he was staking his claim over me. I loved it and wondered how Quinn would respond. Feeling Quinn's hand slowly take hold of my breast, I got my answer. He knew exactly how I liked it. Massaging with the perfect amount of pressure, he leaned over and kissed the side of my neck. My God did this feel good. The only thing that made it better was when Blaze took hold of my other breast and asserted his dominance over us both. Let's go upstairs, he told us only giving Quinn a moment to back away. In one move Blaze scooped me into his strong arms and held me as if I was weightless. I wrapped my arms around his neck liking the feeling. Quinn had never done this. I wasn't sure he was capable. Blaze could though, and as he carried me to his bedroom, I wondered about the other ways in which these equally hot men would differ. Laying me on the bed, the already shirtless guys stood on either side of me. Take off her shirt, Blaze ordered Quinn. Sitting next to me, Quinn did what he was told. Slipping my top off of me, Quinn didn't need to be told to do what he had so many times in the past. Taking my spicy things are happening here. They had lost interest in me by this point. I was now just an afterthought in the fulfillment of one or both of their fantasies. I watched them kiss each other for a while before needing to break in. Have you two never done that before? Done what? Blaze asked, finally giving me some of his attention. Fuck someone while the other one watched? No, that was the first, Blaze replied with a smile. Did you like that babe? He turned asking Quinn. That was hot, Quinn said excitedly processing everything. Have you been fantasizing about that? Blaze asked him. No. But I will now, Quinn replied slipping his hand between our two bodies to lay his hand on Blaze's chest. Taking that as a hint, I rolled off of Blaze falling to his left side. Quinn was to his right. That was the direction in which he rolled as soon as he was free. The two men held each other for a long time after that. Realizing he wasn't going to turn back, I eased my chest onto his back. Lying there in the shadow of their love, I thought about what had just occurred. It was as hot and as satisfying as I had hoped it to be in every way but one. I had thought that being with the two men would make me feel connected somehow. It hadn't. In fact, lying there as the two men embraced each other, I had never felt more alone. 
That was when my thoughts turned to the child growing inside of me. I was beginning to understand the appeal of having children. As long as you had them, you were never alone. I had always thought of that as a bad thing. But maybe that reliable companionship wasn't so bad after all. Then if I was with two men who loved each other as much as Blaze and Quinn did, I would still have someone who loved me. For the rest of the night and the days that followed, this was something that I couldn't get out of my head. The three of us didn't have sex every night, but we had it a lot. Each time it followed the same pattern. Blaze would devour my body like he needed it to breathe, then once he was done he would fall into his lover's arms leaving me outside of their embrace. It certainly wasn't a matter of him or Quinn not caring about me. Outside of the bedroom, the two expecting fathers waited on me hand and foot. Even as we had sex I was their focus. Quinn pleased me orally like only he could and Blaze made me feel like the cavewoman to his caveman. There was nothing I could legitimately complain about. It was just those twenty or thirty minutes on every other day that stung a little. Those times were just long enough to see inside their heads and know the role I played in their lives. Could I have asked them to include me in their cuddle? I could have. But didn't their cuddle follow the time that Blaze spent fucking my brains out while Quinn could do nothing but watch? There were three of us which meant that there were two people Blaze had to satisfy. Their post-fuck cuddle was their time together. I just had to learn to live with it for those few short moments a week. As the weeks went on, those 30-minute blocks became harder to live with than I thought. So on the day that I entered the second trimester and my pregnancy became officially viable, I sat the two boys down ready to have a talk. All day I had been thinking about what I would say to them, and my stomach had been churning like a grinder as I did. Guys, can we talk about something, I said to them that night after dinner. Yeah, what is it? Blaze asked, confused by my formality. I know we haven't talked about this, and I know this wasn't what we agreed to, but when it arrives, I would really like to be a part of the baby's life, I said putting one hand on my now protruding belly. The two guys looked at each other. Of course, Quinn said. We would want you to be. Okay. Great, I said relieved. Because I really think I need this. I know this is your baby and genetically it has nothing to do with me, but I can't help but think that it's mine too, you know? That's because it is, Blaze told me. Yeah. We just thought that you didn't want to be a part of its life. You never expressed any interest in being a mom. In fact, a few times when I asked you about it, you made clear that you didn't want to be. That was before I had one growing inside of me. I don't know how surrogate moms do it. You're carrying life. You're constantly thinking about what its hopes and dreams will be. And you keep thinking about what your life will be with it, and how your life might be without it, I told them. I don't know how I would be able to continue on without this baby in my life. You know what? Blaze added. I feel that way too. I mean, it's not growing in me so it's got to be a little different, but it's the same. Who knew that having a family would make having a baby so much better, Blaze said with a smile. I smiled back even though I still felt like my stomach was in a meat grinder. So when Blaze reached over and put his hand on my stomach, I flinched. What is it? Quinats looking at me concerned. I don't know. I think I have cramps. What does it feel like? Like cramps. Do you also have heartburn? Yeah, I guess. Why? What about spotting? I mean, yeah, but you said that was typical. Usually. Quinn reached across and put pressure on my belly. I could see he wasn't pushing very hard but it felt like he was poking a hole in my flesh. 
Ah, that hurts, I told him watching the concern wash across his face. What is it? We need to get you to the hospital right now, Quinn said causing the blood to drain from my face with chilling dread. Chapter 12 Blaze My heart pounded as we loaded Ariel into a taxi and drove to the emergency room. You'll be alright, I told her as she groaned in pain. Do you know what's going on? I asked Quinn. It could be anything or nothing, but we need to get to the hospital fast, Quinn replied with a worried look. Please. Can we go any faster? I asked the driver. What do you want me to do? Run a red light. Yes, run a red light. I'll pay you whatever. Just get us to the hospital now. Even with that, the driver didn't budge. I looked out at the street in front of us. There were a stream of cars. There was no way of crossing. So, instead of yelling at the driver, I turned to Ariel. You'll be alright. You hear me? What about the baby? Ariel said sweating like she was in labor. Quinn cut me off. Don't worry about the baby. Let's just worry about you. I didn't like the way Quinn said that. It made me think that everything wasn't going to be alright. All I could do after that was grab Quinn's hand and will us to catch every light. We didn't catch every light, but we did arrive at the hospital in under 15 minutes. We need a doctor right away, Quinn said running into the emergency room ahead of us. My heart clenched hearing him. Meanwhile, I helped Ariel out of the car and through the automatic doors. There were people everywhere. Some of them were groaning in pain. Others were sitting with worried looks on their faces. The nurses were all moving frantically. And to my surprise, two of the nurses were headed in our direction with a wheelchair. What had Quinn said to get us into the front of the line? I wasn't sure, but I was beginning to believe that this was more serious than Quinn was letting on. We'll take it from here, the older of the nurses said, rushing her away. Can't one of us go with her? I asked Quinn and the nurses. No. Please just fill out the paperwork. We'll need to know her history the woman said headed towards the swinging doors. We'll be right here, I told Ariel as she continued to moan in agony. What's going on Quinn? I know you know something. I don't. I just know what it could be and it could be bad. Being the medical expert, Quinn talked to the admitting nurse and I found a seat against the wall. He was at the desk for a while. I could see the face of the woman he was talking to. More than once she looked confused and one of those times she looked back at me. When Quinn finally sat next to me, he looked exhausted. What happened? Nothing. But apparently, our child is an abomination. What? I said, immediately pissed off. Our child is not an abomination. I'm gonna go fucking talk to her. No blaze. Don't. It's not worth it. She's just a close-minded backward-thinking idiot. It's not worth getting into a thing about. With Quinn's hand on my thigh holding me back, I didn't go over. When she looked over at us again, I gave her my I'm going to rip your head off look. I never played on the offensive line, but it benefited every football player to have one. As time passed and I thought about what the attending nurse had said, I turned to Quinn. Is our child an abomination? Blaze, what are you talking about? Of course not. I mean, is what's happening to Ariel now only because we are the parents? No blaze? Definitely not. Once the zygote forms, there is no difference between it and one produced by an egg. 
What she's going through has nothing to do with our child coming from two fathers, he said as if there wasn't a question. Quinn and I sat there for hours waiting for some word. Seeing how worried Quinn was, I asked the attending nurse for updates. Each time she replied that someone would let us know whenever they knew something. I was also waiting for her to make a crack about our child or family. She never did. It was probably for the best. I was still working my way out of one scandal. It wouldn't help to now be recorded throttling a nurse. Mr. Summers, a woman in scrubs announced to the waiting room. That's me, Quinn said getting up and leading our charge to her. You listed yourself as the father. She acts. Yes. We both are, Quinn clarified. Oh. Um, okay. She's our surrogate, Quinn said not giving Ariel full credit for her role in our life. Gotcha, the woman replied. Is Ariel okay? I ax. I'm Dr. Khan and I have the results from her tests. As the father or fathers, I thought that you two would like to be present when I talk to the patient about them. Yes, definitely, Quinn said. Then come with me. The doctor led us past the main door and through the hallways. The place smelled like a mixture of disinfectant and stress sweat. Add that to my concern for Ariel and the baby, and I could barely breathe. Stopping in front of one of the rooms, Dr. Khan knocked once and quickly opened the door. Inside on one of the two beds was Ariel. She was dressed in a hospital gown with an IV attached to her arm. Are you all right, Ariel? I asked her rushing to her side. I'm fine, she said groggily. We have her on painkillers, so she might seem a little out of it, the doctor explained. So, what are the results? Quinn said, getting to the point. Yes. The doctor tightened her lips. Ariel will be fine. But I'm sorry to say that she lost the baby. It was a miscarriage. As her words hit my brain all of the blood rushed out of my face. I felt nauseous and like I was about to pass out. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I looked over at Ariel and she barely looked phased. I wondered if it was because of the painkillers or if she didn't care. Certainly, she couldn't be blamed if the news hit her less than it did Quinn and me. She wasn't the biological mother. I did expect her to have some reaction though. Even if it was just empathy for Quinn and me. I next looked over at Quinn. He was stunned. He stared at the doctor with his mouth hanging open as if he was about to say something yet nothing came out. I'm so sorry. Does anyone have any questions? The doctor asked, looking like she wanted to leave. How long do you think it will be before we can safely try again? Quinn asks. Safely. I would say during her next cycle. A reproductive system usually recovers pretty quickly from things like this. Psychologically, it's up to the mother. Anything else? How long will Ariel have to stay here? I ax clutching Ariel's hand. We want to keep her overnight. But if everything is fine, she could probably be out of here in the morning. Would it be okay if we stick around? I ax. You both can stay until visitor hours are over. After that, only one of you can stay. Okay. Thank you, Doctor, Quinn said, releasing her. Let me know if you need anything else, Dr. Khan said before leaving us alone. I turned to Ariel. How do you feel? Numb. That's probably the painkillers. Right, Quinn? Probably. Do you mind if I get some rest? I'm feeling pretty tired. You want us to go? I act startled. Would you? Sure. Of course, 
I told her a little surprised she wouldn't want at least one of us to stay. We'll be by to collect you in the morning, I told her as I joined Quinn on the way out. I'll call you, she said not looking at either of us as she did. Okay, I said surprised again. Quinn and I left the hospital without saying a word. I knew why I wasn't saying anything. I was in shock. But Quinn looked like he wasn't saying anything because he was trying to figure something out. I didn't want to believe that it had to do with his question for the doctor, but it probably did. He had asked when we could try again. Ariel was still lying in the hospital bed. I have been accused of being thoughtless, but what was up with that? How much did his experiment mean to him? Do we go back to her place for the night or do we go to yours? I asked Quinn as we hailed a taxi. You can do whatever, but I think I need to go over her test results again. Oh, okay. I guess I'll head back to her place then. Fine. How about we just plan to meet back here in the morning? Call me if she calls you. I'll do the same if she calls me. Sure. Great. I'll talk to you then, he said before walking off deep in thought. Well that was fucking weird. A tragedy had just happened, and everyone was acting like it was nothing. I was destroyed about it, and when this all began, I didn't even want to have a baby. Why was I the only one heartbroken? Again, I could understand if Ariel wasn't moved by it but wasn't this Quinn's dream. I flagged down a cab and headed back to Ariel's place. Entering alone, I couldn't help but wonder where our family had gone. Hours ago there were three of us with a baby on the way, and now I was standing here alone. Pulling a bottle of wine from the rack, I found a glass and settled into what I was going to be doing for the rest of the night. Waking up early the next morning anticipating a phone call one never came. Having decided not to go into work, I got dressed and killed time waiting for either Ariel or Quinn to call me. By noon no one had. I was just about to call the hospital when I heard a key jiggle the front door. Getting up from the island in the kitchen, I stared at the opening door startled. I wasn't sure who it could be. And when Ariel stepped in I was very confused. What are you doing here? I thought you were going to give one of us a call. I told her unsettled. Yeah, they said I could go, and I figured it would be easier just to catch a cab. Okay. But I don't think it was a matter of it being hard to come get you, I explained. Yeah, well, I'm here now. So. Ariel brushed by me en route to the stairs. Need some help up the stairs? I'm fine. You sure? Because it would be no problem. I said I'm fine, she snapped. Okay, I said backing off. Ariel stopped on the stairs and turned back to me. You know, I checked your company's stock this morning. It's about 75% back. Is it? I asked confused by her choice of topic. Okay. So it looks like our work together is done. What do you mean? You agreed to help me get the license in exchange for me helping you get your stock price up. I think we both have fulfilled our agreements, haven't we? I guess. Good. And now that I'm not pregnant anymore, there's no need for you to be staying here, she said coldly. I jolted back as if I had been hit in the face. You don't want me staying here anymore. We've done everything we said we were gonna do, so what's the point? What's the point? The point is that I thought we were a family. Oh, did you mistake sex for caring? You were the last person I thought would confuse the two. What we had was just a distraction. That's all. We were just a distraction. I acts incredibly confused. 
So, you think you and Quinn are really a we? Blaze, I hate to break this to you, but he doesn't care about you. He's playing you. What are you talking about? Before we signed the licensing agreement, Quinn told me that this whole thing he's been doing with you was just so that he could get custody of your heir. It was an elaborate scheme to get his patent back. That's not true, I told her positive that it wasn't. You don't think so? Ask yourself how many times you've told him that you love him and how many times he's said it back. Has he ever said it back? I thought about it, but I didn't have to think long. He's never said it. Why do you think that is? I didn't know. And it was something I had thought a lot about. I could never come up with an explanation for it, considering he had been acting like he was in love with me since he was 15. Maybe he has trouble saying it, I offered as a possibility. Or, maybe it's because, considering your history together, he doesn't want to lie to you. Look, I'm only telling you what he told me. Everything he's done has been his attempt to get back what he thinks you stole from him. You don't believe me, ask him. But this gay drama thing that you got going on, I'm done with it. You can leave your keys on the counter when you head out. Staring at Ariel, I was struck dumb. What the fuck? I couldn't believe a moment of what had just happened. Where the fuck did this come from? And what was that thing she was saying about Quinn? She wanted me to believe that everything he had done had been to somehow get back the patent for compound 2864. That's ridiculous. I had fucked Quinn multiple times. No one wanted a patent that badly. Though there were other things she said that may have rung true. He really had never told me that he loved me. What? Would saying it offend his masculine sensibilities? Was nerdy, awkward Quinn too much of a man to say that he loved me back? Obviously not. And he had certainly had enough time to figure it out. So why hadn't he said it? And why hadn't he had a stronger reaction to finding out that Ariel had lost the baby? That was weird. Did he only see it as something he could use to get what he wanted? I felt crazy for even thinking it, but Ariel had been the one to say it. Not me. But her having said it, some things were kinda making sense. Quinn was the man I loved though. There was no way I was going to believe any of this without talking to him. Not only did we need to discuss what Ariel said, but I needed to be face to face with him when I did. I had known him for a long time. I could always tell when he was lying to me. At least I thought I could. Respecting Ariel's request, I removed the key to her place from my keyring and placed it on the counter. Locking the door when I left, I took out my phone and called Quinn. Did she call you? Quinn asked, getting to the point. No. She caught a taxi home. Oh. Okay, he said sounding as surprised as I was. Listen Quinn, we need to talk about something Ariel said. Where are you right now? I'm at home. I'll be there in a few. Taking a taxi to Quinn's brownstone, I got there with Ariel's words still spinning in my head. Quinn opened the door and stared at me. For the first time, I noticed how different he was from the guy that first had once known. There used to be an innocence about him. That was gone. And I couldn't tell if what had replaced it was confidence or blind opportunism. How is Ariel? What did she say? He asked as he escorted me in. Quinn, do you love me? Quinn turned around and froze as he stared at me. After an awkward silence he said, why are you asking me that? Because I love you and I say it all the time. I love you Quinn. See, I just said it again. But you've never said it back. Did you need more time to figure it out? 
Wasn't 15 years enough? What brought this on? Quinn, that's not an answer. Well, of course I, of course I. Wow, you can't even say it. Why can't you say it? Quinn stared at me blankly. You know, Ariel told me something which when she said it, I couldn't believe. She said that you told her that using my sperm was a part of an elaborate plan to get your patent back. Quinn jolted hearing my words. Quinn, is that true? Did you tell her that? I am. Um. Oh my god, you did. Why? Why would you tell her that? How could any part of this be true? Blaze, you know how I feel about you, Quinn insisted. Do I? I sure as fuck thought I did. But what the fuck? Look, I was upset. You had stolen from me what I had thought was my life's work. I wasn't thinking straight. So it is true. You did all of this to somehow get your patent back. What type of crazy stupid shit is that? That doesn't even make sense. Did you think that if you had my child, I would just sign over the company to you? I don't know, Quinn admitted. Were you going to use the kid as blackmail? You made me think that you wanted to raise the child together. Fuck Quinn, I loved you. I loved you. Blaze, you don't understand, he said stepping towards me. I shut him up by punching him as hard as I could in the face. He dropped like a rock. I was sure that no one had ever punched him before. With me around, there was no one who would dare. As he laid on the ground stunned, I considered climbing on top of him and beating his ass to a pulp. He deserved at least that. But instead, I stared down at him heartbroken. You hit me, Quinn said holding his cheek. Eat shit you fucking homo, I spit before turning around and storming out. I was so mad when I left Quinn's place that I couldn't stop long enough to flag a cab. I had to keep walking. I walked from his place in Brooklyn, to my place in Manhattan's Upper West Side. It took two and a half hours and when I got there, I was still furious. That fucking piece of shit was using me the entire time. I had fucking lost myself for him. I had turned into some type of pillow-munching homo for him, and for what? So he could fucking steal my company. I regretted only punching him in the face once. What type of psychopath, maniac did something like that? Worse than that, how could I have been so betrayed by a friend? Asking myself that question, I froze. I suddenly understood what he had been trying to do. He had been trying to get revenge on me. He was under the delusion that I had somehow betrayed him. But he was wrong. Putting the patent under my name was completely different from what he had tried to do. What I had done was business and legally my right. What he had done. I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe evil was the right word. Entering my penthouse, I looked around at the beautiful yet empty space around me. It disturbed me. What was I supposed to do here? I had to forget about Quinn, Ariel, and the baby that thankfully never was. I had to forget about everything. It took me a moment to remember how I had forgotten about things in the past, but it did come back to me. I was going to throw a party. I was sure that I could throw something together for tonight. And I knew exactly the person to invite first. Vandal, this is Blaze. I'm thinking about throwing a thing tonight, you available? I asked staring at Central Park from my balcony. I can't do it, my friend. I have plans. What could you have going on that's better than one of my parties? I asked him sure I could get him to change his mind. Actually, it was inspired by the thing you got going on. I'm going to a swingers club. You and your girl should come. You mean Ariel? 
Was that your fiancé's name? Yeah. But that's not a thing anymore. Perfect. Then we'll pick up a couple of my friends, head there and be waist-deep in sex by midnight. And the best part. No cameras allowed, Vandal joked. I leaned against the railing, considering Vandal's offer. Sex was how I had lost myself in the past. After things went south with Quinn the first time, I had had so much sex that I lost feeling in my dick. Not literally, but you know what I'm saying. It had worked the first time, why wouldn't it work again? You know what? Yeah, why not? You're coming? Fuck yeah I am. What time should I come down? 2. PM. I asked confused. Vandal laughed. No, 2 AM of course. Oh right. Of course, I said not expecting that. Okay. I'll see you then. I'll see you then, I told him before ending the call. 2 AM. What the fuck had I gotten myself into? As I thought about it, I realized that heading to a club at 2 AM wasn't far from what I used to do. It was usually the afterclub that we hit at that time, but still. It felt like forever since I had done something like that. Back when I used to, the thought of it felt exciting. Now, I wondered how I would do it. Quinn, Ariel and I were usually in bed by 11. What we did in bed was another matter, but we were there for the night. And what interest did I have in going to a swingers club? Hadn't I had enough strange to last me a lifetime? What would be the difference tonight from every other experience I had had? Probably nothing, but what choice did I have? I had to wash the stench of that gay shit off of me. I needed to get back to being who I was before the betrayer and his accomplice dug in their claws. Returning inside, I poured two fingers of whiskey and fell onto the couch. As soon as I did, every detail from the last few days came rushing back. That was no good. I couldn't just sit back and wait for tonight. I needed to distract myself. I definitely had a solution for that. It was the same one I used from when I was 13 years old, I needed to head to the gym. I could go to the public gym where I was a member, but that wasn't the type of mood I was in now. I just needed to put my head down and wear my ass out. There was a gym in the building that would be perfect for that. And after a quick change of clothes, that was where I was headed. Slipping in a pair of earbuds, I caught the elevator and headed down. Getting off on the floor, I looked through the glass doors and spotted someone I hadn't expected to see on the treadmill. For a moment, I considered getting back onto the elevator. I didn't. I don't know what made me decide to not only keep going, but to get on the treadmill too from his, but I did. Not looking at him, I adjusted my settings and started to run. It took a moment before I saw his flailing arm in the corner of my eye. Slowly turning around, I looked at him. So much had happened since the last time I had seen him. I honestly didn't know what to say. Lane Toros, what's going on? I asked him, transferring my feet to the edge of the machine. Blaze, actually a lot, he said acting like he wanted to talk. How's that project you told me about going? You mean the baby stuff? I asked him, not sure if I wanted to talk about it. It's a fucking mess. What happened? Did the science not pan out? No, the science wasn't the problem. It's the psychopath who created it that was the problem. Wait, are you telling me that it worked? Yeah, it fucking worked. That's incredible. Yeah. I stared at Lane, remembering all of the times we partied together. He had been pretty wild. There was something about him that seemed different now, though. 
The last thing he had said to me was that he was in love with his best friend. It had been the fact that a man like Lane could admit something like that, that had allowed me to accept my feelings for Quinn. Clearly, it had been the wrong choice for me. But Lane didn't look like he knew how to make a bad choice. You look happy, I told him. I am. Remember that situation I told you about? You mean the guy you were in love with? A person doesn't forget shit like that, I said with a laugh. Yeah, he said neither amused or offended. It worked out. What do you mean it worked out? I mean we're together. In fact, my whole family's visiting from the Bahamas. From the Bahamas? Yeah. We have a place down there. It's my home base now. The Bahamas? Wow. Okay. You should meet him. I think you'll like him. Why don't you come up to my place for dinner tonight? I'll ask him to make some homemade island food for you. He's a great cook. I stared at Lane not sure what to say. A part of me hated that he was able to make things work with the guy he loved while the guy that I first loved just stabbed me in the heart. At the same time, Lane had figured out a way to get exactly what I wanted. How had he done that? What had made things so much easier for him than things were for me? If I met his friend tonight, I might find out. What time were you thinking? I asked him. Seven. You mean PM, right? I clarified. Lane laughed. Yeah. PM. I thought about it for a moment more. Yeah, I'll be there. Excellent. I'll see you then. It was good running into you. The same, I told him before he turned around and left. I had to admit that Lane was amazing. That dude had been the craziest playboy, womanizer you could imagine. Yet, somehow, he didn't even flinch about his complete 180 to being gay. Although, I guess he said he was bisexual. But still, where did that confidence come from? Maybe I was going to find out tonight. Having run into Lane, I didn't feel as crazed as I had before. I left the treadmill and moved to the free weights. Putting in an hour there, I headed back upstairs. After the walk and weights, every muscle in my body felt like jelly. Filling my whirlpool bath, I slid into it and did my best to let go. I would have guessed that I would be too tired to think. I wasn't. That's when I again reached for the whiskey. But I wasn't sipping it this time. By the time seven o'clock rolled around, I was more than relaxed, I was drunk. I wasn't sloppy or anything, but I was glad I wouldn't have to walk any straight lines. Grabbing a bottle of wine from my wine closet, I took the elevator to the lobby so that our doorman could buzz me up. I had no idea what I would find when I stepped into Lane's place. Yet what I found exceeded expectations. Not only was there a very hot, very tan guy there, but holy fuck, there was also a woman. Blaze, I would like you to meet Reed and Jules, Lane said gesturing to the two people in front of me. Nice to meet you, I said shaking their hands. I'm sorry. This is your boyfriend and who are you, I asked needing to know. Jules's eyes darted up to Lane. Lane replied. Jules is our girlfriend, he said with a smile. I stared at the three of them and said, holy fuck. The three looked at each other uncomfortably. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be rude. It's just that Lane didn't tell me that there were three of you. Does it matter? Reed acts defensively. Does it matter? Of course it matters. You don't know how great this is. You don't know how lucky you guys are. Jesus. And it was in that moment that I couldn't hold any of it back anymore. I looked down at my shoes and allowed the tears to flow. 
I cried. I had thought that I had had the perfect life with Quinn and Ariel. After a lifetime of denying it, I was with the love of my life in Quinn. And Ariel was the woman that made our family possible. We had even had a baby. Now it was all gone and I was again painfully alone. Are you okay? Lane said, putting his arm around my shoulder comforting me. I fell into his arms and let it all out. How had I come so close to having it all? How had I lost it so quickly? I don't know what to do. I told Lane. I had this but now it's gone. Lane didn't say another word. He just comforted me. I didn't understand what was going on. This wasn't me. The last time I cried was when I announced my retirement, and it had probably been twenty years before that. Yet here I was crying into someone's arms like a baby. Why? Collecting myself, I wiped my eyes and stood up. I stared at the three people in front of me. They weren't looking down on me or judging me. In fact, Reed had a tear in his eye too. I didn't mean to do that, I told them with a chuckle. That's okay, Blaze. What's going on? Lane asked me. Please have a seat, he said ushering me to the couch. When we were all seated, I looked at the three of them as they nestled together. They were practically on top of each other, and they probably didn't even realize it. Lane, I have something to admit to you, I told him. What is it? I'm like you. What do you mean? I mean that I think I'm bisexual too. There's a guy I've known for a long time, since high school. And I was in love with him even though I didn't know it. Being with him made me smile, you know. He was so smart and sweet. He was everything I wasn't and I wished I was. And then we were together, like you three are together. We were a family. What happened? Lane asks. We lost the baby, I said as tears returned to my eyes. It was your baby. Oh my god, I'm sorry. But maybe it was more than the miscarriage. Maybe I ruined things when I betrayed Quinn. I was just so scared of losing him, you know. Lane leaned back and took Reed's hand. I know. Yeah. And I did something that I knew I shouldn't have at the time. I didn't have to do it. But I thought if I did, he would always need me. I thought that it would make him never leave me, but it drove us apart instead. I ruined everything, Lane. I destroyed it all. Blaze? Reed said, leaning forward. I know a little something about being hurt by someone you love. It doesn't feel great. And for a while, you're really mad. But eventually, you learn to forgive them. When you love someone, everything can feel more intense. But it's the love that will keep drawing you together. Jules added, forgive yourself, forgive them, and then act out of love. Don't try to figure out where it will lead to or what will happen next. Just act from your heart. That way, no matter what happens, you know you've done everything you could for the person or people you love, she said smiling at her two guys. All that might be easy to say. And maybe for you three, it was easy. But things get complex. You probably can't even imagine how complex things get. The three looked at each other and then at me. It was then that all of them broke out into laughter. They didn't stop laughing. Jules even wiped away tears from laughing so hard. We might have some idea about how complex things get, Lane said. But you know what? It's worth it. It's all worth it. And if I had to, I would have willingly gone through so much more if I knew that it would eventually lead me here, he said patting his partner's thighs. I watched the three interact and envied every moment of it. They had what I wanted and what I had thought I had. 
Was there any going back though? Jules had said that I should forgive myself for what I had done and then forgive Quinn. But how could I forgive him for creating a child with me, just so he could use it to steal my company? That was insane. How could I ever trust him again? What was the third thing Jules had said? It was forgive yourself, forgive the other person and, oh yeah, then act out of love. Man that was a lot. And what did acting out of love even mean? Sitting on the couch a little longer, we talked about my situation and some of the things they went through. Goddamn. I guess they all knew a little something about forgiveness. I had no idea what Lane was in the middle of the last two times I spoke to him. It made my little melodrama seem tame. Moving to the dinner table after that, we had something called stew chicken with fried plantains, peas and rice, and macaroni and cheese. The macaroni and cheese was more of a casserole though. The meal was amazing. I had never had anything like it. I envy you, Lane told me over a dessert they called guava duff. You have everything, Lane. I mean, literally everything. Why would you possibly envy me? Because the three of you were able to conceive a child, he said. You three could have a child. Suddenly realizing what I had said, I looked over at Jules for her reaction. I mean, I'm assuming. We could. And we would love it no matter what. But what I mean is that the three of you were able to have the child. All three of you were involved. That's got to be the perfect situation for families like ours, don't you think? I thought about it. Yeah. You're right. The fact that the child was going to be a part of the three of us was pretty special. You said that the procedure didn't work? Lane clarified. No. It worked fine. It was just one of those things. Ariel just had a miscarriage. Oh no. Jules said. She must be devastated. No. She's not that type of woman. Nothing phases her. When she approaches a mountain, the mountain gets out of the way, I said with a smile. Maybe. But still. If it was me, I'm not sure I would be able to get out of bed. I mean losing such a rare gift. It would shake me. That's you though, I told her. You don't know Ariel. Are you sure? Because there are a lot of things that a man will never understand about the psychology around bringing a child into this world. She might be hurting more than you think. I considered that. Ariel had found her own way home from the hospital though. I saw her. She looked every bit the woman I had met two years ago at a conference. Although, I had to admit that she didn't look like the woman she had become in the last few weeks. The four of us continued talking long into the night. It was so great being around them. They all seemed so sure of themselves and who they were. In all of the years I had known Lane, I had never seen him happier. It was amazing. They were amazing. It hurt my heart remembering that I had lost what they now had. Leaving their place a little before 2 a.m., I texted Vandal letting him know that I wasn't going to make it. I didn't want that life anymore. I had a family. It was in tatters at the moment but I had one. Getting up the next morning, I called a taxi and headed to Brooklyn. I wasn't sure whether or not Jules had been right about how Ariel would feel, but I had to find out. A phone call wasn't going to do it either. I had to look her in the eyes and see her soul. I rang the bell and then banged on her front door until she answered it. When she opened the door, she looked a mess. Her eyes were red and puffy. Her hair hadn't been brushed. And she was still wearing her sleeping sweats even though it was approaching noon on a weekday. 
I didn't have to see into her soul to tell what she was thinking. Ariel was in incredible pain. What do you want? she barked. Can I come in? No. Please, Ariel. I just want to talk. Please. Ariel stared at me, probably judging how much it would take to make me go away. Fine, she said walking back towards the couch. Curling up with her head on the armrest, she picked up the half-empty wine glass from the coffee table. What ya drinking there? Red, she said gesturing to the empty bottle on the floor. I sat by her on the couch. Sitting next to her feet, I rubbed them. After a minute, she stretched out her legs onto my thigh. I'm so sorry you lost it, Ariel. It's not fair. Ariel immediately sat up. I didn't even want a kid. I didn't want it. It wasn't even mine, she said telling herself more than me. Ariel, it was as much yours as it was mine or Quinn's. You lost a child yesterday. I'm sorry for that. I have no idea what you're going through, but I'll be here for you for as long as you want me to be. She looked at me with tears in her eyes. Sometimes I can barely breathe Blaze. This is ridiculous. What's happening to me? She said lowering her head onto my lap. I don't understand what's happening to me. I put my hand on her head to comfort her. The worst part is that I'll lose Quinn's contract if I don't put myself through this again. I can't go through this again. I just can't, she said exploding into tears. I can't. I listened to Ariel with my heart breaking. I had to help her. And as she laid there crying in my lap, I realized what I had to do. Chapter 13 Quinn I screwed it all up. I could have just told him I loved him. Why didn't I just say that? It had to be true, didn't it? I had been in love with him since I was 15 years old. After all of the sex and the time we spent together, I had to be in love with him now, right? Then why hadn't I said it? The only thing that came to mind when I thought about it was the feeling I had when I realized that I couldn't trust him, as I had always believed that I could. He had hurt me so much. How could I give him the chance to hurt me that much again? It's funny that his punching me in the face didn't hurt as much as the pain that followed. I'm not talking about my swollen cheek or black eye. I mean knowing that I had officially lost him. There was no coming back from what I tried to do to him. I knew that. And somehow, I was going to have to live with it. I couldn't see how at this point. Everything hurt too much. I didn't even have Ariel anymore. I tried calling her a couple of times after she got back from the hospital, and she didn't pick up. Why wouldn't she? Not only did I want to make sure she was alright, we had to discuss when we would make our second attempt. As the days passed, I was slowly realizing the totality of what I had lost. I had taken for granted all of the little things that came with our relationship. My entire life I had been alone. I thought that I had preferred it. But having someone to come home to had been so much better. Blaze's silly text throughout the day had been something special. You hear these stupid love songs that talk about not knowing what you have until it's gone. But it's true. What I had with Blaze and then with Blaze and Ariel was beyond what I could have dreamed about. Now I was working alone and in silence every day before returning to an empty home. I had nothing. And now that Ariel wasn't returning my calls, I didn't even have that. I had destroyed everything that was good in my life. I could no longer see the purpose of going on. It was as I thought about that that I got a buzz from the building's security desk. Hello? 
I asked confused why they would be calling me. I have a Blaze Turner up here to see you. Would you like me to send him down? My heart stopped. What was going on? What was he doing here? It had been a week since he had punched me and had walked out of my life. Was he here to take another swing at me and remind me how awful I was? Mr. Summers, the security guy acts again. Yes, ah, send him down, I said before realizing what I was saying. Why was he here? There was no reason for it. Whatever he had to say, he could have just called. How would I feel when I saw him again? My stomach was already churning and he wasn't even there yet. I had so much to say to him and at the same time nothing at all. Why hadn't I told him I loved him while I had the chance? Did I still love him? Could I ever love him again? Quinn, Blaze said from the doorway of my office. I turned back and looked at him. I felt a wave of sadness wash through me. I still felt for him how I always had, and now I knew that I would never have him. Blaze, what are you doing here? I came to talk. Are you going to hit me again? No, he said coming in and closing the door behind him. In fact, I wanted to tell you something about that. What's that? It's that I forgive myself for punching you, and I forgive you for deserving to be punched, he said taking a seat across from my desk. You forgive yourself for punching me? I asked making sure I heard him correctly. Yes I do. I forgive myself. And more importantly, I forgive you for deserving to be punched. Okay. I guess that's something. Yeah. Wow she was right. It really feels good to get that off my chest, Blaze said with a glowing smile. Now on to pressing matters. Okay, I said very confused about what was going on. Ariel tells me that you put a clause in her contract that says that if she doesn't make four sincere attempts at being a surrogate, the licensing contract is void. That's true, I confirmed hesitantly. Well do you know how heartless that is? What do you mean? I mean that you can't base a business contract on something so personal. Of course I can. People do it all of the time. That's how surrogate contracts work. Only in this case, instead of getting cash, Ariel will receive a license which will earn her billions of dollars. Okay. But she has been destroyed by the first attempt, and she doesn't think she'll be able to go through any more. You're going to need to let her free of that clause. No. What do you mean no? I mean no. I have some sympathy for how she must feel but I can't remove the clause. Why not? Because without it, there is no license cause I won't be able to prove the concept works. You understand that right? But you don't understand. She's been devastated by this. She has? Yeah. I don't believe you. I've known her a lot longer than you have, and she's never been devastated by anything. Well she is by this, Blaze confirmed to my surprise. I had no idea. Now you do. I don't know what that changes though. What do you mean? You can just find someone else. You think I could just find someone else? I would be implanting in them a genetically modified human. Do you remember what that nurse said? She said our child was an abomination. Offering a billion dollar reward for going through something like that is about the going rate. But it isn't an abomination. I know that. You know that. And more importantly, Ariel knows that. That's why it has to be her. You do realize that you can no longer use my sperm, right? What do you mean? I asked feeling the blood leave my face. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. 
Even if I have to walk into your freezer and destroy every specimen in there, I'm not gonna let you do it. But you don't understand. No, I do. I finally do. And I'm out. My heart broke hearing his words. A storm was building in my chest and I was about to collapse under the wave of pain that rose above me when Blaze continued. But that doesn't mean your experiment is over. Yes it does. No it doesn't. What if I told you that I have another couple that is willing to take part in what you are trying to do? Why would they do that? Because they are what we used to be. There are three of them. Two guys and a woman. And they really want to have a child that represents their family. Wait, how do you know them? I act slowly feeling the pain subside. One of the guys lives in my building. He's a Wall Street guy worth billions. But the one thing he can't buy is what your experiment offers, the chance to be a whole family. I can introduce you. But if I do, you have to allow Ariel to keep the license without the surrogate clause. I considered Blaze's offer. From the very beginning, I had only one goal in mind, to have Blaze's child. Now Blaze was offering me everything else but the thing that had driven me to create it. Was it even worth it if it didn't give me a part of him? If they agree to do it and it results in a child, then I'll let Ariel keep the license, I told him. No. The clause has to be removed for the introduction. If they aren't who I am making them out to be, then you can put the clause back in. But however you all agree to proceed, that clause comes out. My heart felt hollow and empty, knowing that my loneliness would never end. Fine. Set up the meeting. But if they aren't who you say they are, I'll be expecting Ariel's cooperation or her termination of the contract. Deal, Blaze said offering his hand and a smile. Blaze set up the meeting for the following day. The trio's names were Lane, Reed and Jules. Blaze was right. They were everything the three of us once were, and more. On top of being beautiful and happy, they were comfortable around each other and very loving. They were the type of people who deserved to have a family. By the end of the meeting, my heart was warmed knowing that I would be able to give that to them. Setting up specimen collections for a time that aligned with Jules' cycle, when the time came, everything progressed without a hitch. Within a week she was implanted. After three weeks it was certain that she had missed her period. I met with the three of them periodically after that, just to see how things were going. Jules was glowing but it wasn't just her. Lane and Reed were glowing too. When six weeks passed the couple asked if she was safe to travel. They were all anxious to return to the Bahamas. Apparently they had a house down there or something. I told them that they should treat it just like any other pregnancy. And meanwhile I lived my life like normal. Each day I woke up got dressed and headed to work. Most days there wasn't anything for me to do. I had already done it all. The only thing I had left to do was to monitor their progress. In all of my downtime I tried not to think too hard about what I had lost but it was difficult. As far as I could tell, Blaze and Ariel were still together. I know that their public appearances had mostly been about rejuvenating Blaze's stock price. But when the company's valuation exceeded what it had been before Blaze's video, the two continued to be photographed together. I knew the look on their faces. The two of them were happy. And more importantly than anything else, they were happy without me. It was amazing how quickly time passed when every day was the same. Before I knew it, Jules was in for her six-month checkup and then her eighth. How are you feeling? I asked Jules when she was in to see me. Very ready for this part of it to be over. 
Remind me when I'll be able to sleep comfortably again, she asks me. I'm told it's when they leave for college. Jules laughed. How can we ever repay you for this? I mean you helped us to have our family. How about you invite me to the hospital when he's born? You got it. Of course, she said with a smile. You're already on Reed's speed dial. Thank you. By the way, have you decided on a name yet? Yes. But we're not telling anyone until he's here. That's probably best, I said with a smile. I received my call from them at 6.37pm on the night that Jules gave birth. Hey Quinn, would you be interested in coming down to take a look at your handiwork? Reed said. I would love to. I said getting up from behind my desk at work. Wonderful. That way he'll get a chance to meet the man he was named after. I froze. You named your baby after me? We did. The last name we're still working on. But the one thing we all agreed on was his first. Baby Quinn. Unable to take a step further, I lowered my head and cried. I didn't even know why I was crying. It had been a buildup of so much. There had been so many things that I had gotten wrong. But this one thing I had gotten right. I knew this wasn't my child but it felt like it. And even listening to the proud papa over the phone, I could hear the joy he had. Thank you so much for everything you've done for us. You made my family whole and my life complete. I could never express to you how grateful I am. You are my hero and the greatest person I've ever met. Hearing that, I completely lost it and bawled. Arriving at the hospital, I was still red-eyed and sniffling. I never imagined how emotional I would be. This wasn't even my child. Seeing Lane, he approached and threw his arms around me. Thank you so much, Quinn. You can't even imagine what you've done for our family. It took everything in me not to cry again. I was incredibly happy for them. I had no idea how it would feel to help others like this. Would you like to meet baby Quinn? I would. Is he all good? I asked confronting the last of my fears about the process. He's perfect, Lane said with a smile. I couldn't help but smile back. Lane led me through the halls to the newborn's observation window. I was too busy searching the display of babies behind the glass to notice who ended up next to my right shoulder. Quinn? I heard a familiar voice say. I turned and saw the last two people I would have expected to see. Blaze? Ariel? What are you two doing here? Same as you I'm guessing, Blaze said. Checking out the little one. He's beautiful, Ariel commented. Thank you, Lane and I said in chorus. Realizing that Ariel was probably saying it to the father, I was embarrassed. Everyone else laughed. I'll leave you three alone, Lane said heading back to Jules' room. So how have you been? Blaze asked. You know good. Finishing up some projects, I said gesturing to baby Quinn. Blaze chuckled. Right? So, you two are actually together now? I asked. Yeah, Blaze confirmed. We have been for a few months. I've seen pictures. Right, Blaze said with a smile. Anyway, Ariel, should we go? Yeah. Quinn, we should set up a meeting. Now that we have our proof of concept, the sky's the limit. Right? Let me know when you're available. Will do. I watched the two of them walk out of my life again. Just before they turned the corner, Blaze looked back at me. Our eyes met for a second. It was only a second. 
The longing that followed made my heart hurt. It had been months since I had seen either of them. All of the feelings I had ever had for them came rushing back. It was a tsunami of emotions. I had to close my eyes and take a breath for the pain to subside. So the happy family has agreed to be a part of our press conference, Ariel told me as we compared notes at my desk. That's good. That will be helpful. I've also employed a publicist. We can count on getting a lot of religious pushback on this. The publicist will help us get in front of that. Wow. You've thought of everything, I told her. That's my job to think of everything so you don't have to, she said with a smile. And that's certainly what you've done. If we've covered everything business-wise, there is something else I wanted to talk to you about. What's that, Ariel? How have you been, Quinn? You know, like usual. Okay, but how is that? My face twisted as I tried to figure out what to say. The truth was that I had accomplished what would be the greatest achievement of my life. I was sure that my procedure would change the way we view ourselves as humans. Yet I felt numb. It was like there was a hole in my chest where my heart should have been. There were times when I was sad beyond belief. But other than that, I was fine. I know that look, Quinn. That bad, huh? It's not that it's bad. It's just that it's nothing. All that I've done feels like it has amounted to nothing. You know that's not true, right? No. I saw how it made Lane and Reed feel. I can only imagine that Jules feels the same. But I had created this procedure for a reason. And now. You know, I get why you did it, Ariel said. Did what? All of it. I understand why you wanted so desperately to have a piece of Blaze. It wasn't to take back the patent. It was to always have a part of the person you loved. I figured that out because when I was pregnant, I felt the same thing. And you know what, Blaze stuck his name on the patent because he felt the same way too. When you love someone so intensely, the thought of living without them becomes overwhelming. So you look around and find something that's a part of them and hold on to it. That was why losing the baby destroyed me. I loved you two so much that the thought of losing you tore me to shreds. And now you have Blaze, I told her. And now I have Blaze. But that wasn't what I was trying to hold on to, was it? It was our family. You, me and Blaze. It was the three of us. And seeing Lane Reed and Jules over these past few months, seeing how they supported and cared about one another, it makes me think about how much the three of us lost. Because being with Blaze is great and I do love him. But nothing can compare to how it was when it was the three of us, can it? No it can't, I admitted feeling a burning in my heart as I did. Ariel collected the papers in front of her and slipped it into her satchel. You should stop by our place sometime. Blaze misses you, she said getting up and leaving me there alone. Chapter 14 Ariel The last thing I wanted was to make Blaze think that I now liked football. That was a Pandora's box that I did not want to open. But after watching a few games at the end of last season, I went with him to the opening game between the New York teams this season. It was pretty fun. Tonight we didn't use Vandal's corporate box. We sat with everyone else. It was better. There wasn't an open bar or a buffet, but the energy of everyone around us was electric. Who could help but get lost in all of that? And I had to admit that football players were starting to grow on me. They were beasts on the field all fighting for dominance. I don't know why, but that really did something for me. Clearly that did something for Blaze too because with three minutes left in the game he was completely hard. 
How did I know? I checked. Yeah, perhaps it was my checking that had made him hard, but I preferred to think it was from his desire to run down one of those guys and consume him like a lion. We could barely keep our hands off of each other on the train ride home. Did any paparazzi see us? Who cared? Blaze was my fiancé and one of the two sexiest guys around. Walking through my darkened neighborhood streets from the train, I thought of the other one. That was when I looked ahead at my stoop and saw him. Was I seeing things correctly or was my arousal driving me crazy? It turned out to be a bit of both. Speaking of sexy, were we talking about me? Blaze joked. No. I mean look, I said directing his attention towards Quinn. As we approached, we saw Quinn twice lift his bald fist to knock on the door. Lowering his head when he didn't, he was about to scurry down the stairs when Blaze yelled. Quinn. Quinn stopped and turned. Staring at us, he waffled as if he were deciding if he should still flee. In the end, he resigned himself to his fate. When we were standing in front of him, he looked up at us with sadness in his eyes. Quinn, what are you doing here? Blaze acts not meaning it as coldly as it came out. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have come. It was just that. Sorry, he said about to turn around and walk off. Wait, Quinn, I said stopping him. Blaze, I invited him, I said knowing it was kinda true. You invited him? Why? Is this business related? No. It was you and him related. Can we all talk about this inside? I said searching Blaze's eyes for softening. Yeah, he said before letting me go and heading up the short flight of stairs to my door. Quinn, it's good to see you. I'm glad you came, I told him with a smile and a squeeze of his arm. He didn't respond but when the door was open, he followed me up the stairs and inside. Behind the closed door, I removed my jacket and shoes. Looking back as the two guys did as well, I was flooded with a lot of good memories. So, what are you doing here? Blaze acts making himself a drink. Like Ariel said, she invited me and I thought. What did you think? I thought there was something I should tell you. Tell me. What's that? Quinn's eyes bounced between me and Blaze. Do you think I could have a drink? He asked me. Of course. Blaze, you know what he likes, I said sending him into motion. So Quinn, how have you been? Since we last saw each other. That was two weeks ago. I know. I was just trying to get the ball rolling. Oh, he said lowering his eyes. I've been thinking a lot. What about? I asked him as Blaze handed him a drink. Quinn tried to swallow it all in one gulp but coughed instead. Oh, was that too strong? Blaze asked with a bit of a smirk. Once he caught his breath he said no it's fine. So, what have you been thinking about? Blaze asks. Do you have a new project you want to do? No. I was thinking about you, he said looking Blaze in the eyes. Me? Why were you thinking about me? Quinn's eyes flicked down before he gathered his strength and looked back up. Because I love you. And that shouldn't be any big news to anyone because I've loved you for a long time, pretty much since the first time you talked to me in study hall. Blaze stared at him stunned, but only for a moment. Is that supposed to make me feel some type of way? It's been months. I don't even know you anymore. Not liking where this was going I spoke up. Come on Blaze. What come on? Months ago I walked up to his front door, I told him I loved him and do you know what he said to me? Nothing. I had told him countless times. We had known each other for 15 years. Do you think he could at least throw me a bone? 
You think he could tell me anything, say anything? No. He couldn't. Instead, he confirmed that he had tricked me into giving him my sperm so that he could steal a patent from me. What am I supposed to come on about? That wasn't why I did it? Quinn interjected. Why you did what? Blaze barked. That wasn't why I asked you to be involved. That wasn't why I researched reproduction to begin with. And why was that? Quinn looked up at me before again looking down. It was because I always wanted to have a part of you. It was the same reason why you put the patent under your name. Blaze froze. You were working for me when you created it. Legally, I owned it. Blaze, stop it. I yelled. You know that wasn't why you did it. Stop lying to yourself and to Quinn and tell him the truth. Just talk to him. He's here wanting to talk to you. Blaze stared at two of us as he wavered. Okay, fine. That wasn't why I stole the patent. So you admit that you stole it? Quinn said surprised. I mean, not legally. But morally, yeah, I stole it. I was a different person back then. I would look at you and I would have all of these feelings but I didn't know what they were. I wanted so badly to hold you and take care of you, but I couldn't even get myself to reach out and touch you. In my mind, the patent was you. It represented one of my favorite parts of you. And I thought that if I could own that part, I would never lose you. How foolish was I? I just ended up driving you away. Quinn, I'm sorry. I never ever wanted to hurt you, but that's what I did. I can't forgive myself for that. How could I have caused someone I loved so much pain? Blaze said as tears slowly rolled down his cheeks. Blaze, I'll forgive you if you'll forgive me, Quinn said crying as well. I forgive you, Blaze insisted. And I love you too. I love you, Quinn. And I have missed you so much. I've missed you too. As the men said it, they lunged towards each other wrapping the other in their arms. The two men cried holding each other. I'm not a crier but the scene got me. I needed to be a part of this, so I stepped forward and wrapped my arms around them. Blaze looked down at me and smiled before including me in their embrace. These two guys had changed my world. I loved them both, and I never wanted to be apart from them again. The three of us stood holding each other for as long as we could, but someone loosened their grip and the rest of us pulled away. We didn't move far, though. Each of us held our ground a foot from each other and flicked our eyes around the group awkwardly. It was clear that there was something on each of our minds. At least that's what I assumed. Because remembering what I was planning on doing with Blaze when we got home, there was certainly something on my mind. You look great by the way, I told Quinn. Thanks. You too. You both do. Thanks, Blaze said before the group returned to silence. We missed you, I said to Quinn. Really? Thanks. I thought about you two a lot. What did you think about? I pressed. About everything. Like what? Blaze at seeing where I was headed and taking over where I left off. I don't know. The way we made dinner together. How we would lie in each other's arms when we watched a movie together. Did you miss anything else? Because I can remember us doing at least one other thing, Blaze joked. Quinn laughed. Yeah, I missed that too. You would always put on quite the show. For you, I clarified. What do you mean? Blaze acts. I mean that you were always putting on a show for your boyfriend. Now I would say that I'm your girlfriend yet you have never put on a show for me, I said blushing. 
You know, Quinn and I never did anything in front of you because we always thought you wouldn't like it, Blaze said surprised. Then I guess you two didn't know me at all, did you? I said with a smile. Hello. I guess not, Blaze said pleasantly startled. So you're saying that seeing us, I don't know, kiss would turn you on? I don't know. Maybe you two should kiss so we can find out. Blaze turned to Quinn with a smile. What to think? Is that something you thought about while you were gone? Kissing you. Quinnat's blushing. Yeah, Blaze said confidently. I might have thought about it. Then can I kiss you, handsome? Quinn turned a bright red. I don't know. Can you? He asked shyly. Blaze looked down at his lover, melting Quinn under his gaze. Blaze took a step forward and clutched the back of his neck. Quinn couldn't look into Blaze's suggestive eyes. Blaze holding him tighter forced him to. As the two men stared at each other, the smell of sex wafted from them both. Pulling Quinn closer, both men's chests heaved. The room warmed from their pulsing heat. And when their lips touched, my... Spicy things are happening here. The whole thing had been incredible. Panting, exhausted, and covered in sweat, there was nothing left for either of us to do but collapse into a pile of naked flesh. It wasn't long before each of us drifted happily away to sleep. We had finally found each other again, and in each other's arms, we were home. Epilogue Quinn Returning to the only two people I had ever loved turned out to be the best idea of my life. With the two of them by my side, I couldn't have been happier. Ariel also ended up being the perfect person to license my fertility process. She had turned it into a worldwide sensation in no time. Guys paid way more than I could ever have imagined for the ability to have children with their husbands and lovers, and it brought me joy to know that I could complete so many families. It took over a year after we got back together for the conversation about kids to again come up within my own family. It was seeing all of our successes that turned things around for Ariel. With Blaze and I reassuring her that we would be there for her no matter what, she successfully passed the three-month danger window and from then on her pregnancy was smooth sailing. It was as Ariel approached her eighth month of pregnancy that I received a very unusual phone call. Hi Quinn, this is Lane. How are you? I'm good. And the family, he asked politely. Blaze and Ariel are good too. In fact, Ariel's pregnant. We tried again. Oh wonderful, he said hesitantly. How far along is she? Eight months? That's great, he said tepidly. And how's baby Quinn, I asked politely. Actually, that's why I called. There's something unusual going on with him that I thought I should talk to you about. Really, I asked concerned. What's that? Maybe it's something that would be better to see. Okay, I'll be right there, I said concerned. Never in a million years would I have been able to guess what I found. The End